，枪炮也不灵。开枪！喷喷喷喷
ancient land of China, schools and the martial arts were a way of life, but none were as lethal as the one we are about to reveal. Five deadly venoms. A secret society, each man unknown to the other, identified only by a mask, representing one of nature's deadly assassins, the centipede, the snake, the scorpion, the lizard, and the toad. Five deadly venoms, five masters in the martial arts, each man pitted against the other in savage combat, and each trained in their own vicious method of killing. They practiced a special kind of kung fu, killing by instinct, with machine-like precision, lightning speed, and ruthless power, as ferocious and deadly as the venomous creatures from which it took its name, and whose stings were always fatal. Kill or be killed. Five deadly venoms. No mercy asked, none given, in a kung fu epic as brutal as nature itself. Five deadly venoms, survival of the fittest and kung fu action at its very best in the most spectacular martial arts program of the year. Five deadly venoms, five stinging ways to die. Pick your poison, you'll be stung to your seats. Don't miss Five Deadly Venoms, a Shaw Brothers presentation. Theirs was a mission of certain death. Outnumbered and unarmed, they must get to the tyrant that enslaves their people. No weapon, no matter how lethal, can match their kung fu. Alexander Fusheng stars as the young martial arts expert pitted against a murderous warlord with a deadly kung fu skill. They live to fight and fight to live in a whirlwind of kung fu action. Four men sworn to battle to the death against these lawless legions of the damned. The Four Assassins.
five men of destiny await the ultimate challenge. Death and destruction were the Manchu order. They murdered their way to victory. Nothing could stop them until they met the five masters of death. new men of destiny, five new deadly ministers of kung fu justice, five new kung fu killing techniques, the whipping triple jointed stick, an avenging reaper of justice, the piercing pole driving its way to victory, the deadly tiger stork, no one escapes. The crushing crossed fists, pounding up revenge on Manchu murderers. See the five kung fu masters of death defeat the Manchu warlords. See the five masters of death. When you're the best, you do things with style. J.J. McQuaid is the best. He's a lone wolf lawman in the Lone Star State. Even a wolf has his weaknesses. And a powerful enemy. The final showdown belongs to McQuaid. Lone Wolf McQuaid, starring Chuck Norris, David Carradine, Barbara Carrera, and Leon Isaac Kennedy. Or forgive them, because they killed his wife, they raped his daughter. And they deserve to die. So he's doing it again. His way. Charles Bronson. He's the best there is at getting even. Goodbye. Death Wish 2. Rated R. Now playing at the Sacramento Drive-In, Dome 24, Birdcage Walk, and the State in Woodland. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Rated R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. From New Line Cinema. Rated R. There are killers on the loose, dressed like cops, and they always use a magnet. There's only one cop around who can crack this case. They call him Dirty Harry. In 24 hours, Harry stops a robbery, covers a stake, and prevents a hijacking. Clint Eastwood is back, and this time his world is dirtier than ever. 
Magnum Force, rated R. Opening Christmas Day at selected theaters around the country. theaters.
知道你还是会喜欢我的。Pleasure doing business with you. I 本来想推荐你上去，但你上头唔批准。点解？呢个人你应该好熟嘅。我听日要走，后日去台湾嗰单嘢，咪带埋一成咯，俾个机会啲后生仔啊嘛。
说声，漫长路快要走过。一朝做贼，想做好人不容易。我已经冇咗个细佬，我唔想连你呢个朋友都冇埋。阿杰，唔再叫我做阿杰，叫阿 Sir。而家大把世界。有好多旧客要靠豪哥你拉翻嚟我哥系产值唔系我啊！呢度已经唔系我同你嘅世界。你一喐手啊，即刻转翻转头One of the ten best films of the year, a high octane mixture of outlandishly stylized camp and outrageously sensational shootouts. A 
outrageously exhilarating, guaranteed to tingle the most jaded moviegoer's palate. A film concocted with nitroglycerin, the combined energy of the Road Warrior, Robocop, and the Terminator. Killer is great cinema. The Killer, a thriller comedy that will leave you breathless. a movie that will leave you breathless. Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, in a Tony Scott film that critics are calling a Bonnie and Clyde for the 90s. True Romance, rated R, starts Friday, September 10th at a theater near you. Follow my instructions and we all walk away clean. Domino, you're with me on the side. Shepard, you cover the rear. Are you walking down? All we want is the money. This is an inside job. Ten million in cash. Let's go home right now. I've seen you two. We're celebrity hostages. dogs before pulp fiction the original men in black shook the world of action cinema in the original a better tomorrow Proudly presents the explosive bullet ridden sequel, A Better Tomorrow 2. Hong Kong action mavericks John Wu and Troy Hark take the heroic bloodshed genre to the next level and beyond in a violent symphony of destruction that is often imitated but never better. Chow Yun Fat, Leslie Chung, and T Long. A better tomorrow, too.
All right, welcome to the show. I am the Hard Bastard. Uh, before we get into uh, the show, let me just mention a couple of things. Um, something came up. I have to go at around 11.30 or so. So uh, we'll push the um, call-in show till next Saturday, which is the... Uh, what's next Saturday? One second. Let me bring up the calendar. The 16th. We'll do the 16th. Um, Thursday, the 14th, is the release of the Soft Gentleman's book, What a Bigot Would Say. That'll be done... Um, I don't know, beginning of the stream, midway through the stream, I'm really not sure. But regardless, Thursday stream, that's when the, the book will be released to the audience for free via PDF. And um, and uh, then after that, obviously, we'll try to get it uh, published to the uh, major publishers. Whether or not we'll be successful with that, I'm not sure. But it'll be released uh, Thursday, the 14th. And then, you know, obviously, if you miss the stream or whatever, there'll be a link. You can just download it, you know, whenever you want to. Okay. 
start off here. Th this is very fascinating. Um, I saw people on Twitter calling this a trial balloon. I think I think they're on to something because something very inorganic happened after all this. But before we get into the inorganic behavior from people like David Hogg and excuse me, David Hogg and Ted Rue, Ted Rue, uh, wonderful Ted Rue, hello Ted Rue. Anyway, um, before we get into the obvious coordinated uh, uh, campaign on Twitter. Uh, we'll go over what happened here, and um, this this is really, this is just a taste of what's to come. Frankly, this is almost nothing compared to what they did when it came to COVID, uh, and they're going to do all sorts of shit like this. This is, this is, I think, just the, well, frankly, it's not just the beginning because COVID was really the key trial balloon, but now they're trying it with other things. So what you have is this lunatic AIDS commie governor in New Mexico who decides to just suspend the citizens' rights for just 30 days. Four. Oh, it's a health emergency. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, numerous officials. Now, fortunately, uh, enough people spoke out where it looks like this is going to be reversed, but this is what commies do. They, they push a little and then they back off and they push a little and then they back off. And that's why I always talk about uh, whenever commies are talking about, oh, the marketplace of ideas and everyone should get a chance to speak. That's a trap. That's a trap. Just like if this dumb bitch comes out and says something about, well, I'm, you know, now that I've thought about it, I've, I've decided not to do this because I believe fully in, in the Second Amendment and blah, blah, blah. Just don't buy it. These people want to oppress you and do all sorts of fucked up things to you. Uh, and uh, hopefully people do not buy it. Uh, when they try to come uh, uh, with some sort of uh, peace offering or, or oh, let's, let's meet halfway. If they say that, it means you're winning. So you should keep pushing, obviously, legally and politically is what I'm talking about. Anyway, numerous officials and legal experts sounded off on New Mexico's Friday public health decree that bans firearm possession in certain areas of the state. Democratic New Mexico Governor Michelle Lugin Grisham announced the order made through the New Mexico Department of Health to ban non-law enforcement personnel from carrying firearms in certain areas, either openly or concealed, regardless of whether any individual gun owner has a permit to carry. The public health decree will remain in effect for 30 days, but numerous experts and officials assert the policy is unconstitutional. Jonathan Turley says in order, the order, in my view, is flagrantly unconstitutional under existing Second Amendment precedent. If not found moot at the end of the period, New Mexico could simply uh, supply a vehicle to curtail future pub public health rationales. This is completely unconstitutional, and it's logically nuts, said Amy Swearer, senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Concealed carry permit holders aren't the ones driving gun crime, and now you're telling actual criminals that they have free reign because their victims can't be armed. Grisham has championed several bills that would have restricted firearms in her state, but legislation that would have instituted a 14-day wait period to buy guns and raise the minimum age for pur purchasing semi-automatic weapons have not advanced substantially. The decree applies to Albuquerque, the state's largest city, and Bernilio County. Um, now, we'll get into the response of the uh, sheriff, which was actually <clears throat> surprisingly based. Just give me like 30 seconds here. One moment.
Okay, so um, now this was before Ted Rue, uh, before David Hogg and Ted Rue. Uh, New Mexico sheriff tells tyrannical governor he will not comply with the temporary New Mexico gun ban. That's important. I'm glad to see that. Um, she was she was uh, sitting up there during this press conference with a couple law enforcement people who were going along with that. So those people obviously should be immediately fired. She should be uh, immediately impeached and imprisoned. Um, but you know that's none of that's going to happen. But it's good to see that's that is how I think uh, progress is made. Uh, at the local level, at the local level, abject rebellion. Don't do what these people want you to do. Just completely, especially if you have authority. If you don't have authority, if you don't have power, and and you, they, they can do a lot to you. But if you're a sheriff, and, and look, they can certainly fuck with you. But if enough sheriffs, if enough, well, God forbid, Republicans did something, then we would actually get action. Of course, that's a huge problem because Republicans never do anything most of the time. On Friday, New Mexico's tyrannical Democrat governor, Michelle Lujan Grisham, declared gun violence a public health emergency in response to the shooting deaths of a 13-year-old girl on July 28th, a 5-year-old girl on August 14th, and an 11-year-old boy on September 6th. Again, uh, law-abiding gun owners uh, had nothing to do with any of this. To take their guns away because of this is nonsensical. This is like if you had a tragic car accident and then you decided to ban cars. I mean, ridiculous. Grisham temporarily suspended open and concealed carry laws effective immediately. The actions directly infringes upon law-abiding citizens' constitutional right to bear arms. The governor has carved out exceptions for licensed security guards and law enforcement officers. The governor's action is clearly tyrannical and unconstitutional. She wants to take away your rights to protect the criminals with illegal guns. In response to the unconstitutional order, Sheriff John Allen from Burranillo County, north of Albuquerque, announced he will not comply with the unconstitutional order. Uh, he said, I have reservations regarding this order. The temporary ban challenges the foundation of our Constitution, which I swore an, o an oath to uphold. Um, here is the uh, statement. Today, Governor Grisham issued an emergency order temporarily suspending open and concealed carry laws in Albuquerque for the next 30 days and Benilio County. This move has been positioned as a response to the alarming and tragic rise in gun, vi uh, gun violence. First and foremost, every lost life is a tragedy as and the well-being of our community is of paramount concern to the Bernardo County Sheriff's Office, we share in the collective grief and urgency to address the issue. However, as elected sheriff, I have reservations regarding this order. While I understand and appreciate the urgency, the temporary ban challenges the foundation of our Constitution, which I swore an oath to uphold. I am wary of placing my deputies in positions that could lead to civil liability conflicts, as well as the potential risks posed by prohibiting law-abiding citizens from their constitutional right to self-defense. I was elected to represent and safeguard all constituents and to ensure the balance between our rights and public safety is maintained. That means we must critically evaluate any proposed solution to the deeply rooted issue of gun violence, ensuring we both protect our community and uphold the values that define us uh, as uh, a nation. And, and then he just gave some like possible solutions. 
in, in conclusion, while we might not be in complete alignment with the governor's recent order, we remain steadfast in our commitment to work collaboratively, collaboratively, both with her office and with the community to find sustainable solutions to the gun violence epidemic. It is through robust dialogues, open-mindedness, and the shared goal of a safer Bernilio County that we will find our way forward. Yeah, but commies don't want any of that. So he's a little bit of a normie, but uh, the fact that he said he would not he would not go along with this. Good. Good for him. Uh, hopefully we see a lot more of that. Now, this apparently backfired because Ted Lou, Ted Rue and David Hogg all with the same phrasing came out with tweets saying that, you know, I, I support uh, gun control uh, just like the next person. However, this order violates the Constitution. And so... Yeah, it looks like they kind of put this out as a trial balloon and it didn't work out the way that they wanted to. So now they're pulling back. And so now they put out a propaganda narrative in unison where all these people can come out and be like, we're against this. But they would have gone along with it if the right people would have agreed with it. So but uh, we're going to see we're going to see health orders related to language to uh, the Second Amendment. to the, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, hey, we have to suspend your Fourth Amendment. We have to search your house because there's a, there's a public health order. Or, you know, what they do, like once in a while, there might be like a terrorist or a criminal running through a neighborhood. I, I remember, I think this was the Boston Marathon bombing back in the day. And I believe they were just rolling through people's houses and threatening to shoot people who were just standing on their porch. So, you know, they'll use any excuse that, that they can. Um, all right, let's get into the uh, the groomers and how they are absolutely coming for your kids, especially in California here. Uh, California passes a bill allowing judges to consider whether a parent affirms the child's gender identity during custody disputes. So gender identity is a completely made up concept from uh, commies, just like hate speech, just like the phrase assault rifle. The, the whole purpose of making up these phrases is so they can oppress you and take away your rights and try to force you to obey their bullshit. So in this instance, this is something that is as real as a dildo unicorn, okay? The idea that a, that a child or any person can change their gender is as real as a dildo unicorn, okay? So people, I, I would hope one day people start to treat it that way because what you're seeing now, for example, with this Starfield game, you're seeing, uh, and it's funny, you're seeing some of the old washed up uh, people in the skeptic community uh, coming out in support of the pronouns and acting as if the conservatives or whoever the fuck uh, at this point who are speaking against this absolute retardation are somehow like leftists. Uh, somehow they're calling, the conservatives are calling everything woke just like Anita Sarkeesian called everything racist. Total bullshit straw man argument. Total bullshit argument. Uh, this is, again, made up. It has no place in society. And of course, it has no place around children. So now in California, this completely made up thing can be used to take your kids away and trans them. Uh, California may soon require judges to look at whether a parent goes along with a child's totally made up gender identity during custody disputes, worrying advocates who say parents could lose custody if they don't agree with the child's claims to be transgender. A Democrat-backed bill, uh, AB 957, passed the state assembly on Friday. 
Um, and State Senate on Thursday, if signed by AIDS commie Governor Gavin Newsom, who apparently d- decided to back down on running and supports Kamala Harris. Now, whether or not that's going to turn out to be the case, that's a whole other thing. But it does seem like, uh, based on his words, it looks like they're going to give it to Kamala because, you know, Biden's a walking corpse at this point. And that's going to be pretty funny because she's fucking retarded. She, um, she does not have dementia. Uh, Joe Biden has full-blown dementia, and it could be argued that she is less articulate than he is. She's really, it's just very entertaining to watch her speak. And of course, if you don't take her seriously, if you don't take the 7 IQ whore seriously, well, you're a misogynist and a bigot and a racist. Okay, good. I'll take all those labels. If signed by California Governor Gavin Newsom, the bill will require judges to consider whether a parent affirms the totally made-up gender identity of the child. According to the bill, the health and safety and welfare of the child includes, among other comprehensive factors, a parent's affirmation of the child's gender identity or gender expression. Affirmation includes a range of actions and will be unique for each child, but in every case must promote the child's overall health and well-being. Assemblymember Lori Wilson said that affirmation could mean whether a parent provided gender-targeted toys, nail polish, and hair length, according to the AP. So the, the state is going to enforce you, it, it, like, giving nail polish to your little boy. Just, uh, again, tribunals could not come soon enough. The bill passed the Assembly 5716. It was opposed by California Republicans and conservative groups. And, you know, some of these uh, California Republicans, and and I I think, so there's been a bunch of fucked up bills that they've passed in California. Many of them uh, were the brainchild of a literal pedophile named Scott Wiener, okay? Anyway, so... um, and why do I call him a little pedophile? If you are advocating for pedophiles to get a lesser sentence or lesser penalties for fucking children or minors or however you want to categorize them, how are you not a pedophile? I mean, is it, is it, does it, are we not splitting hairs? If he's technically never had sex with a child, does it really matter? I mean, the destruction, so like, what, it's okay because he's just holding the gate open for the pedophiles to come in and get the kids? I mean, give me a break. Fuck that guy. He's a pedophile. Anyway, um, I think it was, uh, I, I forget which one. There's, a been a, there's been a bunch of them. There was the one that, you know, decriminalized giving people literal AIDS and not telling them. Uh, there was the one that made it acceptable if there was a 10-year gap uh, when it came to homosexual men that wanted to fuck children. Oh, I guess it would also apply to lesbians, but there doesn't seem to be... Lesbians seem to... The disproportionate thing with lesbians seems to be domestic abuse and not necessarily pedophilia, so it is what it is. Uh, and that's not to say every group has a thing. It's just that it's hilarious that, like... You can talk about some groups thing like, you know, there's like, you know, stereotypes about white people and.
Okay, that's weird. So when did the sound go out? Uh, what part of the uh, what part of this did the sound go out on? Let me uh, let me go back and look. No audio. Okay, sound. So mannequin wizard had sound. Great. Okay, so we'll go to this. So okay, they are uh, trying to arrest Elon Musk. Let me make sure intermission is not up. Okay. So Elon Musk, um, first of all, they lied in their story in the Washington Post, and they said that uh, he, um, in the middle of like a, a drone strike, he like shut down Starlink. That's not true. What happened was they requested that he activate Starlink in this area, and he, I don't know how he knew, but he figured that it would be uh, uh used to uh, escalate with Russia. So he declined their request. So the Biden regime, there's this like coordinated media narrative now that basically he helped Russia and Howard Feynman, this uh, whore that goes on MSNBC uh, a lot, he's calling for uh, Musk to be jailed. And so they have a total hard on on um, on jailing people right now. They every day more people are jailed, more more of their political opponents are jailed. So it looks like there's a good chance that uh, Elon Musk is is at least they're going to try to do something like that. And if they can't jail him, they'll probably have the FCC and FTC all you know as many of these uh, bullshit government entities as possible file as many lawsuits as they can to try to fuck with him. Now, CNN reported that Musk was recently implicated in a geopolitical drama involving Ukraine and Russia. According to Walter Isaacson's new biography of Musk, the tech mogul ordered his engineers to to disable Starlink satellite communications to thwart a Ukrainian attack on a Russian naval fleet. The situation escalated when Ukrainian submarine drones uh, armed with explosives... Uh, lost connectivity as they approached Russian warships. They fear the fe- this fear was not baseless as Musk had opened discussions with high-ranking Russian officials not long before the attack. Ukrainian officials were left pleading for the reactivation of the satellites, but Musk's concerns about a potential nuclear response from Russia held him back. However, in a series of tweets, Musk clarified his stance. The Starlink regions in question were not activated. SpaceX did not deactivate anything, he tweeted. He further elaborated, there is an emergency request from government authorities to activate Starlink all the way to uh, Sevastopol, the obvious intent being to sink the most, uh, most of the Russian fleet at anchor. If I had agreed to this request, then SpaceX would be explicitly complicit in a major act of war and conflict uh, uh, escalation. Mario Nawal, who was busted uh, not long ago for using bots, a commentator on geopolitics and bot user, initially tweeted, Elon Musk covertly instructed his engineers to deactivate Starlink satellite communications, which again was not true. And then uh, Elon Musk um, clarified the whole thing. The incident raised several pressing questions about the influence of private tech companies in matters of international security. Musk's decision to not activate Starlink has been lauded and criticized. While some argue his actions may have prevented uh, a nuclear conflict, other questions, others question the ethical implications of a private company having the power to influence international conflicts. Is it storming? I think it's starting with storm, so hopefully we'll be okay. The episode highlights the complexities 
tech companies face when their products become part of a larger geopolitical landscape. Starlink was not meant to be involved in wars. It was so people can watch Netflix and chill and get online for school and do peaceful things, not drone strikes. This is what Musk said. Um, so like I said, Feynman and others have called for Musk to be jailed and for the government to take all his shit, take uh, Starlink, SpaceX, and uh, Twitter from him. Uh, whether they'll do that, I have no idea. I think they're going to try, you know, w whether or not they'll be successful. I have no idea. But, uh, yeah, they're just fucking with, they're just fucking with everyone. A anyone that even slightly disobeys him, you got to understand, or disobeys them. Musk has given Ukraine internet access for free. And it's not enough. It's not enough. These people, they don't want you to just suck their dick. You got to do it enthusiastically with eye contact and, again, enthusiastic swallowing. Now, let's get into the race. Um, yeah, so uh, it looks like Gnome might be the VP. Uh, I, I would prefer Carrie Lake. I've said that before. I really enjoy it. I love I just watching the DeSantis shills meltdown. Um, is hilarious, especially when they're like, "Oh, he's gonna he's gonna win uh, Iowa," and then you got these DeSantis uh, people coming out, and they're like, "Well, we'll take second place in Iowa." Oh, well, you should let Bill Mitchell know that. That's hilarious. Anyway, so um, they were all freaking out because she endorsed Trump, uh, which which is good. Good. Uh, this is what this is about. Uh, Christy Nome endorses Trump. In a joint South Dakota rally, a man of significance. South Dakota Governor Smash endorsed former President Trump uh, at a joint rally in Rapid City. What was hilarious, there's a bunch of people at this rally, a lot of people at this rally. And the DeSantis people were like, this is not a Trump rally. Trump hasn't done a rally in so many days because he knows he's finished. And all this stupid AIDS bullshit. Why don't you do good shilling for your candidate? You know, it's not like you're defending Joe Biden because that's got to be difficult because he's, I mean, Jesus Christ. But DeSantis has been a good governor. You know, there are a couple slip-ups. The pamphlet bill was a disaster. Um, but he's done a lot of great stuff. Why, why don't you just hype up your guy instead? You do the Trump derangement syndrome thing. I mean, it's entertaining to watch because you're being retarded on the Internet. And it's funny to watch people but clown themselves on the Internet. But, man... I really don't think DeSantis just got a raw deal from the from the people he hired to do a lot of this shit. Uh, I really they they've destroyed his political clout. It's unbelievable. He's in some of these polls. Uh, uh, who's the the dumb whore who loves war? Uh, Haley Haley is tied with him. Christie in one poll was it New Hampshire? I forget was like up there with DeSantis. Oh my God, crazy, absolutely crazy. All right, let me just uh, check here. All right, we're good to go. All right. Reports of the Republican governor's endorsement fueled speculation that Noam may be running as a potential vice presidential pick. Well, here's the thing. They allowed the people standing behind them to hold Trump Noam signs. You know, this is the kind of thing where if you're holding a sign that they don't want you to hold, you're probably not going to be able to hold it. Okay. Uh, you know, like if you were standing behind uh, uh, them and you had a fuck the Jews sign, they would tell you to remove it. If you were standing behind them with some other, you know, uh, uh, a sign they didn't like, they're going to tell you to, to, to put it away or they'll take it. However, they let them do the Trump gnome signs. So it, I think there's a I think she's definitely in play. 
uh, probably probably the favorite. Now, this caused the DeSantis people to start pretending that DeSantis was better than her on COVID lockdowns. Well, it's preposterous. Um, DeSantis did lock down initially very briefly, okay? And, and he gets a ton of credit for uh, very quickly realizing this is bullshit. We have to open up. And, and, and he did overall very good on lockdowns. On the vaccine, he didn't do so great because he helped facilitate it very effectively. That was no good. On the other hand, he did good with the monoclonal antibodies. That was a positive. Uh, probably his best COVID move of all was hiring uh, Ladapo as the Surgeon General. That guy is awesome. Gnome, on the other hand, killer on lockdowns. I don't think she did any lockdowns. Um, there is some criticism uh, people have levied that she wasn't strong enough against the mandates for the vaccine. Her position on the, van the mandates for the vaccine was um, if you work for a company that doesn't value your personal freedom to make a medical decision, that, that there are a lot of other jobs available in South Dakota. Uh, and some people didn't like that. And I, I, I don't think that's, if you ask me, I, I, I don't really think that's strong enough. I, I want people in power who are vehemently opposed to these mandates. Um, you know, like, like DeSantis, I believe, made them illegal in his state. That's, that's good. Now, it was well after, of course, but that's something that I would prefer to see. Um, so you can you can levy her criticism there, but you know it's like neither like the Santa's people they're just not able to levy rational criticism. They have to go crazy, and they have to be like Ron DeSantis was better on lockdowns than Christy Nome. Well, that's made up. You're making stuff up. Stop making stuff up. Why can't you just tell the truth anyway? Whatever. Um, so Noam received national attention for her handling of the Ching Chong AIDS, touted her record in Trump's before calling on Republicans to support him for president. She said, it's my honor to present you the man in the arena. He is a man of significance. He is the leader and fighter of our country. Uh, he has my full and complete endorsement for president of the United States of America. I will do everything I can to help him win. And save this country, Noam touted Trump's record on immigration and foreign policy and credited Trump for a loose hand on directing state action during the pandemic. Again, there's criticisms you can levy at Trump, but and a lot of the DeSantis people, they go way too far. They act like he's always oh, the godfather of the lockdowns. No, he went along with the two weeks to slow, slow, slow the spread. So you could argue he shouldn't have done that. Uh, much of the lockdowns were, were the governors. He wanted to open up by what, Easter? And uh, and so there was a the whole narrative. I can't believe he wants to open up at Easter. So um, he could have he could have given uh, Fauci a, a smaller role. He could have sidelined sidelined Fauci. If people want to say that, I think that's valid. He could not have fired Fauci. So that's made up. So again, this is the kind of different things that you hear. Uh, she says, South Dakota, we focus on the facts. I respected my oaths to the United States and South Dakota constitutions. I, oh, that's thunder. I respected our freedom. I respected our people. Now, if Joe Biden had been president, uh, you would have, uh, he would have tried to stop me from protecting you. Thank God President Trump was in the White House at the time. Noam exhibited a relatively light touch during the pandemic. She issued limited stay-at-home orders to people with comorbidities and those 65 years and older. And she publicly pressured some businesses, events, and schools to close down. Did she? She Does anyone have... I saw... So far, people have been able to produce tweets related to the vaccine mandates. I've not seen so far any tweets related to her putting pressure on businesses and events to shut down. 
so if anyone has that, then I will, I will, I will, uh, uh, you know, change my analysis of her uh, and make her not the best. Of course, I don't know. I guess she would be tied with DeSantis then. If she, what, early on did that, then she would basically be like kind of tied with DeSantis. Anyway, we'll see. She refrained from enacting the sweeping heavy-handed mandates that were common in other states, however. Okay, so then what are we talking about public pressure? When did she do it? Like the first week or did she continually do it? Trump took the stage saying he was very honored to receive her endorsement. I get endorsements, some good, some bad. I get endorsements that don't mean anything. Hers means a lot, let me tell you. Okay, good. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think it's fine. You know, I would prefer Carrie Lake, but uh, uh, anyway, we'll see. Now, this is an interesting coincidence. Um, So the grand jury also wanted to indict Lindsey Graham, David Perdue, and Kelly Loeffler. However, they didn't because they're obvious uniparty. Uh, a Georgia special grand jury recommended charges against Lindsey Graham, David Perdue, and Kelly Loeffler. Uh, the recommended charges were in connection with former President Trump's uh, indictment in Fulton County by Ass Willis. The special jury panel's 28-page report was uh, released Friday and revealed that the panel recommended indictments against Graham, Purdue, and Loeffler, along with former Trump National Security Advisor Michael Flynn and Boris Epstein, a Trump advisor. I wouldn't be surprised if they're also indicted. They love fucking with Michael Flynn. Uh, the Georgia special grand jury's foreperson was Emily Coors, who became notorious for her multiple media appearances, including an interview on CNN where she laughed about bringing down the former president. Yes, yeah, she is a bird-faced cat lady, really crazy looking. Willis indicted nearly 20 people, but Graham, Loeffler, Purdue, Flynn, and Epstein. Among those indicted were uh, Meadows, Giuliani, we know the list. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's um, that is interesting that Ask Willis decided particularly to let uh, Mr. Ladybugs uh, get off. Fascinating. Fascinating. Okay, so now I'm glad this happened. Um, I, I think the Biden administration is just going to ignore it. I think they're going to ignore it and they're going to keep doing it. I hope I'm wrong. But in appeals court rules, Biden officials violated the First Amendment in a social media censorship case. Federal appeals court has ruled the Biden administration cannot coerce or encourage social media companies to censor content, saying that previous actions of the administration had violated the First Amendment. Now, one thing to look for, all of the regime whores, all of the regime propagandists, whether they're in corporate media or whether they're on YouTube, whether whether it's Destiny or any of these other fuckers, they are always talking about you must obey the experts and, oh, Trump was indicted by a jury of his peers. Well, it's going to be very interesting to see. I highly doubt they're going to go, well, it's been ruled that uh, the government can't encourage social media companies to censor. So now we will adjust our position and we will, we will now say, <clears throat> you are right and the government censored and they shouldn't do that anymore. They're not going to do that. They're going to say, oh, they weren't encouraging them. No, they were just letting them know, hey, guys, hey, you know, just just the powerless government here letting you know about some tweets that we thought you might want to look at. Fucking dishonest fuckers. Fuck them. Anyway, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, on Friday uh, 
upheld a lower court's ruling in Missouri v. Biden, barring the FBI, CDC, the White House, and the Surgeon General from being able to pressure social media companies to take down or limit the scope of content the administration didn't like. The court specifically ruled against a number of officials, including uh, the dumb press hoe, and the street shitter uh, Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. Defendants and their employees and agents shall take no actions, formal or informal, directly or indirectly, to coerce or significantly encourage social media companies to remove, delete, suppress, or reduce, including through altering the algorithms, um, posted social media content containing protected free speech. That includes, but is not limited to, compelling the platforms to act such as by intimidating or intimating, intimating that some form of punishment will follow a failure to comply with any requests or supervising, directing, or otherwise meaningfully controlling the social media company's decision-making process. Documents released by Congress last month show that a White House official asked Facebook to promote uh, legacy outlets and stifle the Daily Wire's reach in order to accomplish the administration's directives on suppressing content that clashed with its poisonous vaccine agenda. Um, The ruling from the appeals court was not as expansive as the original ruling by Judge Dowdy, injunctions against the HHS, the Census Bureau, and cybersecurity an infrastructure agency were not upheld. All right, so then they could just do it through CISA. I mean, it's, it's, they're not. Regardless, it doesn't matter. They're going to just ignore this because the Biden regime is completely lawless and illegitimate. If you were to change the algorithm so people were more likely to see the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, any authoritative news source over Daily Wire, Tommy Lauren, polarizing people, you wouldn't have a mechanism to check the material impact, said White House Digital Director Rob Flaherty to Facebook in a meeting in 2021. Flaherty was named as one of the defendants in the case who the injunction applied to. The decision against Biden administ- the Biden administration, which was first sued by several states, including Louisiana and Missouri, states said in the lawsuit the Biden administration's actions were the most egregious violations of the First Amendment in the history of the United States of America. Yeah, that is true. And uh, they're probably going to just ignore it. So, uh, yeah. So even the street shitter uh, Surgeon General Murphy was getting involved in the censorship. <clears throat> you know where he's from? Uh, Barat. <clears throat> that's, that's what it is. Barat. Barat sounds exactly as, as, it, as you would expect. It, look, maybe it's just my perception. But as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, India is going to be called Barat. That makes sense because that's like the sound, like when you walk into a public bathroom and someone's in the midst of shitting, that's the noise that you hear. Barat, barat, absolutely. I can't really do it at the proper, I really need to work on my, what would you call it, the, the, uh, the, uh, the shit pitch. I don't have the right shit pitch. Uh, I I don't, but, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Anyway, so uh, I think it, it works out perfectly because... There's a bunch of Indians that shit in the street. So there you go. Great job. Great job uh, picking a new name. Very fitting. Anyway, moving on. COVID cancellations return. Two California high schools cancel football games. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Two California high, high schools have canceled their upcoming football games over COVID cases among students in the latest instance of new COVID measures cropping up uh, as the school year starts. Esparto High School, which is located west of Sacramento, canceled its football game, which was scheduled for Friday after six players contracted COVID. 
and seven more players were out due to injuries. Ensuring the well-being of students is not only a moral obligation, but a legal and, and ethical responsibility, said the Lunatic District Superintendent Christina Gonier, who, yeah, they should just put her in jail immediately. The local county's health officer, Dr. Amy Sisson, expressed support for the school's decision to cancel the game. Our role in the health department is to support our schools and being able to stay open for that in-person instruction. We provide certain tips on what to do when there are cases uh, provide testing resources, but our goal for the school year is to keep kids uh, keep kids in school, but also to do it safely. So that's uh, that's like a setup. Um, uh, Doctor Fucker also said this when he was being interviewed by that bug-eyed uh, homosexual on CNN, uh, where he was like, "Oh, we we want the schools to be open, but we want them to be open safely." So what that means is there's this long list of fucking bullshit that the teachers union wants. That if you don't do, they're going to keep the schools closed down. So they're holding you hostage by claiming, oh, we want the schools open. It's total bullshit. It's not clear whether teams will make up the game, so a make-up date has not been scheduled. Likewise, Santa Paula High School, north of Los Angeles, canceled its, its Friday football game due to 20 positive COVID cases with the football and cheerleading teams. Again, the, the, the cases are bullshit. The tests are bullshit. This is all bullshit. Um... Some parents are frustrated that their kids are missing out after months of lockdowns. Yeah. So he says she couldn't go to the movies, couldn't do nothing, locked down with a Chromebook. It was horrible. Totally affected her life. Yeah, they want to destroy you. These The people running the schools, running the government, want to destroy you and your children. Some of them want to fuck your children, but they'll take destroying them psychologically if they can. The school's football team, the uh, Santa Paula Cardinals, are currently ranked 3-0 and in the Citrus Coast High School football standings, but the cancellation could potentially break their momentum. A third high school also canceled its football game earlier in the season. Um... Nordoff High School, uh, which is up the road from Santa Paula, canceled a, a game as well. And then they bring the bullshit metric in. Uh, cases have gone up. Who cares? Uh, several other schools across the country and at least one California employer have implemented new COVID restrictions. Recently, this weekend, a Maryland elementary school reinstated its face mask mandate after several students tested positive. Morris Brown College um, also brought them back, and then Lionsgate as well, although I think some of them, yeah, Lionsgate uh, lifted the mandate because people were not complying, so hopefully more and more people do not comply. Now, this, this, is, uh, this is no good at all. Unmasking Biden's secret catastrophe unfolding in, in Alaska. It'll cripple the entire U.S. There's a major catastrophe brewing, and it's going to hit every American hard. When it does, the Biden administration will likely cook up a lame excuse to distance themselves from this nightmare that's unfolding. But the truth is that what's about to come down is 100% on Joe Biden. The bottom line is you're about to see your utilities skyrocket. You might think they're high now. But thanks to Joe's shenanigans in Alaska, everything is about to go off the rails, literally and figuratively. The bombshell was revealed by uh, Wendy Patterson. Uh, she says, I want to make sure you understand what's about to happen so you can prepare. 
Biden canceled all of the Alaska drilling on federal land. At the same time, he stopped allowing liquid natural gas from being transported by train. That leaves the only mode of transportation by trucking. About two months ago, the largest trucking company went out of business. Yellow, one of the nation's largest freight and trucking companies, announced it's shutting down, leading one of the largest mass layoffs in recent history and potential shipping cost increases. The company is in bankruptcy just three, three years after getting a $700 million loan from taxpayers. Um, so that is going to create a massive supply um, a massive supply chain issue of liquid natural gas, which means your utility bills as well as the price of gas is going to skyrocket. Biden used 300 million gallons of gas from our reserves to keep gas prices artificially low. They can't do that anymore. They've set us up in every way to purposely make gas prices and utility prices skyrocket. So fill all your gas cans, buy propane now while you can still afford to. Remember this is when the bottom, remember this, when the bottom falls out, and Biden regime tries to blame it on climate change. The sad part is it didn't have to be this way. Be, uh, be this way. American security hacker, entrepreneur, and software engineer George Hotz uh, gets it spot on when he advocates for mass affordable energy. Energy isn't the root of the world's problems. It's actually the solution. The further we drift from this reality, the more detrimental our, our situation becomes. By now, we should be swimming in an abundance of nuclear energy. But we're not. We could have had it so good. Adding fuel to the fire, Biden has strained relationships with Russia and Saudi Arabia, both of whom will likely retaliate by slashing production. It's mind-boggling to consider that a few short years ago under Trump, the U.S. was on the cusp of energy independence. Now the tables have completely turned. The harsh reality is that Democrats have turned into an anti-energy, anti-humanity party, leaving the rest of us to deal with the consequences. So, yeah, this is going to get fucking crazy. And also, uh, truckers warn of potential supply chain problems due to Biden's EPA latest electric vehicle regulations. American truck truckers have issued a warning about the Biden administration's plans to reduce air pollution by cracking down on heavy-duty vehicle emissions, saying that Biden's proposed policies will crush the supply chain and put the American food supply at risk. Under the EPA, which aims to reduce emissions of nitrogen oxides and other pollutants by enacting stringent new regulations on heavy-duty vehicles and machinery, businesses will likely be subjected to unattainable standards, which will result in high inflation and put trucking companies out of business. Um, uh, Mike Koharski, vice president of JKC Trucking, told Fox News that the Biden administration's proposal will reportedly push small business trucking companies out of business, which amounts to 95% of the industry. He warned that the EPA regulations will restrict transportation capacity nationwide and will result, and will result in severe price inflation, worse than we have right now. The American Truck Dealers Association believes the regulations will result in a $42,000 increase per truck rather than the EPA's estimate of 2,500 to 8,300 per vehicle for the technology needed to fulfill the new standards. Over the course of the program, the ATDA estimates that the associated costs of the new regulation will cost American taxpayers $55 billion. A new clean diesel long-haul tractor typically costs 180 to 200000 A comparable battery electric tractor costs, costs upwards of 480000 that's about a $300,000 upcharge, which is cost prohibitive for the overwhelming, 
overwhelming majority of motor carriers. The mandate is based on brand new technology. Number one, they're supporting green energy. I support green energy, but it's extremely frustrating because it's this new mandate that they're forcing truckers are nonstop overregulated. The EPA is always pushing more and more regulations on us, and it's harder to do our job now. We're kind of sick of it. The administration and EPA jamming it down our truckers' throats. Gaharski said the modern-day EVs are not a practical means of efficient transportation, and the new regulations will significantly increase transit time due to the limited charge of electric trucks. The charge of an electric truck is about 10 hours, and the distance could be about 150 to 300 miles. To give you an idea right now, one of our diesel trucks, when it fills out 300 gallons, it has capacity to go 16 to 1,800 miles. It's just going to take the transit time and increase it. With new technology, the distance should be as much as we have now, if not even further. These regulations are not practical. Number one, cost. Two, infrastructure. We're not ready for the infrastructure. Three, the testing and data. They're just doing the testing on these trucks right now. I really haven't even driven an electric truck or seen one in person. Todd Spencer, president uh, of the uh, Independent Drivers Association, told Fox that the proposed radical EPA regulations are yet another attack on small business truckers and is meant to force consumers to ditch their gas-powered vehicles for electric. This newest announcement is a blatant attempt to force consumers into purchasing electric vehicles while a national charging infrastructure network remains absent for heavy-duty commercial trucks. Again, this is deliberate sabotage. They're just trying to destroy everything they can. Professional drivers are skeptical of electric vehicle costs, mileage range, battery weight and safety, charging time and availability. It's baffling the EPA is pushing forward with more impractical emission timeline timelines without first addressing these overwhelming concerns with electric commercial motor vehicles. The pursuit of this radical environmental agenda is in conjunction with an anticipated speed limiter mandate that will regulate the safest and most experienced truckers off the road. Since truckers represent the foundation of the American supply chain, Kucharski argued the government must draw lessons from the effects of the COVID pandemic. So we don't get into the same situation. We have to learn from our mistakes, learn from COVID. I say we need to sit down with the lawmakers, need to sit down with us so we can show them our problems. They don't care. They're doing this on purpose. So we can come up with solutions together. They don't want solutions. They want to destroy everything. Kaharski blasted the Biden administration for pushing regulations without considering the needs of truckers or supply chain or the American people. Yeah, they, they don't care. So, yeah, this is uh, it's not good. Not good news. Okay, so um, just keep in mind the uh, uh, sentence of, uh, for example, Enrique Tario. He got 22 years for sending texts. North Dakota man who ran over and killed a conservative teen, sentenced to five years in prison. Uh, he's probably going to get out in, in 12 months. On Friday, 41-year-old Shannon Brandt was sentenced to five years in prison for killing 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson, who he deemed to be a Republican extremist in McHenry, North Carolina, in September of 2022. Of course, the Young Turks and the rest of the media apparatus, they said, oh, not political at all. This had nothing to do with politics, guys. Brandt was originally accused of murder, but then the charges were reduced, and he pleaded guilty to manslaughter. According to KVRR, Brandt's prison term will be reduced by almost a year for time served under house arrest. He will also be subject to a period of supervised release after his stint in jail and over. Ellington's death and alleged political motivations of the incident led many, including Trump, to address the case. 
While Brandt's intentions may have been fueled by Ellingson's affiliation with local Republicans, the North Dakota State Medical Examiner's Office later determined the death, guys, accidental. It was just an accidental death. Don't worry about it. So you can deliberately run over a conservative. They'll call it an accident, and maybe you'll get five years. But if you uh, send tweets, you're getting 22 years. Incredible. Now we have this one. A mother and son sentenced to five years in prison for walking through the Capitol. Eric Munchell is a January 6th political prisoner, along with his mother, Lisa Enhart, uh, or Eisenhart. Eric escorted his mother to Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021, where they were one of over a million Trump supporters who came to Washington, D.C. to protest their grievances about the stolen presidential election. This action is guaranteed by the Constitution. According to the American Gulag website, a project of the Gateway Pundit, Eric Munchell entered the Capitol with a cell phone attached to his chest. He is pictured next to a mob of people who attacked two police officers and pursued them. Munchell admits to having a taser with him that day for self-protection and to protect his mother. Uh, he accompanied his mother. Uh, Miss Eisenhart wanted to attend Trump's rally and be part of the events of that day, despite having an injured, an, an injured uh, shoulder. On Saturday, uh, Munchell's wife reached out to the Gateway Pundit to give updates about the result of the trial and sentencing and to allow your uh, readers to hear truthful information since there's an abundance of articles that are not factual floating around about the case. Uh, I'm still in shock at the outcome of Eric's sentence. I went into the courtroom hopeful and I left heartbroken that uh, my husband was sentenced for the clothing he wore and a picture that was taken of him. Those things should not be a reason as to why our daughter has to spend 57 months away from him. Oh, look, again, these are commies. They all belong in prison. This is political persecution, and it's sick. Eric Munchell was sentenced to four years and nine months in prison by an AIDS commie judge, Royce Lamberth, who belongs in prison, for his role in a conspiracy and other charges, his mother was sentenced to two and a half years in prison for her role. The judge mentioned that both of them were good people. Oh, okay, commie. Uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully there are tribunals at some point. Hopefully the good guys take over and they have, uh, we need, uh, what is it? Extreme accountability. I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, it would be nice. Sick. Um, okay. Actually, before we get to that, let's see if there was any others kind of related to that. Um, ah, no, we'll do the shit article. All right, we got a shit story here. This is AIDS commie shit, so this is even more radioactive than normal. Portland tranny activist shit in a teen's car for being transphobic. Oh, and I'm sure the, the leftists will defend this. A 44-year-old lunatic tranny commie in Portland shit inside a teenage girl's car after claiming she was transphobic. Eric Neil Bowen, who now goes by the name Vivian Shemansky, 44, had a massive temper tantrum when the 17-year-old girl parked near his tent in a parking lot on August 27th. During his fit, Bowen threw a stick at the girl, identified only as Jade. Jade left the area and returned 10 minutes later to find every window and light on the car smashed and the inside filled with human feces, uh, which is, you know, pretty much the day in the life of a citizen of any of these cities, really. Lisa Thomason, the girl's mother, told the post-millennial that Jade was in tears when she saw what had been done to the vehicle. The police department that uh, said the car was totaled and deemed it a biohazard. 
I just thought, what could have happened to my child if that person took the frustration out on her? Well, they would have, they would have murdered her child, and they probably would have gotten away with it. Police located Bowen nearby and arrested him. I'm surprised at that. I'm surprised they, they didn't give him a medal. It's Portland. But he will likely get a slap on the wrist. Bowen has been charged with felony first-degree criminal mischief, felony unauthorized use of a vehicle, second-degree criminal mischief, and a bunch of other stuff that will likely get thrown out, and he, they will let the lunatic tranny back out in the streets. Uh, Thomason says there's no accountability for people that are breaking the law. It's putting our community in the home we grew up in jeopardy. We should be able to feel safe in the city we grew up in. We uh, contact When contacted by the Post Millennial to find out if Bowen was jailed with men or women, the Monmouth County Sheriff's Office says we don't have that information. Oh, I'm sure they put him in with women. I am sure. Um, this is great. We'll just go to the video. I like, you know, these court cases are frivolous and bullshit, and I am glad, like, you know, the classic with Trump. You know, that fucking bitch that looks like Skeletor. She claimed Trump's, uh, uh, Trump raped her, which is obviously fucking preposterous. Um, and so, and also that she's, really, the key part of why it's preposterous is because she, her story is the exact plot of a Law & Order episode, which is hilarious. Anyway, you might remember there was that clip of, you know, this fucking dumb bitch lawyer is like, you said publicly that you're not attracted to her. And, he, and, he, and she was like, what do you mean physically? And Trump was like, no, I, I you know, I, I look at her. I see her. I don't like what she's offering. And then he looked at her dead in the eye and said, you know, you wouldn't be a choice either. That was fucking hilarious. So now we have something, not at that level. That's an all-timer. But I like this. I like this. Um, so this piece of shit commie lawyer is trying to insult Mike Lindell. Now, Mike Lindell uh, has had a lot of his business ruined because... Uh, he likes Trump, and uh, it's sick what the commies have done to him. I hope he survives it, um, but it's, it's a lot. Anyway, so this bitch lawyer decided to insult Mike Lindell. He wasn't having it. Okay, and I'm not asking about the lumpy pillow calls. Uh, no, they're not lumpy pillows. That's not what they call on. You say lumpy pillows. Now you're an asshole. You got that? You're an asshole Mike, is what you are. Mike, no, sorry. he's an asshole. No, he's an ambulance chasing asshole. That's what you are. Lumpy pillows. Kiss my ass. Put that in your book. No, they, they answer anything. Any problem customer that wants to reach Mike Lindell. Those are the ones. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. They send them to here and they go... Or they call about, um, maybe they didn't get their pillow on time because of uh, um, the FedEx or whatever. Well, we'll cover them, even though it could be somebody else's fault. Nobody called because of a lumpy pillow. But good good one, though. You done? Yeah, I'm done. What I'm saying Obviously, is you don't have a my pillow too. If you don't, do you? What I'm saying is, Mr. Lindell... Asshole. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm pissed. I understand. Yeah, go. When you're saying what? I like the phrase asshole. That's what you are. I like that. I thought that was pretty good. So credit to Mike Lindell. Fuck that commie lawyer. Um, so here is, uh, this is crazy. So the, uh, the Biden regime, it's full-blown lawfare against everyone or uh, locking people up criminally, you know. But a lot of this is just they're fucking with people. So the regime is fucking with Christopher Rufo. And this school, so apparently 
They're turning an AIDS commie school into a based school, and the Biden administration doesn't like it. The fight for New College of Florida has taken another turn. Earlier today, the Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights opened an investigation into Sarasota-based univer- into the Sarasota-based university, where I, this is from Christopher Rufo, uh, where I serve as a trustee for alleged discrimination on the basis of disability. The investigation stems from a complaint by unnamed students, faculty, and staff alleging in part the college trustees and administrators violated civil rights law by removing gender-neutral signage from bathrooms, defunding the DEI and gender programs, and misgendering the former DEI director who uses retard noises as pronouns. Are you familiar with the retard noise pronouns? Okay, those are the, the, the um, they're, not, they're not words. They're not words, they're noises. So Zezer, uh, EA, it's, it's retard noises. Or if you want to go deaf mute noises, I bring this up. I grew up next to deaf mutes. Um, they're like any other group of people. Some of them are cool. Some of them are real fucking assholes. And so, you know, some t- and I don't know what, you know, I don't know what goes on. Okay. And look, I'm sorry you're deaf. That's, you know, it's the hand you were dealt. Um, but they would make these noises in, in like the middle of the night. You'd be sitting there, especially, you know, when I, I was like 17, I'm in the backyard smoking weed with my buddies. We're like high as hell. And all of a sudden, especially it was hilarious when you had a person, like a new person who like never heard it before. So like the, my buddies that I would hang out with every night, they were used to it, you know. But when you had a new person there, you know, it's like two o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden you hear, bleep, bleep, and the look on the person's face is like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, my neighbors are deaf. And of course, being high made it a thousand times funnier. Now you might say, oh, it's not funny. It is kind of funny. Look, if I made some fucking noises like that, for whatever reason, it's, it's, I'm sorry, it's funny. It's funny, okay? It doesn't mean I want you to be deaf, but it's funny. So it is what it is. If you don't find it funny, that's fine. But, you know, we found it funny. You could argue it's juvenile. Yeah, of course it's juvenile. I'm like a 10-year-old uh, mentally. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying that's what is. Anyway, so, you know, maybe that's not your uh, type of humor. That's okay. But uh, it definitely is mine. So these are the types of pronouns that they're using now. They're going beyond words. Now they're using noises. Okay, anyway. So these pieces of shit act like they gaslight you. And they're like, oh, pronouns aren't a big deal. Motherfucker, the Biden administration is suing over fucking pronouns. Not even, not even normal ones. Again, the noise ones. This is a brazen attempt... Uh, t- to subvert the democratic governance of New College and entrench left-wing ideological programs under the guise of the civil rights law. By the way, each deaf person had different noises that they would make. And then after a while, since I lived next to them, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I knew who it was, right? So, like, there was this old guy. <laughs> there was this old guy. Now, he, he was nice. We used to call him the dog man because he always had dogs with him. Uh, the, the dogs were assholes. One, one dog bit me when I was a kid. That was a bitch. Anyway, he, he, when he would walk up the, the driveway, he would make this noise. He would be like, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> it's like crazy. It, I don't know what, to, you know, it's just, it's a hell of a thing. It's a hell of a thing. Anyway, yeah, they all made different noises. Now, one of the guys could, could halfway hear, and he was younger, and I used to uh, hang out with him. And uh, he was like, uh, he was kind of an asshole, but, you know, we would hang out. I'd go inside and we would play. Uh, ColecoVision, 
this is a long time ago. And uh, and then eventually, you know, Nintendo when that came out. Uh, and uh, yeah, he was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, there you go. The, the deaf mutes. What are you going to do? Uh, the Biden administration demonstrated repeatedly it's willing to weaponize the federal law enforcement apparatus to go against school board parents and other conservative reformers. Oh, yeah, they're going hard now. And it's just the beginning, I think. So then, you know, he's saying they're going to fight it with Governor DeSantis. Good. Yeah, definitely fight it. The whole the whole thing is a bunch of uh, uh, fucking bullshit. But, uh, yeah, this is we're, we're going to see this all over the place. Um, OK, now. I've, I covered, this has to be, actually, this shit is so prevalent, maybe this is not Fairfax, it, but if you ask me, Virginia, where they're tr literally trafficking the kids in the school, um, it, I, that's got to be Fairfax. Um, so, now, I've covered what's going on in Fairfax for, for uh, or multiple times. This is one of the craziest... Um, I don't even know what you want to call it. This is just one of the craziest stories that it, it's happening in broad daylight and the left is supported. It's crazy. So now the mom is, is going to court, which is good. Virginia mom sues pro-transgender teachers for pushing her child into prostitution. A Virginia mother is suing her local school district for pushing her daughter into transgenderism, prostitution, and sex trafficking. Michelle Blair, the mother of 14-year-old Sage Blair, filed a lawsuit against the Appomattox County School Board. Oh, is, oh wait, 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 wait. Is this the one that... Is this the... Hold on a second. Was that Virginia? I thought it was Maryland. Oh, of course, that's it's all like close to each other. Remember the story about the kid? They, they So they took the kid away from the parent because they used the wrong pronoun. And then the kid was trafficked after it was put in, in like a, a home or whatever. And then the kid somehow escaped the trafficking and ended up like in Texas where she was trafficked again. I think, say, I think this is that one. Okay, so yeah. You know, sometimes you, you, this seems to be happening with a frequency where you can confuse different stories where kids are literally, literally being trafficked in their schools by leftists. Amazing. Anyway, she filed a lawsuit against the Appomattox County School Board District employees and Baltimore Area Public Defender. Yeah, remember that bitch? Horrible. Anessa Khan. So she, she wanted to put the kid back in foster care even after it was discovered that she was trafficked. And I think that's because she's in on it. The mother alleged the school district employee secretly transitioned her daughter, who was later placed by the public defender in an all-male juvenile facility where Sage was sexually assaulted and later kidnapped, raped, and sex trafficked after she ran away from the facility. Uh, Blair says, they stole my right to protect my daughter. I'm the parent. I'm an expert on my child. There's no one in the school or court system that knows my daughter better than me. They will never know my daughter better than I do. Blair said she had no idea her daughter was identifying as a male at school because the administrators made sure uh, to keep that a secret from her. The mother added that Sage was bullied, which involved verbal, physical, sexually harassed with constant threats of rape by the male classmates. And despite all of this, the school encouraged her to use the boys' bathroom. Blair had reportedly informed the school her daughter had a history of mental health issues, including depression, eating disorders, self-harm, and hallucinations. Nonetheless, the school decided to socially transition the young girl without her parents' knowledge. The lawsuit filed by the Child and Parents' Rights Campaign on behalf of Blair. <clears throat> Excuse me. The school's decision to conceal 
uh, information deprived Sage's mother of being able to exercise her fundamental parental rights to direct the upbringing of her daughter, including making educational and mental health decisions. The school officials were encouraging her to use the boys' bathroom, even though they knew she was being threatened with sexual assault. So she perceived herself that she wasn't safe and she runs away from home. She runs into the arms of a waiting pedophile who encounters her, rapes her, traffics her with two other men, and takes her across state lines into Washington, D.C., and then ultimately to Maryland. Burles went on to say that the nightmare should have ended in Maryland when Sage was eventually rescued by FBI agents, but the Baltimore juvenile court system took custody of Sage at the behest of Khan. Yeah, because they're in on the trafficking. This is, they're all, I, I'm telling you, they're all in on it. Khan ended up deciding that the Blairs were not sufficiently affirming of her new identity and concocted a fabricated story of abuse and neglect by the parents and convinced the judge to keep the child in custody. Sage was then placed into a juvenile facility for adolescent males where she was again sexually assaulted, exposed to drugs, and denied medical and mental health care. Meanwhile, Natasha Dartug, Maryland's top public defender, told the Washington Examiner, we fully support our attorney who appropriately represented her client in accordance with her legal, ethical, and professional obligations. These are unrepentant, evil fucking people. Unrepentant. They will traffic kids in your face and they will laugh at you and they will gaslight you and they'll say, oh, there's no evidence at all that this happened. There's simply no evidence, like David Pakman says all the time. Blair's daughter then reportedly ran away from the facility and was uh, only later to be found by another pedophile who brought her to Texas, where she was again raped, drugged, starved, and tortured until law enforcement in Texas rescued her and notified her mother and returned her to Virginia. Since then, Sage has been diagnosed with complex PTSD and has undergone intensive inpatient and outpatient therapy to address the multiple incidents of extreme trauma caused by the defendant's acts and omissions. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin has been tackling this facilitation of grooming by making schools adopt policies that require parents to provide written consent for their child to go by another name at school and be addressed with other pronouns. Under these policies, parents will also have to grant consent for their child to receive counseling services pertaining to gender. This is better than nothing, no question. But this shit has to be completely removed from the school. The idea that, well, it's okay to coerce a child with insanity, you know, something impossible that they can change their gender, something as real as a dildo unicorn, that like it's okay to do that as a teacher as long as you the parents are in on it. Like ridiculous. That's fucking ridiculous. Uh, is it better than than what it was? Yes, but this is not nearly good enough. Um some Virginia school divisions appear to be entering a face off with the state and parents groups over Youngkin's model policies, making the prevention of grooming all the more difficult. Sage's tragic story demonstrates the importance of parental involvement, Youngkin's spokesperson said. For Sage and students, parents and teachers across the Commonwealth, the governor will continue to empower parents and ensure privacy, dignity, and respect of all students with the model policies. Crazy. Absolutely fucking crazy. Now, again, again, I... uh, there's, I said this the other day, there's no way to satirize, there's no way to satirize the left anymore. There's no way to satirize them. Um, whatever you come up with as an exaggeration is already happening or, ha- or has already happened. So, for example, if you really wanted to exaggerate 
uh, and you're not exaggerating because this is what they're doing. But let I could see a person if you're riffing on leftists and and the school situation, and you say, "Oh yeah, you know it's going to be great when they bring in literal pedophile drag queens to be teachers." Yeah, it's already happening. Uh, it's, first of all, this isn't even the first story about this, but this is the latest story. This is in Oklahoma. And so they got busted hiring a pedophile, which, I mean, generally speaking, I've said this before. If you are a drag queen and you want to be around kids and you want to perform in front of kids, you are absolutely a predator. You are absolutely a predator, just like if you're a, if you're a man and you want to go into women's changing areas, or if you want to go into a women's rape crisis center, you are a literal pedophile. Or excuse me, literal, literal predator. You're a predator. They're both P. Both start with. Or, or pe predator, pedophile. Either one. <clears throat> More with the kids in the school than the rape crisis centers, unless there's kids there. I don't know. I have, I've never been in one. If there's kids in the rape crisis center, then, then we'll go predator, pedophile. Anyway. Um, so, after getting busted, and then affirming and doubling down on the pedophile, they go and hire a second pedophile drag queen. Earlier this week, the Daily Caller reported on a public school district in Oklahoma that defended hiring a drag queen who was also arrested on drug and child porn charges. That same drag queen elementary school principal reportedly hired another drag queen who worked with him as a kindergarten aide. Yeah, of course, a literal pedophile is going to try to hire other pedophiles to give them access to the kids because we're in a fucked up time in society where leftists are just opening the floodgates and saying, all right, pedophiles, come in. We'll hire as many of you as we can, and we will give you access to as many children as you want. You just have to dress up like a woman, and you have to read books to the children. Incredible. Or sometimes they let them do strip shows in front of the children. The queens seemingly used... The, the queens, come on, Daily Caller, the pedophiles, seemingly used their Facebook accounts with their drag names to chat about their work in the elementary school. So we have an elementary school principal who is a drag queen hiring his drag queen friends to work with kindergartners. If you want to see a drag show as a bachelorette party, be my guest, but there's no reason for drag queens to be around kids. That's just not normal. And that's why I've said before, depending on what happens, if, if there is a hard shift right in this country and the people in charge say, you know what, fuck all of this, we're gonna ban drag, period. My response to that would be, well, that is what you wrought, leftists. You brought that upon yourselves. Shouldn't have fucked with the kids. Unbelievable. Um, now, this is another one of those things that I just expect the, the, the government, this is the New York government, to just ignore the ruling. Uh, New, York, uh, New York City teachers who refused COVID vaccine must get jobs back with back pay, judge rules. So I, I, I bet they're just going to ignore this, but I could be wrong. A group of teachers in New York City who were fired after they refused to take the uh, COVID vaccine must be given their jobs back along with back pay, a New York judge ruled Wednesday. Good for this judge. State Supreme Court Judge Ralph Parizio, based Italian, ruled the decision to fire the 10 employees of the New York City Education Department and deny them religious exemptions was unlawful, arbitrary, and capricious. <clears throat> That's a real thing. I thought that was, uh, that was the meme from Seinfeld when uh, Kramer spilled the coffee and he met with uh, Jackie Childs. And he, what did he say? It was something was, he would always say that this is unlawful or something 
Yeah, I think it was unlawful, arbitrary, and capricious. Anyway, whatever. The group of school principals, teachers, and other uh, educators sued the city after they were fired. The court sees no rational basis for not allowing unvaccinated classroom teachers in amongst an admitted population of primarily unvaccinated students. As such, the decision to deny the classroom teachers amongst the panel petitioners based on undue hardship without any further evidence of individualized analysis is arbitrary, capricious, and unreasonable. As such, each classroom... A teacher amongst the panel petitioners is entitled to a religious exemption from the vaccine mandate. The 10 public school employees are entitled to their positions back plus back pay uh, in salaries, benefits, pension, and seniority. Great, 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 great. So um, this only applies to the 10 ed- educators that sued, though, not the thousands of others that lost their jobs. So it's, you know, it's more of a minor, uh, a minor victory. But uh, yeah, I just, I think they're going to just ignore it. Uh, but we'll see. But what about those thousands of people that lost their job? Um, this is a fascinating thing as they put the Zerglings, excuse me, the illegal immigrants in uh, cities all over the country. Um, now that there's so many uh, in New York City, they're, uh, you know, I mean, these people are nimbiusts, you know, not in my backyard. Uh, and uh, so they, um, they, they want the illegals to move somewhere else. Yeah, you, they should be moved out of the country back to their country or wherever they want to go. I don't care where you want to go. You just can't stay here. Um, so this, the dumb, you know, the uh, eggless whore uh, roundtable, also known as The View, uh, they said illegal aliens need to be resettled elsewhere after AIDS commie Mayor Adams said the migrant crisis will destroy New York City. The co-hosts of Eggless Horror Roundtable said the illegal aliens need to be resettled elsewhere, both in the world and across the United States, before dumb whore Joy Behar blamed illegal immigration on global warming and climate change. During Friday's episode of the talk show, the hosts were discussing recent comments from AIDS commie Mayor Eric Adams warning that illegal immigration would destroy New York City. Behar asked the panel if Adams was right, since there's 100,000 migrants in New York City now, and people keep coming. Sonny Hostin claimed many migrants are coming from war-torn places, and she thought, this country with the big Statue of Liberty, give me your week, and all of this is, is supposed, it, all of this is supposed to the country to, that accepts people. That's not coherent. And she said she's disappointed in Mayor Adams. This is not a federal problem, Anna Navarro replied. This is not an American problem. This is a regional problem. This is a world problem. We need uh, legislation. We need cooperation with other countries. So not everyone comes to the United States. The illegal immigrants need to be settled elsewhere. The migrants need to spread out. We have this massive country. They need to go back. And it's only going to get worse with global warming and climate change because people can't live in certain parts of this world, Behar added. That's made up. Um, during a recent town hall, the New York City mayor warned that waves of illegals will destroy the city. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. They, now they, now they want, hopefully they're, they're, uh, standing outside, uh, their homes. Uh, hopefully these, uh, whores, um, 
are well i don't think they can be forced but it would be funny if they were forced to house illegals now this is a a, a, a minor good story court allows texas water border barrier targeted by the biden administration to stay in place texas will be allowed to keep its floating border barrier deterring illegal crossings uh, across the rio grande thanks to a thursday ruling from the fifth circuit court of appeals the appeals court granted a motion from Texas to place an administrative stay after senior U.S. District Judge David Ezra ordered Texas officials to remove the floating barriers from the river that Abbott had installed. Um, So this still has to be litigated, but uh, it does look like they are going to let them keep the barrier up. I was enjoying watching full-blown retards on Twitter. They were like, oh, these barriers are torture devices. They have saws. First of all, that's fucking awesome. Um, <clears throat> and uh, now this is this is like calling barbed wire a torture device. This is like if a criminal jumps a, a, a resident's barbed wire fence and slits his throat on it, okay? And then suddenly people are going to blame the homeowner for having the barbed, wires, barbed wire fence. No, the criminal that tried to break in... He should be blamed, and he's getting what he deserves. Don't break into people's houses. Don't break into people's countries. Okay? Easy. If you don't want to get cut by the saws, which is they're not really saws, or they should be, uh, then d- don't illegally try to enter the country. There's no saws w- when it comes to the line. You know, there's many legal immigrants that can probably attest to the fact there's no saws in line when you're waiting to come in legally. Okay? So it's really up to you. You can try the saws. Or, or you can try no saws. But if you get cut by the saw, don't, don't, don't complain because you're, you're coming in illegally. They should put, all, they should put fucking uh, whatever the fuck, sharks and alligators, whatever the fuck they can put out there. Probably, sharks probably couldn't live there. But uh, yeah, don't go in the water. What are you doing? So I'll, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're a voter, uh, even if I disagree with you, even if you... You vote for something and then you, you are affected negatively because of that vote. I'm not going to grave dance. I'm not going to go on a whole told, told you so type of thing. Now, other people might, and they're entitled to that. It is the Internet after all. I will tell you, though, if you are a public official, that's a totally different story. Okay, so this bitch got exactly what she fucking deserved. Okay. Defund the police Democrat gets violently attacked, now demands holding criminals accountable. Now, I will tell you this. I will retract what I'm saying if, and I don't expect this to happen because commies never learn, if she actually, like a normal person, is like, wow, I didn't realize how fucked up this policy was until it literally smacked me in the face. Now that I realize it, I obviously have to do all that I can to work against this. Okay, so if you do that, then yeah, okay, no problem. I'm not trying to be unreasonable, but you know she's not going to do that. Okay, and what is likely going to happen is she is going to be the one that gets security, but the citizens don't. Okay, anyway, a Minnesota DFL party official who championed defunding the police during the Fentanyl Floyd riots has since changed her position after being violently attacked this week. 
Savani Sharada, the second vice chairman of the DFL, posted an image of her bloodied face from the attack on Tuesday, explaining she was carjacked at her home while her children were present. Four very young men. Oh, we got some young men. Instead of young teens, we have young men. Oh, boy. I'm sure these were four white men. Then they were like, hello, Kevin. How are you today? Well, I'm doing very well, David. Hey, what did you do last night? Well, I went on a jog. Hey, look, it's Peter. Hey, Peter, would you like to... Hey, we all have guns. Do you want to go around and beat people senseless and carjack them? Oh, that sounds like a very good idea, Peter. Why don't we do that? Very well, then. Anyway. Anyway, uh, four young men, all carrying guns, beat me violently down the, uh, into the ground in front of our kids. I will say I don't like the fact that the kids saw this. That's no good. I, I don't bring in people's kids into it. I'm not interested in that. The kids aren't, you know, they, they, they can't control who's raising them. They have no f fucking say. So I have no beef with the kids. Um, and look, maybe I would love for her to be like, man, I can't believe I advocated for this. Look what happened. I'm going to now do the right thing. I doubt that's going to happen. But anyway, um, uh, she wrote on Facebook uh, uh, on a post that included a picture that she took of herself. The young men held our neighbors up at gunpoint when they ran over and tried to help me, all in broad daylight. Yeah, this is what you wrought. Look at my face in the picture. This is the face of a mother who just had the shit beaten out of her. A mother whose only thought was, let me run far enough and fight hard enough so that my kids have a chance to get away. Now, there were people asking some legitimate questions that, like, you just had this happen and your first thought is to start recording your, not the incident, but like, or not even recording, taking a picture of yourself and then posting on Facebook. Uh, I mean, it's possible because we're in that day and age. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, this is the face of a mother who just listened to her four-year-old daughter screaming nonstop, her seven-year-old son wailing. Okay, so that's sad, and I'm sorry they had to go through that. But this is what you advocated for. And, and here's the thing. Do you know how many people have had something similar happen in Minnesota? Is this Minnesota? I think this is in Minnesota because of the very policy. Do you give a fuck about any of those people? No, you don't. Uh... For someone to come help because bad guys are murdering his mom in the backyard. Her neighbors screaming in outrage, all while being beaten with guns and kicks and fists. She said that she had a broken leg, deep lacerations on her head, and bruising and cuts all over her body. I ha And I have rage, she said. Now that's good. Good. But what are you going to do with the rage? Who, where are you going to point the rage? you got to point it in the righteous direction. Okay, now first of all, you have to... Pointed at yourself because you were part of this. However, like I said, I'm not trying to be an unreasonable person. If you realize, look what I've done to my family. Part of I'm not saying she's solely responsible for defund the police, but she's partially responsible for this. Look what I've done. I've I, I've made a huge mistake. Okay. Uh, uh, and now I want to be clear: these joggers that did this obviously belong to be buried or, or, or deserve to be uh, buried under a jail. They're also mainly responsible. But she is a she is literally an official that that is in charge of this type of shit. Okay, so this is a person who is literally partially responsible for these policies. Okay, these policies are super destructive. They have a long trail of bodies and all sorts of shit 
behind them. People being robbed and carjacked and businesses being destroyed and people being murdered and raped. Like, like it, the, 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 the carnage that these policies produce is astronomical. So now that, she, if, now that it affected her, now she's against it. So what are you going to do? Are you going to work? I hope you, I hope you work against it so then we can go, hey, look, hey, this she like, you know, it took it took something crazy to wake her up. But she woke up and now she's uh, fighting against it. I doubt that's going to happen, but we'll see. These men knew what they were doing. I have no doubt they've done this before, yet they're still on our streets, killing mothers, giving babies psychological trauma that a lifetime of therapy cannot erase. Yes, and it's partly your fault. With no hesitation and no remorse. Now I'm part of the statistics. I wasn't silent when I fought these men to save my life and my babies. I won't be silent now. We need to get illegal guns off our streets. Streets catch these young people. These young people who are running wild, creating chaos across the city, and hold them in custody and prosecute them, period. Well, now you want to hold them in custody. Isn't that fascinating? Okay. Look in my face, remember me, when you're thinking about supporting letting juveniles and young people out of custody to roam our streets instead of holding them accountable for their actions. They're not going to care. I don't think your fellow Democrats are going to care. She thanked law enforcement and declared, these criminals will not win. We need to take back our city, and, and this will not be the last you hear from me about this. Hopefully this red pills the shit out of her and that she... Uh, joins uh, the fight against this shit. I don't think that'll happen, though. As noted by the New York Post, Shanna Hannanen called for defunding the police back in 2020. Quote, we're going to dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. Say it with me, dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department, unquote. <laughs> well, this is what happens. In a separate post, she, plays the mini uh, she praised the Minneapolis School Board for pulling police officers out of the schools. Well, there you go. Amazing. So we'll see what happens with that. That's a fascinating turn of events. Now, here is another literal predator that schools are hiring to prey on children. Tranny tennis coach who reportedly undressed in front of teen girls and asked them questions about their panties rehired by a Pennsylvania school district. The Gettysburg Area School District voted 6-2 on Tuesday to rehire a literal predator tennis coach who reportedly stripped in front of teenage girls and asked them questions about their panties and menstrual cycles. As per previous reports by the Epic Times and Redux, Sasha Yates, who began identifying as trans in September of 2022, is alleged to have prompted concern among some of the teen girls and their parents after multiple incidents described as inappropriate. In one, Yates reportedly stripped down to a bra and panties in the girls' locker room when the soccer team was changing. In another, it was also revealed that Yates had gone into the girls' changing room and began talking to the teens about their menstrual cycles and what type of panties they like to wear. Third incident had occurred in April uh, after Yates had been provided with a key for a single occupancy changing room and had been reprimanded for the previous incidents. Yeah, but that's not enough. See, they don't want the single occupancy room. They must have access to the children. Or in the case of public bathrooms, they must also have access to the uh, uh, women, the female adults, because they like to intimidate them. It really depends. Some of these lunatics like to intimidate women. Some of them like to prey on children. It just really depends. 
Um, according to Steve Carba, um, oh no, this is another one. Uh, Yates is said to have engaged in a conversation with a 16-year-old girl while she was in the locker room after following her into the bathroom to strike up a conversation with her. According to Steve Carbaugh, the father of the girl in the third incident, she was made very uncomfortable with having to deal with Yates in such a compromising situation. My job as a parent to protect my child, he said, and he had no business going into that bathroom. And his actions proved he can't be trusted. He went into a girl's locker room and changed while the girl's varsity soccer team was in there. They talked to him about it, and he went into the girl's restroom facility. When is enough enough? He is not being penalized because of what he calls himself. He needs to be penalized because of his actions and the fact that he can't follow directions. This is a grown man going into a bathroom with juvenile females. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. Despite assuring Carbaugh that Yates would not return as the coach this season, Yates appeared on the district's rehiring list in July. Two subsequent school board meetings were held in August on the topic of rehiring Yates before this meeting, before the meeting this Tuesday, which featured the school's lawyer recommending his rehiring to avoid the risk of litigation. Oh, I imagine if the Biden administration gets wind of you firing a literal pedophile and predator who is preying on children, I imagine they are going to go after you and say that you're being transphobic. You're not being inclusive because inclusivity includes the access to your children. <clears throat> Following Yates rehiring on Tuesday, he stated that he was, quote, very moved by the outpouring of support that he had received and was very much looking forward to continuing to support and guide both teams as they represent Gettysburg Area High School in the coming seasons, unquote. you got to make sure you get the voices right. This is a very serious, accurate show. So you got to get the tranny voice right. you gotta, you know, you got you to get it right. It's a serious business. It's like the Internet. Kenneth Hassinger, the president of the school board, claimed that concerns and reports about Yates' behavior were not credible. Overall, I think it came down to widespread rumors that were going on in the public, and we wanted to take a deep breath, make sure we had all the information before we took a vote. Um, Hassinger told Penn Live, which, is, which did not recount the allegations in detail in their recent report, uh, we were able to go back and look to see if rumors and other stuff, if there was any factual basis behind it, and I think you saw the vote tonight, would tell you the majority of those rumors did not have a factual basis to them. Hopefully one of these girls records this literal predator the next time they're preying on them. Now, that's not going to change the opinion of leftists because they're going to support the predators no matter what, but maybe it could get picked up by a libs of TikTok or one of these social media uh, uh, people who kind of can blast this out in the ether and then put pressure on the school to fire the predator and hopefully remove as many, well, six out of the eight. It was six to two, so I think the WAP math would make, make it eight total. So two voted against hiring the predator, so those two can stay. And then the six have to go that voted for the predator. Following the decision, Michelle Simers took to Twitter to express her disappointment in the verdict. Um... I was one of the two members to vote no to rehiring this coach. The message received is clear. The district doesn't give a damn about our children, especially our daughters. So good for Michelle here uh, and, and the other person. But, uh, yeah, it's no good. 
Uh, I was one of the... Oh, yeah, I, I just read that. Yeah, so... Um, mm. It's just uh, incredible. It's just... It's incredible. That's the predator right there. Man, what a time. What a time in clown world. Uh, Louisiana Attorney General supports a lawsuit against an anti-disinformation group. Louisiana's Attorney General... Jeff Landry has lodged an amicus brief in an ongoing lawsuit against the Trusted News Initiative. Again, Democrats, the way that they name their organizations is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. It would be like a, a bunch of bukkake whores uh, naming their group the Chaste, the Chaste Women Foundation. Amazing. A prominent mainstream media group. This recent development adds a significant heft on an antitrust lawsuit initiated by Robert F. Kennedy's Jr.'s Children's Health Defense. The Trusted News Initiative describes itself as a unique global partnership bringing together organizations across media and technology to tackle harmful disinformation in real time. The Trusted News Initiative, I read that, these numerous plaintiffs have based their case on the notion of forbidden collusion among TNI and multiple social media behemoths to orchestrate a coordinated censorship of online news. The Attorney General's contribution to the proceedings underlines the escalating war against censorship and manipulation and comes off the back of a considerable win against the Biden administration. Framed from the anti-censorship perspective, the brief highlights the importance of preserving free speech in the contemporary digital zone, taking into consideration the larger societal implications. The decision by the uh, highest-ranking legal figure in Louisiana to wade into the contentious waters of media litigation underscores the rising sentiment among free speech advocates that legacy and new-age digital media must remain unbiased conduits for information and dialogue. Left unchallenged, the alleged breach of antitrust laws by TNL in cahoots with powerful social media platforms could set a dangerous precedent for online media discourse. I mean, I think we're well past that, but good. Hopefully they're successful. You know, we'll have to see. Uh, now, I think there is a, uh, I think there was a breaking news uh, shit article. Yeah, breaking news from the internet from Mojack420. Breaking old poop news. Oh, man. As opposed to new poop news. All right, let's see. We've had a, quite a bit of shitty news lately. Tulsa man found inside a septic tank arrested for peeping Tom. Whoa. A woman taking her seven-year-old daughter to the restroom at the Keystone Lake Park saw a man looking up from her inside a public toilet. Oh, it's just like Schindler's List, remember? Schindler's List, the kids are in the toilet, and I'm like, what are you doing playing in the toilet, children? That's not good. You should get out of there. My God. This guy was like, no, I want to be down there. I want to look at some ass. He wanted to look at pissing and shitting ass. What a pervert. This guy, you got to go to jail. Unacceptable. A woman taking her seven-year-old daughter to the restroom at a Keystone Lake Park saw a man looking up at her from inside a public toilet. Can you imagine that? Could you, you At first, you'd have to be like, all right, I'm obviously hallucinating. There's not a fucking guy in the goddamn porta potty hole. Because what kind of a sick person? I had to use a porta potty on the way back from Florida. So you drive to Florida, and there's all these rest stops. And you're going in rest stops every however often. And uh, one of the rest stops, when we pulled in, had a sign, and it was like uh, bathroom closed and there was a line of porta potties and I was like oh this is gonna be a pleasure 
<clears throat> Although it could have been worse, because I am a, I am a biological male, so <laughs> other people might have had it worse. But anyway, so you know, it's 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 this it's this uh, disgusting pit of just the worst. I mean, is there anything worse than the bottom of the pit in a porta potty? I mean, good God, I. I, I <laughs> Oh my God! Anyway, so you're trying to take a piss, and you—the last thing you want to do is look inside of it. Sometimes, though, you just take a quick glance, and then you're like, "Why did I fucking do that? What a nightmare! What a nightmare!" Anyway, that's uh, that is what it is. Whew, that's a hell of a thing right there. Anyway. So the man, 52-year-old Kenneth Webster Enlow, was arrested on a peeping Tom complaint. Tulsa County Sheriff's deputies were called to the Whitewater Park women's bathroom early Sunday evening by a park ranger. Am I misunderstanding this? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. It says, because this is so crazy that I thought, did I misread it? Was he peeping over the store? No, it says she saw a man looking up at her from inside the public toilet. Holy shit. <clears throat> you know, you did what you deserve. That, well, one of the things you deserve there, this guy deserves a lot to, to get what he deserves. Not just what I was about to say. What would, what would be uh, partially what he deserves is if she pulled her zipper down and pulled out a giant cock and pissed in his face. Although, actually, that might not be... He, would, he might like that, actually. So that's probably not good. You're dealing with probably, this is like one of the worst perverts I've ever heard of. You're hanging around inside. How is that even possible? Oh my God. Anyway, I guess we'll find out. This is crazy. He's in the porta potty. Anyway, so the, the police got the call uh, to the Whitewater Park women's bathroom. The, from, they get a call from a park ranger. The park is on the southeast side of the Keystone Dam, has toilet facilities that include a septic tank under a cement slab. A plastic toilet seat sets over the hole that allows access for septic service, according to an arrest report. Deputy Brian Osman said in his arrest report that he saw Enlo standing in the septic tank. Quote, I saw that he was standing with his head and shoulders out of the hole, and he was covered in feces. I, you, this has got to be... Look, can you imagine the scene here? I'd be like, I don't know what you want me to do. I, I phew, Holy shit. Keystone Fire and Rescue helped Enlo climb out of the toilet and used a fire hose to clean him off. Enlo first told authorities his girlfriend, Angel, hit him in the head with a tire iron and dumped him in the toilet. <laughs> he said, he said, Angel drove him to the dam in her blue and white 1972 Chevy Monte Carlo and left him in the hole about 30 minutes before he was found. Bro, are you saying, wait, wait, are you talking about now? This happened now? I don't know if I believe you. Well, do you have an injury? If you have an injury, then we might have something here. 72 Monte Carlo. How is that even possible? I like the, uh, what is it, the 86? That's my favorite car. Believe it or not. I know people are like Lamborghini. For, Lamborghini is my second favorite car. The one, the one from Cannonball Run. Oh, my God. That car is crazy. But um, the, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, I, oh, I just, yeah, you know, I've talked about it. I'm not a, a comedy person, 
I like stand-up comedy or sketch comedy, but like comedy movies, I'm just not usually into them. I, Cannonball Run is phenomenal. And I could see a person being like, that movie's corny as shit. I, I, can't, I don't know. I can't, I can't help it. There's something about them. Both of those movies, there's something about them. They're phenomenal. <clears throat> In the beginning where, where the, the fucking Lamborghini is speeding down the highway, the noise it makes. Oh, my God. That's fucking, it's like heroin. Anyway. Uh, but, yeah, this is a 72 Monte Carlo. It's not the same thing. I like the I think 86 with the horizontal sticker or or uh, it's not called a sticker whatever the fuck uh, uh, what is that called stenciling I don't know what the fuck it's called but it says Monte Carlo SS horizontally not the box that came the next year it has to be horizontal anyway um, uh, Deputy Osman said and oh you know it's funny there's a bunch of YouTube channels of people uh, these a lot of them are, are black dudes I don't know what the hell the deal is. These black guys, they love the same Monte Carlos, and they, like, collect them, and they're like, yo, this is the new one I bought today, and they're, like, buying Monte Carlos. That's crazy. <clears throat> of course, the Moors conquered Sicily, and the Moors are black, so maybe that explains it. Anyway, Deputy Osman said Enlo did not have any fresh injuries. That backed up his story. See, there you go. He's lying. And of being attacked with a tire iron. You would have some sort of injury if you were attacked with a tire iron. He did have some old scratches on his head, but they were scabbed over, the report says. Maybe he was talking about, like, she did it a long time ago. Or if he had scabs, maybe, like, not that long ago. But then he wanted to, like, go back into the toilet for some reason. Enlo had uh, scratches on his arms the deputy thought were from rough edges of the concrete slab under the toilet. Deputies took Enlo to the OSU Medical Center, where medical personnel confirmed there were no injuries consistent with being struck in the face or head. Enlo was taken to Tulsa County Jail, where he was booked on a peeping Tom complaint on an outstanding warrant uh, from Okamiji County. The outstanding warrant uh, was for embezzlement by a trustee and dumping trash on public and private property, Enlo has arrest records in Creek and Tulsa counties for public intoxic intoxication and driving under suspicion. Wow. What a story. In the goddamn port of... Oh, here's a picture. Could you imagine how... You've got to be like, I'm going crazy. You, if I'm, you've got to be like, okay, I see a man down there. I don't know what the hell's going on. I've got, you know, you're driving for a long time. Well, I don't think they were, but if it was me, I'm driving for a long time. I would, I would just look away for a moment and be like, I, I obviously didn't see a man looking up at me. That's crazy. This isn't Schindler's List. And then you look down and you're like, no, there's a guy there. What the fuck are you doing down there, dude? <sighs> Holy shit. That's a hell of a story. All right, thank you. That was breaking news from the internet from Mojack420. That story was from 2013, so uh, 10 years. It's the t is it the ten? Oh, well, it's a little bit past the 10 year anniversary of this story. <laughs> wow. Oh, let's get a look at him. What does this guy look like? <laughs> Could you imagine? This guy's looking up at you. <laughs> that would be unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, it's a hell of a thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe some people would just be like, hey, how's it going? And they would piss and they'd be like, oh, pretty good. And that's it. And they would they would go out of there. I don't know. All right. Let's get to some videos here.
We're going to start with TYT's coverage of the fact that they basically didn't arrest Lindsey Graham because he's a uniparty fucker. At the end of the day, nothing happened. What I did was consistent with my job as being United States Senator, Chairman of the Judiciary Committee, but it was just not me. Three United States Senators were opening up Pandora's box. I think the system in this country is getting off the rails, and we have to be careful. Yeah, but you helped to get off the rails because you didn't stand up and fight when it was most crucial. So what are you talking about? You're partially responsible. Not to use the legal system as a political tool. Well, what do you what are you talking about? Huh? Who does that? Pointing the finger at colleagues instead of just wow. Uh, that was Senator Lindsey Graham, of course, reacting to the news that the special grand jury in Fulton County, Georgia, recommended he be indicted along with Trump and many of his cronies. Georgia grand jury's report based on interviews with 75 witnesses finalized months ago, but only released today. Now, thanks to that report, we've learned that Graham was not only one of Trump's co-conspirators, who District Attorney Fonnie Willis declined to indict despite a recommendation from the special grand jury. They ultimately recommended that Willis indict 39 people. She indicted only 19, we say only. Here's a list of some notable people who she did not indict. Forementioned Senator Graham, former Senator David Perdue, the Republican out of Georgia, former Senator Kelly Loeffler, Republican out of Georgia, radical Raphael Warnock. It's like stuck in my head. Remember that debate? Lawyers Boris Epstein, Clayton Mitchell, and Lynn Wood, who has lost a step or two. Former State Senator William Ligon, former Trump National Security Advisor Mike Flynn, and former State Rep Alex Kaufman. Media like giving us the list there. Now we're gonna focus on the three senators role in the 2020 election scheme. And then we're gonna let you decide whether DA Willis should have indicted them. They played, seem an integral role in this. But first, here's a brief refresher on how they helped Trump's plot to steal the election. Start with Lindsey Graham. He repeatedly prodded Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and his colleagues on the phone about the signature matching a ballot. Oh, how dare you try to get a signature audit? That's clearly illegal. In the Atlanta area, Raffensperger told CNN in November 2020, he believed Graham implied that he should try to throw out some ballots in the heavily Democratic county. But here's the catch, the phone calls are not known to have been recorded, at least not this one. Recollections differ about exactly what was said, factors that probably figured into the decision of Madam DA Willis not to charge. So Ratzenberger didn't record Lindsey Graham's calls. Oh, isn't that interesting? Graham, New York Times with that nugget there. And now here's what Purdue and Loeffler tried to do, remember them? Purdue was the one who lost his Senate runoff election in January 2021, while Trump was pushing his false claims of fraud, personally urged Georgia Governor Brian Kemp to convene a special session of the legislature to help Trump's quest to overturn the election. Kelly Leffler, who also lost her runoff election in January 2021, was also at that meeting. Again, CNN will cite them for that one. So. Um, we want to know if you believe DA Fonnie Willis made the right call and saying, you know what, I'm not going to put 
Graham's name down, not gonna put Kelly Leffler or former Senator David Perdue. Um, let's go to you first, Jank, though, and tell us what you think about this, because I know we talked earlier this morning and you know, a lot of it's speculation, but it's still interesting. Yeah, it really is, and I'm curious what your opinion on it is since you're in Georgia and know some of this politics better than we do. Look, on the one hand, they were an integral part of the plot. Lindsey Graham facilitated a lot of those calls, made a lot of the calls himself. So you say, well, if you're part of the plot, you probably should get charged. And on the other hand, it's really hard to know all the details. And she already charged 19 people, so there there might be some reason we don't know why she didn't charge them. Or, by the way, it what the hell was that? Could be there there might be some reason we don't know why she didn't charge them. Or, by the way, it could be political. There might be some reason we don't know why she didn't charge them. Or, by I have no idea what the hell that was. By the way, it could be political, like that it was just going to be too difficult to charge. US senators as well, or important politicians in the Georgia party. Maybe get the cooperation of some Republicans in Georgia who obviously are not fond of Donald Trump. Raffsenberger, the former lieutenant governor as well, etc. But maybe you lose some of their cooperation if you go after other Republicans in the state. I don't know any of those dynamics, but I can see making a case either way. Mondale, what do you think? Absolutely ridiculous if we consider the fact that he said nothing in the end, nothing happened. Oh, that's what a bookshelf, man. In the end, nothing happened is not a defense for breaking the law or attempting to break the law, especially when we're talking about a RICO charge. I think the fact that there was no recording saved. So apparently Mondale is under criminal investigation for uh, like faking a hate crime, which is hilarious. Is you know what and i bet you the reason that the other two senators the two former georgia senators were not charged probably because they had a meeting that they were invited to and not planned the meeting themselves and were not pushing this beyond asking for a special session which doesn't seem like it crossed the line in, in ways that the other defendants did and i and knowing willis track record and how serious she is about evidence this is probably the saving grace for all three of them i i i, I caution people to get caught up in the in the BS that Lindsey Graham is spitting about, in the end, nothing happened. If regardless, regardless, if if you all took were successful in taking the Capitol or trying to take back the election, the attempt is enough to get you charged. And and he is skimming. Another thought, though, maybe that maybe these three have provided evidence to Funny Willis, which is why their names are not on that list of charged people. Yeah. That's right. They could be snitches. I think it's a twofold here. I think she would have loved to have Graham. Remember, he started it. He's the one who started this whole thing and got all the eyeballs here in the state of Georgia. But if you include him, it does get awful messy. You know, the toilet's already clogged here. And if you include a US senator, now we're just getting too involved. As far as the other two, the former senator, David Perdue, Kelly Loeffler. I think it just gets, it's too political. Georgia, like a lot of other states, has its own code and you can't tick off everybody. So why include them? I wouldn't be surprised if somebody has turned state's evidence, if you will. But it's a tricky one and I think she she has the right people, but I still think she would love to have Lindsey Graham have to come down to Georgia here and getting rained and all of that stand trial.
Yeah, so there's two guys in particular that I wanna just focus on as examples here. One is Mike Flynn, so Mike Flynn argued for martial law, which is the worst of all these things. I mean, as you're doing a fake elector plot, if you roll out the tanks while you're doing it, well, it's inarguably unadulterated military coup. So, but they might not have the evidence that he was involved in Georgia in particular. So that's why I say hard for me to judge without knowing all the evidence that Fannie Willis has in regards to her particular case. And then the other one is Lindsey Graham as we've been talking about. Look, would it be absolutely shocking if Lindsey Graham all of a sudden came in as a witness against Donald Trump? Yes, in a certain, in a sense, of course it would, right? But in another sense, it wouldn't because he's a constant flip-flopper. He's a wheezy little guy trying to find political advantage wherever he can and only looking out for himself. And Donald Trump's got no room to complain about that. All he ever does is look out for himself. But Lindsey Graham wouldn't do it if Donald Trump looks like he's gonna be the Republican nominee. Only if Donald Trump is in trouble would he then risk the stitches from Donald Trump to be a snitch. Um, but oh yes, Trump's very violent. It probably wouldn't be much help anyway, because I can't imagine anyone who has less credibility uh, under oath than Lindsey Graham. Uh, I mean, if I was on the jury, I wouldn't believe a word he said, no matter what he said. So what you're saying is he has no integrity. <laughs> I think that's what he's saying, Mayor. Um, What's your take? As we learned not long ago, that Mark Meadows, um, his his wanting to be severed is not happening. Okay, it's not happening. The judge decided against him. But I'll give you the last word on this one. Yeah, I mean, listen, I haven't been through the 49 page indictment, but it looks it looks pretty scathing. And the idea of the Hatch Act and the judge using that against Mark Meadows while he's on stand, she questioned him. The judge questioned him and asked, "Do you think?" That the Hatch Act prevents you from being a part of the campaign or working on the campaign, Donald Trump's campaign. I'm talking about, and Mark Meadows himself said, "Yes, it prevents me." And then the judge told him, "Well, here you go. This is not some of your duties as the chief of staff. You are actually acting as an appendage or extra of the campaign, and not within your not within your your official duties as as an employee of the federal government." So I'm super excited about what this says. Of course, we know it's going to go to the 11th Circuit and then probably find its way in the Supreme Court. And who knows what happens at Donald Trump Supreme Court? But I will say this: this has to be a dagger in the heart of a lot of the other people who were looking to separate and try to stall their cases by putting it in front of judge to say, we want to move it to federal court. Yeah, I know we love to hear what our members think. And Jenk, you love a good poll. Yeah, I do. So guys, go to tyt.com slash polls, or just click the link down below if you're watching this later on YouTube or Facebook. So should Fonnie Willis have indicted the three senators for their role in Trump's scheme to steal the 2020 election? I love to do polls when, especially when a, I don't know which way you guys are gonna go, and B, in this particular case, a rare situation where I'm not sure. So uh, let's find out, uh, do the poll, love to hear from you guys. Thanks for watching The Young Turk. All right, next one, let's see, this is, uh... oh yeah, Mike, what a bitch Mike Pence is, really, just an absolute bitch. He's, uh... oh, he's speaking out against populism. What a joke. Another strain of this ideology challenges conservatism, not from the Democratic Party, but from within, for control of the Republican Party. It takes the form of what's known as populism rather than progressivism. 
But make no mistake about it. Those ideologies are fellow travelers. Bullshit. Bullshit. On the same road to ruin. Shut the fuck up. What a bitch. He's so goddamn uncharismatic. I can't help but laugh at him. (laughs) Now, Mike Pence has found yet another way to make himself even less popular among the Republican base. Remember, right now he's polling in the single digits, the upcoming Republican primary. Now, during a speech in New Hampshire, Pence confronted Republicans with an ultimatum. Either get behind conservatism or get behind populism. that's That's an easy choice, populism. According to Mike Pence, the two are mutually exclusive. Now, he's trying to scare Republican voters away from populism, and so he cites notoriously disliked people such as Bernie Sanders. As we know, everybody hates Bernie Sanders, and he's not consistently one of them. A lot of people don't like Bernie Sanders. He used to be more popular, but then he became a total bitch, and people uh, didn't like that most popular members of the Senate. Now, Mike Pence then goes on to describe what he considers the dangers of the growth of right-wing populism. Take a look. Today, a populist movement is rising in the Republican Party. The growing faction would substitute our faith in limited government and traditional values with an agenda stitched together. By little else than personal grievances and- Go fuck yourself, bullshit. Performative outrage. Bullshit. The Republican populists would uh, the Republican populists would abandon American leadership on the world stage, embracing a posture of appeasement in the face of rising threats. Bullshit. To freedom. Republican populists would blatantly erode our constitutional norms. Bullshit. Fuck constitutional norms. That's a totally made-up thing, like hate speech and all this other shit that they use uh, to try to control people. They would always say, oh, Trump, Trump is violating the norms. What the fuck does that even mean? Your norms are bullshit. A leading candidate for the Republican nomination last year called for the, quote, termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Bullshit. Close quote. While his imitators in this primary have demonstrated a willingness to brandish government power to impose their will on opponents. <laughs> oh, the, the people complaining about Joe Biden weaponizing the Department of Justice, they're actually the ones at fault. If you fell asleep while you were listening to that, you were not alone. I promise there was more than a few snores coming from that audience. Now, Mike Pence is bashing populist conservatives for saying they'd leave abortion policies to the states. And for not being sufficiently- How dare you follow the constitution. Hawkish on foreign policy, you know, deeply popular positions. (laughs) And then along with some more loud breathing, as you heard, he says Republicans have to decide between real conservatism and populism. Republican voters face a choice in this state and in every state around the nation as these primaries unfold. And I believe that choice will determine the fate of our party and the course of our nation for years to come. So today I ask my fellow Republicans this. In the days to come, will we be the party of conservatism? Or will we follow (laughs) the phone ring? Follow the siren song of populism unmoored to conservative principles. 
The future of this movement and this party belongs to one or the other, not both. He gets to the point of the speech where he's trying to really drive it home, and then someone's phone rings in the audience. It's so, so hysterical. And if you thought, it seems like Mike Pence is trying to channel Ronald Reagan, but I mean, potentially a version of Ronald Reagan immediately after he was shot, because God, what a train wreck this is. You would be right, because the title of his address is Populism versus Conservatism, Republicans' Time for Choosing. It's a callback to Ronald Reagan's pivotal 1964 speech in support of Barry Goldwater's presidential bid. And let's just quickly, because he did call Donald Trump out by his name. Let's quickly talk about this. When Donald Trump ran for president in 2016, he promised to govern as a conservative. And together we did. But it's important for Republicans to know that he and his imitators in this Republican primary make no such promise today. It seems like they forget that we succeeded because of a conservative agenda, not in spite of it. I mean, the truth is Donald Trump, along with his imitators, often sound like an echo of the progressives they seek to replace. The truth is the Republican Party did not begin on a golden escalator in 2015. Long before that day, it was forged and defended and defined as the conservative party in America, and so it should ever be. Incidentally, Mike Pence is polling below 5% and Donald Trump has consistently polled above 50% for the Republican nomination. So I'll let you all decide what's more popular, Mike Pence's rigid conservatism or Donald Trump's false populism. People want populism, Jenk, I guess even if it's a false and fraudulent version mm -hmm. of it. Bullshit, Ojama King. Yep, I know who was calling uh, it, uh, during the speech. It was the now we go to a, from Ojama King to a, to a baboon and a praying mantis. 1990s asking for their policies back. <laughs> uh, so look, uh, Mike Pence apparently doesn't know it, but he's fighting the last war. This one's already over, brother. And <clears> by <throat> the way, uh, so even though I dislike Donald Trump more than Mike Pence. And if you put me in a nightmarish scenario where I had to vote for one or the other, I'd vote for Pence because I think Trump would uh, total insanity eliminate uh, democracy in this country. Ridiculous. Having said that, um, Pence is on the lying side of this, believe it or not, even as compared to Donald Trump, because he's pretending that the conservative voters have always wanted what conservative politicians and conservative media have been saying they wanted. And even mainstream media have been saying conservative voters wanted, but it turns out they never wanted in the first place. Things like free trade, now conservatives really want companies to make even more profits by outsourcing your jobs. Do they? One of the very few positives about Donald Trump is that he exposed some of those lies. And because why, he doesn't care about ideology, he just cares about What's gonna get him more votes, what's gonna get him more money. So he would just basically test all of his policies because he has no attachment to ideology or thoughts. So he'd be like, now remember, we're everybody, we're for free trade, big free trade, boo. He's like, I mean, we hate free trade, screw free trade. Everyone's like, ah. He's like, okay, I'm going against free trade. It's made up.
So I wrote about that in my book, Justice Coming. He oh, ate, I'm sure you did. He tests all of his policies. He did it methodically, actually, before he even ran for president. So it, I can go issue after issue. Another one that he mentioned is like, we have to protect our friends across the world. That means starting offensive wars that the, certainly the left doesn't want, the independents don't want. And now we found out the right wing voters don't want it either. Meanwhile, all well, of the- you, you are doing propaganda. Uh, for the Ukraine war, so you obviously won it. American media was lying to us the whole time saying, "Oh, Republican voters love war and they can't wait to go and invade Iraq and die over there so that ExxonMobil can make more money. Well, it turns out, no, you're not right. That was never the actual conservative position, okay? The conservative positions are what a lot of times what the populists in the Republican Party are saying now. The problem with the populists in the Republican Party isn't that they are more honest. It isn't that they're closer to progressives. I mean, I mean, the great irony there is they're representing right-wing voters' interests better, but they're doing it a deeply dishonest way because it's fake populism, as Ray referred to. So I wish they were near progressive positions. They're nowhere near progressive positions, and and then he's like, oh, can you believe they're like the progressives, like Bernie Sanders? Bernie Sanders isn't among the most popular politicians. In the last, well, since 2016, I'm not sure I've ever seen a poll that had Bernie Sanders anything other than number one most. Oh, yeah. Bernie Sanders, super popular now. Liked politician in the country. Oh, yeah. Now, if you listen to mainstream media and you listen to greasy politicians like Mike Pence, they'll make you think that he's a radical extremist and unliked. It's not remotely true. Go look at the actual polls. The people love Bernie Sanders. Oh, yes. Yeah. But he's an honest, real pop. Yeah, Bernie Sanders is really honest. That's the thing that both every kind of right winger and everybody in mainstream media, that's the thing they're most afraid of because that's what the American people actually want. Speaking of which, let's go to his former co-chair, Nina Turner. <laughs> Thanks for that, Jink. I mean, I was thinking this exact same thing. He is the most popular politician in America, yeah. and he has been consistent for the last, oh, you know, totally over, consistent for 40 years. And even when Republicans don't agree with him policy-wise, they will say to you that he is genuine and that he is authentic. Oh, and by the yeah. way, today is his birthday. Oh, so we should say great. happy birthday That's to Senator wonderful. Bernard Sanders. I was thinking as uh, Pence trying my best to stay awake, Ray, too. <laughs> uh, it's like watching paint dry, seriously. I mean, but when he said, yes, he said to the Republican Party, you got to choose. I want to say, Alex, we choose populism <laughs> for 70 million. Okay, the siren call of populism has been chosen for 70 million. I bring that up because, you know, even in the last election, even though former President Donald J. Trump did not prevail, he still received over 70 million votes during that election and he won in 2016. So it is very clear where Republicans are on uh, faux populism, Jink, as you brought up. It is a fake populism. God only knows what would happen if it was real populism. And another point to that last point, which is I went to East- You would oppose it as you're doing now, because you're pretending to be grassroots progressives. Palestine, where they voted over 80% for President Donald J. Trump in my home state of Ohio, when Norfolk's train derailed, uh, putting poison in their water, their air, the food, the wildlife, everything. That's that's what happened there. And you know what those folks were asking for? More government intervention, not less. They wanted Norfolk to pay for what they 
did, not less. So Mike Pence is definitely out of touch. And yes, President Donald J. Trump did show up there talking all kinds of smack per usual, not letting the people know that some of the rules that he softened helped to cause this. That's totally made up. But the one thing about his full populism, he showed up. And President Joseph R. Biden has yet to show up in East Palestine, Ohio, where people are still suffering. Uh, he's yet to show up. Yep, and then in the general, you'll tell people to vote for him. Go up on the campaign trail anywhere. He's yet to say one single thing that would be his policy. Uh, look, guys, you can tell we're not a show that uh, it just goes, okay, we're supporting this side or that uh, side. Yes, you are. And we're not thinking. You we're do this every election cycle. You pretend you're not supporting the candidate, and then when it's time to support the candidate, you say, "Oh, you got to vote. You got to vote blue, no matter who." Telling you the reality of all these things. So, I mean, tip of the Lego hair to Mike Pence for standing up for democracy against Donald Trump. But at the same time, why is he making up what conservatives really want? Because that's what his corporate donors actually want. Everything he listed as the so-called conservative positions were actually positions that corporate America funds politicians like Mike Pence to say. So that's why populism is more popular than fake conservatism because it's actually popular and it's based on the American people as opposed to corporate interests that unfortunately dominate both parties. So it's funny, they're vehemently opposed to populism, but they pretend they're for it, it's incredible. Now. Here, Chank reads an excerpt from his book. This is, you want to talk about some sick and twisted shit? This is some sick and twisted shit. Loving somebody is making them a part of you, a part of your identity. It can take wonderful forms like loving your lifelong romantic partner. If you share enough, your lives become intertwined. Love is when that person is no longer fully them, but partly you. Arguably, the most intense form of this love is the love you have towards your kids. They are not just them, they are in some ways an extension of you. You love them with all your heart because they are you. There are also unhealthy versions of love. In an infatuation, you make someone a part of your identity in an unhealthy way. You can't stop thinking about them, you're obsessed by them. It might not be a good thing, but they have become a part of who you are. You love them even if it is not returned because you have made loving them a central part of your identity. For God's sake, Jing. What does this have to do with politics? Expanding the circle of liberty is expanding your identity to others. It's loving them. Even a guy like me who fights and often even mocks conservatives as a progressive loves them. <laughs> Cantano Habimana loves the Tootsies. Oh man, really, Chank Uger loves the people that he daily incites violence against. Oh man, talk about a fucking gaslight. It looks like the name of the book should be Gaslighting is Coming. So you right-wing Baboon Gaslighting is Coming. Assholes, I still love you. Go fuck yourself, bitch. That was awkward, right? It was for me too. But it's okay, sometimes we have to be strong to hear a message that sounds soft. <clears throat> the reason it feels uncomfortable is that it feels like we're opening up too much when we are still enemies. But at some point, if we're going to heal, we have to be vulnerable to each other. <laughs> first step of trust is the hardest. Uh, there's not a circumstance on this earth that I would ever trust uh, you or any commie. Okay, fine, some of you vomited. I almost did too. Clean up and let's keep going. 
I don't want the left wing to get me wrong. There's no way in the world we should just trust conservatives now and let them keep their power. They don't exactly have a great track record of sharing that power or extending love back to us. No, we must defeat them thoroughly and then reach out to bring them into our wagons once the <laughs> battle is over. During the battle, you should never be naive or make unilateral concessions. You build trust after you win, not a second before. But Hopefully, they treat your wagons like you do the O'Driscolls in Red Dead Redemption 2. But as after World War II, the moral and the smart thing to do is to make your enemies your allies. Yes, to love them and make them your own. I know conservatives have plenty of love in their hearts, but it's directed toward people inside the wagons. They view their family and their community as part of who they are. So they fight for them, sometimes in unhealthy ways. Progressives, on the other hand, believe that more people are part of their community. Different races, ethnicities, backgrounds, faiths, cultures, and even countries. We fight for everyone because everyone is us. We expand in not just the circle of liberty, but the circle of love. We fight for them because we love them, because they are us. Absolute bullshit. Insane gaslighting bullshit. Um, so now his book supposedly is coming out September 19th. However, many are saying the most important book ever written about liberalism is coming out on September 14th. That's uh, what a bigot would say from the soft gentleman. It's a 24 page book on how to be a good liberal. And again, next Thursday during the live stream, we will release it to the audience for free. What a bigot would say. And then after that, uh, we'll, we'll release it. Uh, we'll try to get it published on uh, Amazon. Also, I think we'll be able to do revisions as time passes and stuff. Um, so we'll probably we'll probably add to it. We'll probably do different versions and whatnot. But uh, the first version will be out uh, next Thursday, September 14th. Now, Cenk's book has been on pre-order for three years. So it's very possible that it gets postponed again, but we'll see. But what a fucking gaslighting bunch of bullshit that was. Now, speaking of gaslighting, this indictment of Hunter Biden, this alleged indictment of Hunter Biden, I'll believe it when I see it, but this is going to be used if it happens. They're going to say, look, aren't we merciful? Look how even-handed the Biden administration is. But there is a key factor that should not be, ever be overlooked, which is Hunter Biden is guilty of the crimes he's being charged for. They're making up bullshit to charge conservatives and to charge people like Donald Trump. That is a huge difference. So here are them coming. The president's the son indictment. will likely be indicted by the end of the month on a felony gun charge. Special counsel David Weiss's blunt warning came in a new court filing involving Hunter Biden's alleged illegal purchase of a gun in Delaware when he was addicted to drugs. The Justice Department has announced that special counsel David Weiss does in fact plan to seek an indictment against President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, on gun-related charges. He's planning on doing so by the end of the month. Now, this follows news of Hunter Biden's plea deal involving the felony gun charges essentially falling apart. Now, Hunter Biden's gun-related legal troubles relate to a firearm that he purchased back in October of 2018. Look, these details are pretty important. 
I didn't even realize until literally today because it wasn't widely reported that the statute of limitations on that gun related charge is set to expire like in October no shit. of this year, meaning no next shit. month. But Republicans are dead set on essentially really aggressively pursuing this prosecution. Right. It's the Republicans fault for wanting Hunter Biden indicted for something that he did. There's been a lot of political pressure for David Weiss to pursue prosecution of Hunter Biden and essentially refuse a plea deal even though he initially agreed to the plea deal. Nonetheless, this will essentially be a decision by the end of the month depending on what the grand jury decides. The Speedy Trial Act requires that the government obtain the return of an indictment by a grand jury by Friday, September 29th, 2023 at the earliest. The government intends to seek the return of an indictment in this case before that date, the special counsel's office said in a court filing. Prosecutors have not said how many charges would be brought. However, they say, quote, we expect a fair resolution of the sprawling five-year investigation. I'm sorry, this is the attorney for Hunter Biden, Abe Lowell. We expect a fair resolution of the sprawling five-year investigation into Mr. Biden that was based on the evidence and the law, not outside political pressure. Unfortunately, it does appear as though the the outside political pressure is working for David Weiss or working against David Weiss. Weiss is still weighing whether to charge Hunter Biden with tax crimes. He said in a court filing last month that a trial is now in order on the tax offenses and that he may bring tax charges possibly in California or Washington DC. This has to do with the fact that Biden Hunter Biden failed to pay his taxes on time. He later had to pay $2 million to the federal government to settle his debts along with penalties and interest. So Cenk, you're about to go off. I'm gonna let you have it, go go for it. Yeah, okay, so let me be clear. First of all, if you have evidence that he did illegal foreign lobbying or any type of corruption, charge him. Uh, well, they, they're not going to for most of it. Charge him with it this and give him 20 years. This is going to ultimately, he's going to get a slap on the wrist and they're trying to take pressure off of Joe Biden. No problem at all. And if you got him and it's true, I'm happy to have him get put away. I've had enough of corruption in Washington. But you're not charging him with that. You're charging him with horse crap. Yeah, guys, horse crap just got gun charged. He should obviously be able to get away with that. These charges are the most microscopic charges I have ever seen yeah, in my life. Just had, you know, rappers serving three, three to ten years over it. No big deal. There's no way he gets uh, charged with these if he's not the son of the president. Right. And so it's persecution now. These aren't screaming like banshees. So let me jump in because look, when the plea deal fell apart, I understood where Republicans were coming from because it was- So gun charge for lying on an application, that Cenk is outraged that he's even being prosecuted. Enrique Tario getting 22 years for sending texts, oh, that's totally fine. It's going to essentially give Hunter Biden blanket immunity on anything, any other potential crime he might have committed up until this point, right? So if there was some illegal business dealings with foreign agents, if there was some illegal lobbying taking place, right? He would have essentially had immunity from that and I even had a problem with that. However, however, it's important to keep in mind that special counsel David Weiss 
has investigated whether there was oh, any yeah. shady dealing. Guys, Weiss says there's nothing to see there. It's totally fine. Case closed. It's taking place between Hunter Biden and foreign agents. He looked into uh, obviously the felony tax evasion, which uh, he is uh, dealing with as we speak. Illegal foreign lobbying, didn't find anything. Yeah, Mo guys, nothing. Don't even worry about it. Money laundering and other matters largely nah, tied to Hunter Biden's overseas business deals. Nothing to see there at all. Investigated that, has failed to come up with any evidence showing any wrongdoing in that No evidence of wrongdoing. Guard. No. So, so now I totally agree with you. These are, look, we live in America. All sorts of people who shouldn't be buying guns, buy guns all the time. When they get caught, I, I'd be shocked if they even get prosecuted for this. No, this is oh, yeah, there's not a bunch of people that have done time over this same charge. Definitely a politically motivated prosecution. Guys, it's a politically motivated prosecution. Yeah. 100% political. And the Republicans. So, what they're doing to Trump, not political. What they're doing here, political. Amazing. Can you get more disgusting than these people? I don't think you can. I really don't think you can. Republicans are always like, oh, don't make things political in the courts. You guys asked for this to be political. And now it's. I've never seen a, a, a prosecution this political in my entire life. <laughs> so let's let me just be clear about what those charges are. So he lied on his uh, gun application about whether he was currently doing drugs or addicted to drugs. How many people have lied on their right, gun guys, application? It's okay to lie on the gun application. That's fine. Now it's not okay for Donald Trump to uh, have a have a, a an agreement with Stormy Daniels. Um, what are those called? Those, uh, you know, the uh, the agreement to shut the fuck up uh, is what I'll call it. No, that's he needs to go to jail for ten years for that. But it's totally fine to lie on federal forms. It's totally fine. You know, the argument also you'll eventually see it if they actually get into the bribery. Is I, I've seen it already. Um, some of the commentators they were like, oh, it was only five million dollars. It's not even that much money. Oh, then it's okay. Bribes are okay if Democrats do them if they're just for little little small amounts of money that they're not that they didn't smoke weed or were on any other kind of drugs ever at all when they're buying the guns. I've got it in the millions. Mm. Millions of Americans have done that. Did we prosecute all of them? No, we prosecute almost none of them. Now, the one uh, that's a lie. Ones we prosecute are because they have they then take the gun and they do another major crime with it. And then you could prosecute for the underlying crime. Okay, okay, he did a bank robbery with the gun. Oh, by the way, it turns out he was also high and lied on his form. We'll also add those charges, right? That happens. This charge by itself is nearly unprecedented. Unprecedented. And by the way, especially with Kodak Black, unprecedented. Republicans, be careful what you wish for. You're oh, really motherfucker, do you know how past we are? Do you know how? Pa what do you mean, be careful what you wish for? Piece of shit fucker, your side is arresting us and has been for months. Be careful what you wish for. You are causing people to want to see tribunals. Okay? Now, I don't know how many. I'm one person, okay? I, I give my analysis what I'd like to see. I'd like there to be tribunals. I would like to see people like Cenk Uger criminally prosecuted uh, over the uh, COVID and vaccine propaganda. I think you can make a solid case against that among all of them the whole the entire regime media apparatus whether it be on youtube or msnbc i think there should be tribunals for all of them now 
I'm one person. I don't know how many people agree with me on that. Um, but if a lot of people agree on that, then they might be in a situation. So, But this idea, be careful what you wish for. You've already pushed things so far that if through some miracle Donald Trump gets control and starts actually kicking ass effectively, you're going to deserve every bit of it. There is no warning to be given now. Oh, conservatives, be careful. This is, that, this is completely insane. This would be like if there's an analogy where you, you come into your house and, and, uh, and some sort of criminal has, uh, you know, <clears throat> vandalized your house, maybe killed a family member and is in the process of raping another uh, family member and you have a firearm and you point that firearm at the criminal and he goes, hey, hey, be careful what you wish for. Wait, we're well past this. What do you mean? What do you mean? Be careful what you wish for. You're crazy want this you want it's not that we want this this is what's happening the only question is are we going to get proper vengeance that's what we're waiting to see your side has crossed first of all not only has your side crossed all the lines you're continuing to cross them more and more daily the only question is are we going to be able to get revenge are we going to get righteous retribution? That's the whole thing for the next few years that we're going to find out. Are we getting righteous retribution or not? That's it. But the idea that, oh, be careful what you wish for, you're fucking crazy, dude. Want this? Anything you filled out wrong on a gun form and we're going to put all of you in jail? You're already doing that. You're already doing that with Donald Trump and his associates and with Trump voters. Go ahead, I dare you. I dare you. Well, if, if the problem is the problem is there's no Republican willing to do uh, the right thing. So it's also possible they get away with all of this. Let an ally of mine become president. Go ahead and lie on a form and let me see what I do to you. Yeah. Oh, now Cenk Uger's making threats. Now he's threatening, he's threatening violence if we prosecute any Democrat for committing a crime. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, it really does set... Sounds like stochastic terrorism to me. A dangerous precedent that could backfire on... It, it, what do you mean? The precedent's retard. The precedent has already been set with Donald Trump and all of the people that you're currently arresting. The Republican Party in ways that I don't think they're thinking about right now. Of course and not, because their their eyes are like glazed over like hatred, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, I hate them so much. Idiots, look at what he's charging. It would affect you 10 times more. Oh. What do you mean? It's already affecting. It's over. Dude. You act, Cenk's talking like this is six years ago. He's completely delusional. 100 times more than if it would affect the left. You guys have a lot more guns. But no, no, blinded by rage. Retard, the ATF is raiding people every day. Law-abiding gun owners, federal uh, firearm, uh, was it licensees or, or whatever? They're, they're raiding them. They're, they're holding them at gunpoint and having them uh, give up their, their FFL. It's so like, what are you talking about? Blinded. And the tax charge. He didn't pay his taxes. Yeah, how dare you charge someone for not paying their taxes? They said, hey, you didn't pay your taxes because you were high on crack. Give me the goddamn money. He's like, oh, okay. He pays the He didn't pay it. So you're just, again, you're making stuff up. He didn't pay it. Because at that point, immediately. Uh, bullshit. That's totally made up. And pays the fines. 
bullshit. Do you know how many Americans didn't pay their taxes on time? Millions. Uh, first of all, it, that's not the same thing. Uh, he, he engaged in tax evasion. He, he wasn't just late. Millions, we're gonna charge them all? We never charge that. Well, uh, again, well, again, being charged with being late is completely different than what you're talking about. People like Wesley Snipes have gone to jail. You didn't give a fuck about that. Yeah, but no, no, no. The Republicans have to have their pound of flesh. And this David Weiss idiot is going out there and doing a political prosecution. Hey, by the way, incompetent loser. If you have corruption on Hunter Biden, we're all ears, we're all open to it. Yep. I hate corruption. Yep. No, you're not, you deny all of it. Uh, we've had the Hunter, uh, Hunter Biden laptop for what, two, three years? And you ignore all of it. You pretend it's just about a penis. But apparently you don't have it. So instead you're gonna do this for your own slimy career. So the Republican Party and in particular, you know, the House committees that are hell bent on trying to impeach Joe Biden because they're trying to connect Joe Biden to Hunter Biden, right? The big allegation here is that Joe Biden sold his influence to foreign businessmen. That's demonstrable. Um, in, in return for cash, allegedly he's taking millions of dollars and that Hunter Allegedly. Hunter Biden is really like the middle guy who's, who's making these business deals happen. They have failed to provide a shred of evidence on that. Uh, that is a blatant, hilarious lie. And that is what they are planning on attempting to impeach Joe Biden on. So that is part of the reason why they are so aggressive in pressuring special counsel David Weiss to go after Hunter Biden with the prosecution over the tax charges and the gun charges. But what they fail to understand is if there have now been multiple investigations, by by the way, the two House committees investigating Hunter Biden and, and potential criminality by Hunter Biden, they failed to find a shred of evidence. Again, blatant lie, absolute hilarious lie. It's on that. And then you have David Weiss, special counsel investigating Hunter Biden specifically on those issues as well, Bullshit. failing to find a shred of evidence on that. If they're gonna keep pushing for this, and if they're hell bent on literally pursuing impeachment, they're going forward with that, Cenk. I oh no, you know what, that's hilarious. They actually have legitimate reason to impeach Biden. Uh, and they're gonna, they're gonna shriek and re uh, meanwhile, they fully supported impeaching Trump over total bullshit. I don't think they realize how much they are harming themselves. What are you talking about? You're already arresting them. What do you mean? Politically, it's well, yes and no. So I think you're right that independents are getting totally sick of this Republican extremism. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure. Right. Mm -hmm. It's showing up in the yeah the independents. They love Joe Biden. They think the economy's great. The uh, polls. And it showed up in the 2022 midterms, and the Republicans are still effing around and trying to find out. Okay, so that's true. I think they're gonna find on the, out. Yeah, well, they might. But on the other hand, the poll came out just a day or two ago. 61% of Americans think that Joe Biden might be connected to Hunter Biden's oh. cheesy foreign deals. Isn't that interesting? Oh, you're right about that. And that is- And that's a disaster. It is a disaster. Right, so it completely refutes what you just said. Amazing. For- This is amazing commentary. Joe Biden, because it's just, people are wrong. I mean- No, they're not, dumb whore. Joe Biden has gone to pretty extreme lengths to avoid any meddling in absolutely made up preposterous in this investigation into his son what a whore. this is the new and improved young turks 
as she said when she went on the Sitch and Adam show and they licked her ass up and down. Oh, we're going to be doing things differently. Oh, really? This is the same absolute regime propaganda that it's always been. Right? Yeah. That's why there's a special counsel involved, right? A special counsel that Republicans at first absolutely. Yeah, Jack Smith, totally independent. Loved and preferred, right? Oh, yeah. And now all of a sudden they've soured on him because David Weiss isn't a magician. He can't pull tricks out of a hat and say, ta da! There's no evidence of oh, Hunter Biden. Yeah. Guys, no evidence at all. Engaging in illegal business deals and yeah, having his um, no. father be involved in those illegal that deals. didn't happen at all. But this is what you guys want, so I'm just going to make it up. He can't do that, right? But nonetheless, like I just think that part of the reason why those poll results are what they are is because Joe Biden is just not good at making a case for himself. He's not good at Well, he can't talk. He has dementia. At it. None of the Democrats are good at it. Exactly. Look, Hunter Biden is a block of cheese. Everything he does is cheesy. I got no love for him. The reason no, you're just vehemently defending him and about to cry over the indictment. <laughs> You'll never hear that on MSNBC and CNN and, and, and New York Times, etc. is because Joe Biden hates it when people criticize his son. So mainstream media and all of Washington, like it's not that they don't write about him, they write about him plenty, but they're like, they're gentle around Hunter Biden, right? I'm not gentle around Hunter Biden. He doesn't know anything about Ukrainian gas. He doesn't know anything about art. He's not well, an artist. Yeah. He's a total. Yeah, he is an artist, a scam artist. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So he's a block of cheese. I can't. I, he might actually be an artist. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think they're money laundering through the art, but you know, I think he might actually be able to paint. But you know, with that said, if he if he was like a regular person without the Biden name, he probably would be struggling very much. Uh, but yeah, I think it's highly likely. Two things can be true: he can be an artist, whether you think he's good or not. Like I don't give a fuck about art. Whether he's good or not, that's a whole other story. But uh, he could be a person that can paint, and also they could be money laundering through the art. Stand the guy; he's got massive problems, right? But. Show me a piece of evidence. There's plenty of evidence. You deny it and lie about it nonstop. That connects him to Joe Biden. Not only have you not done that. Blatant lie. You've done the opposite. They're like, the laptop. You notice that they're not talking too much about the laptop. Anymore. They've talked about the laptop over and over again. They continue to talk about the laptop. Anymore. Because in the laptop, it says, we can't promise anything because we can't get my dad to do anything. Again, total made up lie. Just made up baboon delusion world. For us. Right. And by the way, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, DNC, the entire Democratic Party. Like we're the only ones that are talking about that. Why don't you say that to the American people? Well, first of all, what's hilarious is they even, I mean, they're nonstop liars. They have not even told that lie. You made that lie up on your own, that the laptop vindicates Joe Biden. That's hilarious. Why are you so incompetent? Because they're not as dumb as you, retard. Even they don't tell lies that stupid. And these are people that tell very stupid lies, but not baboon stupid. Chank is on his own with the baboon stupid. I think they're operating under the assumption that if they, if they address it, it's adding more attention to it. Yeah. And so they're hoping that by ignoring it, it'll, I guess, just go away or things will work themselves out. But in terms of, look, there's the actual judicial system and our courts, and then there's the court of public opinion. And it seems as though they're completely oblivious to the impact that the 
terrible, you know, the terrible perception in the court of public opinion will lead to, right? Like the terrible results in the election, all that. It seems like they're totally oblivious to that. But look, honestly, one of the other areas where Joe Biden made some pretty terrible mistakes is, how about you don't, <laughs> look, we know that Hunter Biden served on the board of Burisma because of who his father is. If I were if I were Joe Biden, I'd be like, no, no, this is not gonna look good. I don't think you should do this, right? But it, okay, fine, that's done. The whole art thing now. The art thing's outrageous. I, if I were Joe Biden, I would take Hunter Biden aside and I'd be like, listen, bro, doesn't look good, doesn't look good. Let's not do this art thing, okay? It doesn't look good because it. you have wealthy people buying this trash art that doesn't mean anything. The perception that it's meant to influence. It's not a perception, they're clearly influencing. You're just a dumb whore. It's amazing the lengths they will go to, but this is what they do. They defend everything their side does. Whether their side murders Trump supporters, whether they indict them for bullshit reasons, whether they launder money through uh, art, whether they groom children, whether they mutilate children, there's nothing they will not defend. Joe Biden is there, and I think that that is a legitimate perception. Yeah, I guess he can't control Hunter Biden. Uh, and But yeah, it looks like there's nothing illegal. Total lie. But it looks terrible. Yep. And so I hate it. I don't. I, oh, yeah. And look, they're two different people. Hunter Biden is not in government. Uh, Don Jr. wasn't in government. And so here, by the way, as I've said a thousand times, finally, Jamie Raskin has begun to make this point on television. But Jared Kushner did $2 billion in corruption. And how do you, what do you mean he did $2 billion in corruption? What was the corruption? Explain the corruption. You're just claiming it's corruption. He ran our foreign policy. That's right. Our own Secretary of State said, I'm not even the Secretary of State, Jared Kushner is. That's right. Okay, so Donald Trump did massive, massive family corruption. Totally made up. Yet the Democrats are like, uh, drool. Totally. Uh, no, you're so right about that. So you want to prosecute these guys and you got the evidence, we're here for it. No, you're not. You deny it. But you, they don't have it on Hunter in terms of connecting him to Joe Biden. Total lie. Ridiculous lie. Or connecting him to actual specific acts of illegal corruption or foreign lobbying, etc. Last thing I'll say is sometimes people say, "Oh yeah, Jake, I thought you guys were for gun control and all of a sudden you want to let him skate on this. No, I would do a thousand things on gun control. I would do, I would ban the assault weapons. I would do the- Not a real thing. The universal background checks, etc. There are background checks. But would I actually prosecute conservatives on this or the IRS, the tax charge here? Yes, you would. You're going along with all the prosecutions right now. Hell no. That's, again, blatant lie. You're going along with all of the prosecutions currently happening. There's not a single one out of all of them, whether it be Trump, whether it be any of the people uh, arrested around him, whether it be any of the Michigan electors, whether it be the guy that posted memes, you support the prosecution of every single one of them. Hell no, because I actually want to do gun control. I don't care if you put the wrong license plate on your form when you are buying a gun. I don't, that's, we have so much bigger fish to fry. I would never prosecute that because unlike everyone else in politics, we're fair. You're not at all fair, you're delusional. Thanks for watching. Delusional and dishonest. Um, oh, here, here's, here, here's them defending, is this, who is this, Pacman? Okay, here's 
let's let's see. Here is a clear example of a total bullshit prosecution. Okay, Peter Navarro has now been found guilty of contempt of Congress. Here is an opportunity for Chenk to make good on what he just said, that he wouldn't go along with any of these bullshit prosecutions. All right, well, let's see what happens here. Consequences today for someone who was so blatant in his effort to stonewall Congress and their efforts to investigate the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Former Trump aide Peter Navarro has been found guilty on two counts of contempt of Congress. That's right, Trump's former trade advisor has been found guilty. I had mentioned earlier this week that the trial was expected to be a speedy one. I didn't realize it was gonna be this speedy, but he was in fact found guilty of two misdemeanor counts of contempt. This followed his decision to essentially ignore a subpoena from the special house committee investigating January 6th and the Trump campaign's attempts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Now, Peter Navarro had bragged about the plot in his own memoir and about a few months prior to his subpoena, he had told Rolling Stone in an interview that no, I don't think Congress has any interest in subpoenaing me or having a conversation with me because what I have to say contradicts their narrative. About a month later, they decided to subpoena him and he ignored that subpoena and claimed that he was protected under executive privilege because Trump had urged him to ignore the subpoena. Now there was no evidence of that. Trump also never the subpoenas coming from the January 6th committee were not valid because that committee was not formed to legislate. And so if you, if you don't form a committee to legislate, uh, to, to make legislation, then you can't subpoena. So the whole thing, same with Bannon's, was completely illegitimate. Never said that publicly. There was no document indicating that there was executive privilege involved. And so as a result, uh, the case was not dropped and he did stand trial. So now that he's been found guilty on two misdemeanor counts, uh, it's important to know that it is likely that if he fails to appeal this case, Jenk, he will serve a one month sentence because there is a minimum mandatory one month sentence for both counts, although they can be served together. So it has to be at least one month, but he does plan to appeal. And we already know a sentence that someone else got for this because Steve Bannon was convicted of the same thing and he got four months. Now he's appealing, so he hasn't gone to prison yet. But there's a pretty good chance that, that Bannon and Navarro actually go to prison. Now, you could say, hey, one month, four months in prison, whatever it winds up being is not that big a deal. Yeah, guys, one to four months in prison, no big deal. No, That's totally fine. Or you could say, hey, it's a pretty big deal to go to prison for four months and have that on your record. So, you know, I leave that interpretation up to you. And it's a contempt of Congress. I think that's about the right. Uh, sentence for that. Uh, but my number one uh, thing that I love about the story is. So he loves it. He loves it. Isn't that fascinating? Hey, it turns out the Republicans are not magically above the rule of law. It is amazing. Yeah, they have this. So now it's the rule of law. Smug, ridiculous attitude that, like, well, of course I could break any law I like. And then if you charge me, I'll say, oh, it's all political. No, you don't get to break the law just because you're a right winger or a left winger or anything. No, you're unless you say, of course, if it's Joe Biden or Hunter Biden, then it's a political prosecution.
accountable. No one's above the law except Hunter Biden, because Cenk just argued that Hunter Biden shouldn't be charged with anything related to the laws that he broke that Cenk acknowledges. The goddamn law. So the fact that they convicted him today is a relief. It makes me feel a tiny bit more, mm. uh, you know, as it makes me feel a little bit like I have more faith in oh, the American justice system. Persecuting your political opponents gives him more faith. And by the way, so right wingers, of course, immediately jump in with, you know, oh yeah, what about, right? The what aboutisms. Okay, fine, who cares? They're like, Eric Holder did the same thing. How come they didn't go after him? They should have. And I've never defended yeah. Eric Holder. Oh, bull fucking shit. Eric Holder violated many parts of the Constitution. Bullshit. What's next? Who cares? Like, we don't care about this partisan stupid stuff. What we care about is. You don't get to break the law over and over again. Unless you're Hunter Biden. Well, I'm one of the elites and they didn't charge one of the other elites. They shouldn't charge me. And by the way, it's not really a like, yeah, it's a Republican thing because they're now doing it in dozens of times, right? But it's more of an elite thing. Yeah. Because the January 6th rioters didn't get to say it, right? They're all going to prison. They're going to prison 18 years, 22 years, etc. It's only the elites in Washington who are like, how you try to apply the law to me, and I, I'm going to just talk real quick about his absurd defense that it, that I love that it didn't work. His number one, so he's talking about executive privilege, right? But the judge is like, okay, yeah, but we're in a court of law, so where's the executive privilege? Show me the evidence. Show of me the where executive it is. Privilege, exactly. Yeah, did Trump order it? Show me the document that did that says it, right? Oh, we don't have it. Well, then you're guilty. Okay, so that's point one. Point two is they're like. The prosecution never showed that this was willful on his part not to show up. They never even showed you where he was on that day. And I love what the prosecution did. They got up and they're like, who cares where he was? What matters is where he wasn't. He was ordered to go to Congress and testify and he didn't go to Congress and testify. But there's two elements of deception there. One is what the jury got passed, which is, yeah, why are you distracting me with whether he was fishing or he was at Walmart, right? I, I don't care. He got an order to show up and he didn't. If I did that, I'd be going to prison. So I'm gonna send this guy to prison, right? Mm -hmm. But the second part of it that's amusing is, look at the liar, Peter Navarro. All that tough guy talk of like, oh, they don't wanna subpoena me. <laughs> they don't wanna hear what I have to say. And then they spin him, as Anna told you, and, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, don't subpoena me, right? And then now he goes to the court and he says, well, I didn't necessarily not show up because it was willful. I mean, maybe I made a mistake, maybe I overlooked it. But dude, you're on camera bragging about how you won't show up and how you're such a tough guy, you don't have to follow the law. So which one is it? Were you lying in public or were you lying in the courtroom? And of course, his lawyer lies on his behalf. But beautiful day in America, none of those lies work. A beautiful day in America. Anytime a Trump- I will, if somehow through a miracle, uh, there's extreme accountability and people like Chank Uger get tried for crimes against humanity because of the COVID and vaccine propaganda, I will call that a beautiful day in America. That'll be phenomenal. Acolyte goes into court, their BS gets so exposed, you can smell it from three states away. Because on TV, blah, 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 oh yeah, live crackers, mules. They go into court. They're like, court, every judge, including Trump, Trump appointed judges, they're like, cool, cool, cool. Where's the evidence? And they're like, oh, I don't know. We were just making it up. Well, you go to prison if you were making it up. So there you go.
Yeah, and I, I look, I, I think you've said everything that needs to be said about this. Uh, but I will just go back to what I believe is the most important point uh, in your commentary, which is to say, the rule of law is important. Yes, it's very important, except of course, when Hunter Biden breaks the law, like you just argued that he should be able to. And it is important yes. to hold members of both parties accountable yes, when they course. are shown to engage in wrongdoing right. or potential criminality. Mm -hmm. Obviously, everyone is innocent until proven guilty, but the idea that you know members of one party should be prosecuted, but members of our party or our preferred politicians shouldn't be prosecuted is ridiculous. You literally just argued that in the last video, Birdface. Literally the last video. Even my absolute favorite politicians, if they engage, favorite politicians, that's really difficult to uh, uh, determine these days. But let's say even someone like Bernie Sanders, laughable to consider it, but let's say he did commit some sort of crime. You or would is defend it him as vehemently as you just defended Hunter Biden. Accused of committing some sort of crime. I don't care how much I like him as a person or a politician. I don't care how much I like his policies. What I care about is ensuring that we have a system in place that people are held accountable by. But and you don't think everyone should be held accountable because again, you just defended Hunter Biden. You acknowledged he committed both tax and gun crimes and you still said he shouldn't have been prosec uh, prosecuted. There isn't a double standard. There is an obvious double standard. Depending on whether um, you know, you're part of a certain political party or if you're a member of the elite. So I am happy to see this uh, day. I'm happy to see Good. that. I'm glad because we're all taking note. Our institutions still work to to some extent, mm. and I agree with you about Eric Holder as well. Uh, there shouldn't be a double standard based on political ideology or political party. These people yeah. are such gaslighting hypocrites. And last thing on it, guys, if two things can be true at the same time, it could be that the establishment is hypocritical, and I think they are. Like Eric Holder, blatant violation of the Constitution when uh, he said that you you don't need judicial review to do extrajudicial killings by the executive branch. If Trump had done that, mainstream media would have ripped his face off and they would have prosecuted him. They would have, you would have gone along with it. Done everything. But the beloved Eric Holder and the beloved Barack Obama did it. So not a- And you went along with it. Peep, not a peep. So the people on MSNBC, liars, okay? Yeah, it's also you. They would never bring that stuff up and they would defend Eric Holder. They're like, oh yeah, of course the president should be able to murder people without going to the courts, right? You liars, you hypocrites. Okay, at the same time, Republicans, I thought you were for law and order. So is your idea, no, our elites should not be able, should be able to break the law any they, they simply are arguing you should not make up bullshit to imprison people, that's the argument, it's very simple. Time they like to. Well, that ain't populist, man, and that ain't conservative. That's just you saying, I want to cheat. Mm -hmm. So I'm not having That's it for what me you're doing. Side. That's what you're doing, fucker. All right. Um, how, this David Pakman, how can you rescue victims of right wing propaganda? Amazing. Why don't we go next to Vincent from Montreal? Vincent, welcome. And Vincent, we've got you cranked up all the way, and I can barely hear you, so definitely try to speak up. That's marginally better. So recently I had an experience at work concerning the war in Ukraine. I had a co-worker. Oh my god, a co-worker disagreed with him about the war in Ukraine? Oh my god. Kind of falls for 
Sure. So I, I guess what I'm, my, my question is, is how, how would you deal with uh, someone who's kind of fallen for right-wing kind of news uh, that just believes everything other people say? And I think with someone like that, you have to start just by getting them to maybe question their beliefs and where they're getting their information. So like for why wouldn't you just take head on the point that they're making and try to show him evidence that he's wrong? Give me an example of what he comes and says to you. Like what's a belief so, he said? I mean he was saying like complete bonkers stuff about how like you know like the bio labs in Ukraine. There are bio labs in Ukraine. Victoria Newland testified in Congress that there were biolabs. And stuff I've never heard before, like how Zelensky was somehow installed by Putin. Mm. Really bonkers stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think if, I, if someone came to me with that, and, you know, Sam Harris has talked about the fact that it's really hard dealing with these people sometimes. Oh, it's really hard dealing with these people that won't go along with our insane lies. Because they might like present you with 10 different things and you might only know about eight of them. So then like two of those things that they say. Bitch, show me one of you motherfuckers that knows about one. Give me a break. Hang out there and you've been unable to, to re re rebut Give them. me one, fucker. I mean, it can, it can sort of become a problem. As Sam Harris describes it, it's, you can easily set a bunch of small fires and it can be difficult to put all of them out. But what I would say is something along the lines of, oh, uh, Putin handpicked Zelensky. Got it. Where did you, where did you hear that? How did, where did you learn that? And presumably they would say, oh, I saw it on X or Y or something along those lines. And then you could say, oh. Notice he didn't pick the biolabs example. Is that a trustworthy news source? And then they might say, yeah, I think it is. And you say, well, why do you think it's trustworthy? How do you know if a news source is trustworthy? And so the whole goal of commies is to just get you to obey MSNBC and view all of the other sources as not trustworthy. I would just, it's a very long process, Vincent, but I would open it with something like that. Yeah, especially, you know, when I try to confront them about He's confronting co-workers about where they get their news from. Can you imagine? That's like insane. You confront them over who gives a fuck. Mind your business. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm like, so, so, like these people, I'm just shrugged at them. Like, oh, well, you don't know anything. So it, it's, it's kind of hard to have a good faith conversation. It is hard. Oh, a good faith conversation. It is hard. I, and, and if that's the case, I would back up even further and I would go, okay, so it doesn't sound like you're ready to talk about whether a news source is trustworthy yet. Let's back up a little bit. How do you think that people who disagree about something can have a good conversation and get them to like back up to that if you have to and get them to say, well, I think we should avoid personal attacks, not interrupt each other. You know, maybe you get them to establish something like that, but it, it, I'm not going to pretend this is easy, Vincent. This is really tough with some of these people. They've been so propagandized that it is really difficult. Total projection. All right. Man, that fucking volume was brutal. Oh, no, they're stealing my TikToks. Oh, David, that's what you deserve. Well, you deserve more than that, but we'll we have a voice. Take number. small things for that now. number is two one nine two David P. Here's a caller who noticed something fishy 
is happening on my TikTok. Listen to this. Hi, David. Um, love the show. So I was on TikTok and my algorithm served me a video that it Let's looked see. like it was Vermeer's profile, oh. but when I looked at it, it said David Parkman show. Yeah. Um, oh, someone made a David Parkman account and stole David's TikToks. They have like 15,000 <laughs> followers, so I just wanted to let you know it's you have some imitators on TikTok. Thank you. There are fake David Pakman channels on TikTok. Forget about 15,000 followers. There are some that have 100,000 followers. We have done everything. The, these people are stealing my content and monetizing it. Okay. We've done everything we can. Michael Rappaport, the actor, is following one of the fake David Pakman accounts. Good. We report the individual videos. Mm. We report the channels for impersonation. Every single report is ignored. Oh, boo-hoo. Affected by TikTok. Boo-hoo. Look at this financial persecution David has to undergo. If anyone out there has some way to help us deal with this, it is a very serious problem. Mm. And quite literally... They tricked Michael Rappaport into fun. He would love to be following the real David Pakman show TikTok. Instead, he's following some fake account. If anybody out there has a contact at of TikTok. Of course he would. He's a fellow homosexual. Or can help us in any other way. Please let me know. We have a fantastic. Amazing. <clears throat> uh, why are right wingers obsessed with birth rate? Yeah. Why do people care about the species and civilization? That's selfish. Let's go to the phones at the Discord of The David Pakman Show, which you can find at davidpakman.com slash Discord. It is free, completely free. And we are going to start today with Ben from San Diego. Ben from San Diego, welcome to The David Pakman Show. What's on your mind today? What can I do for you? Ben, you've got to accept my invitation in order for me to be able to hear you. Please, don't start us off on such a sour note. It would be so sad. Hi, David. This is Ben. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud oh, and clear. Another obviously masculine individual. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on an idea I had, uh, which was uh, related to the Supreme Court. Okay. And my thought is that the sort of the donor class of the uh, conservative right in the U.S. are alarmed by changing demographics. And in addition to fewer people, um, uh, you know, voting along conservative lines, they may also be concerned about seeing uh, Gen Z and millennials um, prudently having fewer children. Mm. And, Why would that and, be a concern to them? Well, I'm thinking that they're concerned about not having a sufficient uh, reserve army of labor uh, for the future. And that that might be a motivation. Ben? And Coney Barrett onto the, onto the Supreme Court. Yeah, you, you sort of blanked out there. It might be a motivation for what? 
might be a motivation for the overturning of Roe, uh, among other things. Oh, in other words, overturn Roe, fewer people have abortions, more kids are born, you, you build more of a labor supply. Yes. Yeah, I mean, listen, when you talk to some of these right-wingers about Social Security, one of the things that they will say is they will just kind of recognize the demographic reality that due to baby boomer retirements and expected continued retirements, there are fewer people working to build the Social Security Trust Fund and more and more people receiving benefits. But usually they say that because they want to kill Social Security. And so oh. the, the plan that you are talking or privatize it, the, the idea you're talking about would be we want to save Social Security and fix it. Therefore, we want more people born so that they can work. It just runs a little bit counter to what they've said they actually want to see happen with Social Security. Nevertheless, it is true that the right recognizes that there is a demographic problem for them. But the demographic problem they seem to realize exists is younger and younger voters are less and less likely to vote for Republicans. But what it's led them to yeah. do is to try to figure out ways to just steal elections. Uh, total ridiculous projection. You're looking, ah. you're thinking about this very thoughtfully, but I think that they've already figured out their approach, which is make it really difficult to vote in democratic areas, try to take elections that we actually lost anyway. That seems to be their approach right now. Not, you know, birth a whole bunch of people that then can work and we can convince to vote for us. I just see no evidence that that's what they're doing. I see, okay. Uh, thank you. My pleasure. Great to hear from you. There is Ben. I run a business. Oh, you run. Well, I guess that's uh, <clears throat> something you could call it. All right, David Pacman put you in jail. All right, oh, let's good. get to your feedback. Fridays, that we look great. at emails, YouTube comments, Facebook comments, all sorts of different things to just get a little bit of a sampling of where the audience is on what we've discussed for the previous week. I want to start today with a comment from Rebecca Freeland, who said, commentator, not even the dignity to address me by name, commentator, try doing a little research before you make a bigger fool of yourself. I like the defamation suit on Ray Epps because we will find out who Epps really is. So it is absolutely true that because Ray Epps, the guy who supposedly was an FBI agent, not agent, informant, you always lie, instigator of the January 6th He riot, clearly is an instigator. Ray Epps has sued Fox News for defamation. And what happens in that scenario is that Fox They're News just going to settle. News will indeed get to depose and carry no, out. No, they're going to just settle. Discovery on Ray Epps, because of course a defense to defamation is that the things that were said were true, and what was said about Ray Epps includes that he was some kind of inside man, FBI agent, Not whatever agent. the may be. There is no evidence of that. Uh, I total lie. Talked before, earlier this week, in fact, about the situation where I was sent a threat of defamation suit from someone who I talked about on the show, and lawyers advised me, you know, they probably won't actually sue you because then you'd get to depose them. And I have a feeling that what you said is true and they're not gonna want that out in the public eye. But, you know, you have to be risk averse and you could rack up quite a legal bill uh, in fighting this. So keep that in mind. It is true, they, Fox News could go and depose Ray Epps and figure out, is he really an FBI agent? 
I would be willing to bet just about anything, and I am not a betting man, that if you depose Ray Epps and you investigate Ray Epps and you look into every aspect of him, you are not going to find that Ray Epps is an FBI agent. No one's a, arguing he's an agent, retard. An informant. Or he's clearly an informant. Anything like it. But that's just me. You can bet a different way if that's what you want. Also on YouTube, John Holm says, David Parkman, whoever that is, I see put all media people in jail, and that includes yourself included. Good. Why the Based. grammar is almost criminal. Who cares? Uh, he's right. Really bad in all of these, I don't know, but it's inappropriate to point that out. I'm being classist if I point that out. Okay, <clears throat> I think it's more about hey, just being a faggot. What lack of education does to your political views, and I think that that's quite quite relevant. And yeah, quite but you you believe nonstop bullshit propaganda. You're so propagandized, you injected yourself multiple times with the most dangerous vaccine in human history. Germain. I bet you this guy who's having trouble type, typing didn't inject himself with poison. We talk about on this show. Uh, the idea of jailing media people always leads me to the same question. For what crime? Uh, I, I would argue it's criminally actionable when you deceived people and coerced them into taking the most dangerous vaccine in human history and you lied about the vaccine side effects i would say that that i think that that would be a good thing now look that's what i would go with um what they deserve that's a whole different story they would deserve a monster coming in here and prosecuting them for the smallest thing they could find and fucking destroying them. Just 30 years in prison for jaywalking. Now, I'm not saying they should do that. I'm saying that's what they would deserve. I would argue go with something legitimate like uh, the, the crimes against humanity related to COVID and the vaccine. Uh, I think that, that's, I think that, that uh, has teeth. There's a lot of victims to it. I think you could get you could build a lot of consensus for it, and it doesn't give anyone the argument. Oh, you're just prosecuting people for political reasons. No, these are real reasons. But like I said, that's different than what they would deserve. <clears throat> they would deserve them going to jail for any reason. But uh, I think the COVID stuff. I think that works. For what crime? I just and explained it. Do I get due process? Of course. You get a fair trial and due process. Do I get a trial? Do I get all... Of course, of course. I am hard, hard, fair trial bastard. Of course you get a fair trial. All of those things, or do I skip, go, do not collect $200, and go directly to jail? This is, once again, the epitome of the people who scream the loudest about being for law and order and all of it actually not being for law and order. That would be you. You're talking about yourself. We on the left actually support law and order. No, you don't. That's preposterous. We want everyone to get due process. No, you don't. We want everyone to get a competent attorney. No, you don't. You loved it when that black dude in Georgia couldn't get an attorney. Have their constitutional right to the best possible defense. We do have a two-tier justice system. And it's the elites, rich, and people in positions of power and everybody else. 
And so when I see, oh, put, put, the, put the media people in jail. For what crime? As if you even Just care. explained it. But maybe we could actually get back to supporting law and order the way you claim. Might be a nice thing. That would literally be supporting law and order. Diggity D says on YouTube, remind me, when is the Democratic primary debate? Oh, yeah. The DNC said they're not going to support anybody other than Biden. So much for letting the people decide who they should vote for. Huh? Listen, um, this is one of those scenarios where I have my personal preference. And then I also, as someone who analyzes the political world, understand completely why there is not going to be a primary. This yeah, guys, we, we love democracy, but we're just going to take democracy away when we have a candidate that might lose. This is not unique to the Democratic primary. Yeah, totally normal. This is also something that happens in the Republican primary. Of course. Your best bet, let me back up. The Republican and Democratic parties exist primarily to justify their own existence. The way they justify their own existence is by getting people elected president. And sure, if you can get control of the House, if you can get control of the Senate, that's great as well. The best way to keep a president of your party in the Oval Office is to reelect your sitting president if you have a sitting president. So when Barack Obama was up for reelection, they did not do a real primary. Sure, people go, I'm running, but there's no debates. There's not a real primary. When Donald Trump was running for re-election in 2020, the Republican Party didn't do a real primary. This is not unique to the Democratic Party. Personally, would I like to see voters from every party reconfirm that they still think the person in the Oval Office should get another shot? Absolutely. When Donald Trump ran again in 2020 and there was no real primary, I would have loved to have seen Republican voters reaffirm in an actual Republican primary with debates, with the whole thing, we want Trump again. And then if it goes south, then you say, hey, they, they really picked him again. In the same way, there are concerns among some about Joe Biden's health and you know, the rapidity of his thinking or lack thereof and all of it. I would love to say, or, or even concerns that Joe Biden isn't left enough, for example. I would love to see there be another Democratic contest primary within the Democratic Party and say, do they want, do they choose Joe Biden again or not? That's my personal preference. But let's be honest, both parties do this. When you have someone in the Oval Office, it is considered the safest possible thing to just try to get them reelected, period. That's why the Democratic Party is doing it. There's oh, they love democracy so much. It's special about 2024. There's nothing special about Joe Biden, and there's certainly nothing special about the DNC doing this. The RNC does the exact Well, what would be great is if it causes RFK to run third party and take votes away from Joe Biden. That would be phenomenal. Exact same thing. User CR5VC6XQ3B says, Trump is more popular than, comma, Joe Biden random comma that has no business being there. that matters that comma has less business being in this sentence than trump had being in the oval mm. office also the wrong then it should be oh, that really matters h-a-n but let's imagine that we understand what this person means because we do what they're saying is trump is more popular than joe biden okay i guess we'll see what happens in the election right 
oh no, because if Biden wins, it will be stolen. But if Trump wins, it will have been fair. Oh, you're going to argue if Trump wins that it was stolen. And then you're going to pretend that if you don't believe it was stolen, you're like a Russian agent or it should be prosecutable if you don't go along with the stolen narrative. These are the sorts of people you really shouldn't argue with. Mm. There's no point. It's a time suck. It's a black hole. Don't even bother. Just find a couple people who aren't sure if they're going to vote and convince them about the importance of voting. Don't even bother with people like user. Here's Harry B, who says, you're a freaking freak show. That's yeah, true. The one man that can turn around that beautiful country is facing jail time? You've lost your marbles. I challenge Harry to give me one metric, one metric. Now, remember, there's no m metric that shows the economy's doing bad, according to David. That is a problem right now that you have evidence Trump would be able to turn around. Right. And he will reject all evidence that you bring up. Unemployment rate? No, it's better now than under. Oh, yeah. Inflation? It's way down. Yeah, guys, inflation is way down. It's only when you include, you know, the things that affect people, housing, gas and food. It's only at like 15, 16 percent. No big deal. No big deal. Inflation is way down, says David Pakman. Compared to where it got under Trump. Give me the metrics, because it's very easy to just show up in people's comments and say, Trump's the only guy you can save this country. Save from what? Yeah, guys, from and what? Yeah, it's totally fine. And there's no communists, of course. What evidence do you have that Trump would actually do that? Oh, yeah. Again, I don't know how much time we want to invest in talking to these people. Yeah, you don't want to talk to people that have you dead the rights on the facts. All right, Nicole Johnson. Nicole Johnson makes a really interesting comment. Nicole says, I disagree about Vivek Ramaswamy coming off. All right, we'll move to the next one. Uh, Trump launches insane attack on prosecutor after jury tampering. Oh, Donald yeah. Trump has launched an insane unhinged attack on the very prosecutor that is worried that Trump is starting to preemptively tamper with juries by virtue of what he is saying on the Internet. This is an extraordinary situation. Special prosecutor Jack Smith put together a court filing. And the point of the court filing was to notify the court that Donald Trump is getting a little bit too loose with some of the things that he's saying. Oh, yeah. And at a certain point, he may be trying to prejudice the entire jury pool. This is a motion that was given to the court under seal. Uh, and Jack Smith wrote, Trump is personally engaging in making, quote, daily extrajudicial statements that threaten to prejudice the jury pool in this case. It's obvious that Trump is doing it. There is no question. Trump is trying to tamper with witnesses and he's trying to prejudice the jury pool. Fine. When Special Prosecutor Jack Smith put out that statement, obviously this is a warning to Trump. If you cross the line into actionable efforts to taint the trial, we are going to try to have you sanctioned. And what the sanctions would be, whether they are financial or pretrial jailing or what, it's not completely clear at this time. How does Trump react? He takes to Troth Central, sorry, Truth Social, and he attacks Jack Smith. Attacks. Saying, quote, is deranged Jack Smith the prosecutor who is continuously overturned due to his unchecked and insane aggression? 
investigating the political hacks and thugs of the highly partisan January 6th unselect committee for tampering with deleting and destroying highly confidential and classified documents, pictures, tapes, evidence, and all forms of other important information. I know it reads like a run-on sentence, but I think technically it's not. If not, why? I fully believe it is because the evidence in question destroys his fake election interfering case. Dismiss suit. We couldn't have more dramatically different realities. And one of them is the real world and the other is Trump's, Trump's mind in which he is alleged. On the one hand, we have four criminal trials, a fraud lawsuit from Letitia James, the E. Jean Carroll case in oh, which, which Trump was found to oh, be yeah. a civilly liable, liable rapist. rapist. That's not go made up. Further. The reality is we have all of this consistent, predictable activity by Donald Trump, much of which he may now be held accountable for. They found enough evidence to charge him. He's been indicted. He will, at least in theory, face consequences. And every single prosecutor has acted out of an abundance of caution, taken longer than maybe otherwise would have because they want to dot all their T's and cross their I's, as Sean Hannity once said. Weird when you cross your I's, but some people do it. They just When you're famous, they just let you do it. Uh, that's the one side, which are these are very serious charges, very serious cases, very solid, as many have admitted. On the other hand, you have Trump's world. And Trump's world is, this is all fake. They keep finding things to go after me for merely for political reasons. 100%. Even though, yes, okay, I had this fraud lawsuit and that one and this one, and then I also had to shut down my charity because I was using the money as a personal slush fund, and on and on and on, and it's been a completely consistent multi-decade period of Trump doing exactly the same stuff, which rose to criminality once he became president of the United States and then stopped being president of the United States and engaged in allegedly criminal behavior. Those are two very different scenarios. The belief among Trump insiders is that now that at least one of his trial extensions was denied, he wanted to push it to 2026, judge said, we're going to trial in March of 2023, uh, 2024. The belief among some Trump insiders is he realizes this is getting very serious. Oh, yeah, he's panicking. And he is now just fully panicking. He will attack anyone. He will abandon anyone. He will cozy up to anyone. Whatever he thinks will be best for him at that time. The next two years, no matter what happens in November of 2024, are truly going to be unprecedented and unique times in American history. Depending on what happens in November of 2024, you could have a situation where you have a sitting president under criminal trial or multiple criminal trials and who could even be sentenced to prison. Think about that. We've got a great program for you today, even though it's a Friday. I'm really glad that you're with us. Oh, I'm sure you are. You, you, you don't hate your audience at all. Now he's claiming Brett Weinstein went full conspiracy. I've received a few emails over the last couple of days, especially this morning and last night, about a new clip from Brett and Heather Weinstein, or I, or I guess it's Brett Weinstein and Heather Haying. I, I think they have different last names. They're Dark Horse podcast, and folks asking me to weigh in about this and a, a little bit more generally about Brett. Listen, uh, historically, I've liked Brett Weinstein 
and thought, he had a lot of interesting things to say and actually asked interesting questions, not bad faith questions. You know how sometimes where it's like, oh, yes, any question that gets to the heart of your bullshit is suddenly, oh, it's a bad faith question. Uh, this man says he had sex with Obama, but CNN won't cover it. Why not? Asks Tucker Carlson. And it's like a completely bad faith question about a debunked uh, convicted yeah, guys he just labels it debunked uh, case close on man okay we dealt with that earlier this week sometimes people ask questions in bad faith some years ago i thought that brett weinstein was actually asking some really interesting questions about different things even if i didn't agree with the direction that that things were going as he explored the answers to those questions some of the recent stuff is a combination of everybody is against me like twitter and youtube and all the mysterious things are happening search well yeah he gets he's censored a lot on youtube which is i didn't do or popping up on my laptop like just really paranoid stuff and listen if you complain about being censored you're paranoid now just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they aren't after you but just really out there stuff and then now coming up with some covid vaccine and test claims for which there's just no evidence. Yeah, no evidence. Totally safe vaccine. Again, I don't have a problem with asking questions. but You just have to obey the bullshit answers you're given. At a certain point, when we have zero evidence... Yeah, when we have zero evidence. Just say, well, I'm just asking questions, and the fact that we don't have answers as part of the conspiracy is problematic. What am I talking about? Here's the first clip. Brett and Heather are um, talking about COVID tests and Brett raises the idea that the tests are deliberately unreliable. Yes, absolutely. So that if you want to say there's tons of cases for political gain, you can. A hundred percent. If you want to say there's very few cases for political gain. Absolutely. I believe that that's the point he's making. I'm going to play it for you now. Is it possible that really noisy COVID tests are a feature and not a bug because it allows you to claim anything at any moment. Right? And is that, is, you know, I, I do think I, I have a sense of foreboding around the upcoming 14 months mm. that the U.S. presidential election is uh, going to create a... Um, a fertile landscape for psychological operations of many kinds. Oh, a hundred percent, one hundred percent. We're going to have many claims of misdis and malinformation. Of course. Over presumably true things will be dismissed. Right, David's doing it right now. False things will be portrayed, all of the usual stuff, and the ability to have a viral boogeyman that yep. you can call forth at any moment by declaring of course. that some set of illness is this thing of uh, may be the reason that the tests aren't any good. Because if we, you know, if you could just simply go to CVS and buy a test that was reliable enough that, you know, it really mm -hmm. gave you a confidence that you either did or didn't have the thing, right. um, then we'd be in a very different place because we would actually be able to generate information about what is or isn't circulating. Yep. So listen, Brett's not wrong that the tests have been all over the place. I've told stories. I mean, just look at my stories alone. When I went to Spain in 2021, when you needed a negative test to come back, we got these tests, my girlfriend and I, where you do a video conference and they watch you test yourself. 
and then with that you get a certificate saying you're good to come back and my girlfriend got two consecutive positive tests and we said this is crazy we eventually scrambled on a monday catholic holiday in spain to get a pcr test at an er it was negative months later we found out those tests we had were defective there was a huge number of that particular test it was the alum i believe they were just straight up defective they would say positive when you weren't it almost prevented us from coming back to the united States. oh that would have been what you deserve at least partially of what you deserve that was uh man yeah i was i remember i was rooting for him to get stuck in spain that would have been hilarious other situations my sister and stepmom both got covid same day at the same thing same symptoms same trajectory one of them never tested positive they obviously had the same thing why was that i don't know but so so i'm with brett that these tests aren't perfect there's really weird things as the variants change their effectiveness seems to change as well that doesn't even make sense but these are wild claims with no evidence <laughs> right so not only is there an overwhelming amount of evidence he has personal anecdotes that he can point to as evidence but this is wild and there's no evidence of some kind of apparently democratic party conspiracy to well it's more of a globo homo conspiracy but under the globo homo umbrella are the democrats use deliberately unreliable tests that they i guess had some role in putting out there in order to control look retard they manufacture the cases when they need to as they're doing now as they're going to do for the election troll or impact who wins the 2024 election there's just no evidence of that. Uh, again, there's overwhelming evidence of that. And they already did it one time. Present evidence and I will consider... No, you reject any evidence that uh, goes against your narrative. There are people who present you with evidence all the time on Twitter. And you gaslight them and you uh, ignore it. The claims, but at a certain point, we have to demand evidence. And I mean, you still pretend that there's no trannies raping people in bathrooms. People bombarded david with news stories of it happening over and over again he just still pretends that it's not happening i think he did eventually move the goalposts on that he then said you have to show him like a body of studies showing that the raping is happening now so apparently like there needs to be academics that claim it's going to happen of course that's impossible now because if you say anything negative against trannies in a study they're going to fucking you know destroy you and that studies if it somehow by a miracle gets printed they're going to force you to retract it answer can't simply be part of the conspiracy is covering up the evidence we're not going to get anywhere with that here's another doozy from brett and heather which is that i guess he's saying jill and joe biden got a different vaccine than we got or no vaccine at all i don't really know take a look i do not trust that Jill Biden or Joe Biden got the same vaccinations as citizens. Right. So, so, so again. Well, there's definitely different batches that's been established. David will pretend that's not the case, I assume. What did Jill Biden and Joe Biden get? Good question. Could be saline, could be the batch that the Pfizer employees got. And that, that was admitted by Pfizer. Did they not really get a vaccine? Is that the conspiracy? That the vaccine is too dangerous for people like them to get it? Maybe. So the dangerous vaccine is for us, but not for them? Or did they get a different, better vaccine that's like more effective in some No, there's no better vaccine for COVID-19. That's bullshit. Some way or 
safer as far it's as probably it, saline and, and why who made it and why would they get that and well and, pfizer they've had different batches again this is all how long ago did they find out about the different batches i know pfizer just recently admitted to it but like when when was that discovered was like three years ago two years i mean the time is flying by two years ago i don't know why wouldn't everybody get it is it too expensive for the vaccine that's good or that you have to at some point present some evidence. And that's the problem I'm having with the degree to which Brett is, quote, just asking questions. Questions are fine, but at a certain point, you can't lack any answer forever because they are covering it up or don't want you to know. We need to have some factual basis to make these claims. I'm not seeing it. And I know, it, I know that talking about Brett Weinstein is like when you talk about Jordan Peterson. Oh, David, you're, you're deliberately missing, you're either deliberately misinterpreting what he said in order to attack it. Well, you do that all the time. Or you're not smart enough to understand what he said. Okay. If anybody can answer some of these questions as to, is there any evidence? Send it to me. Yeah. And then, and I, then he's going to move the goalposts. So we'll do a follow-up. Um, let's see. Um, Project 2025, they have a plan to make Trump dictator. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. There's a very good article about the plan to make Trump dictator that is in Salon, written by our friend Chauncey DeVega. So the craziest motherfucker out there is a good friend of the David Pakman show. Not surprising. I encourage you to take a look at the article. What I want to impress upon you right now is that the right has a much more specific and actionable plan, if Trump is elected, to make him a de facto dictator. Bullshit then you might know. You would deserve that, but it is bullshit. Then you might believe. Chauncey argues in his article that Donald Trump right now in 2023 is effectively a dictator in waiting. <laughs> he has already started to threaten to put his enemies in prison and to do even worse things to them. He's talking, talking about killing them. Chauncey's when, when did he say that? His article talks about Trump's violent and dangerous behavior. His interview with Glenn Beck, where he says, I would imprison my enemies. Yeah, I'm going to have no choice. Listen. Yeah, you have no choice. They're imprisoning you. And they're doing it to us. We're going to have to do it to them. Yeah, that's completely correct. Of course, there's no evidence that Joe Biden is doing anything. Again, like that's blatantly made up. It comes to Trump's criminal charges. Um, Donald Trump has talked about the infrastructure that his advisors are creating in which he would implement Agenda 47 and Project 2025, and this would make Trump a neo-fascist dictator. Bullshit firing uh, federal workers that are AIDS commies does not make you a dictator. That's retarded. In the United States. I am rarely hyperbolic on this program. What are you talking about? You're constantly comparing Trump to Hitler. When people call in and say, David, I'm so worried about this or that. Is this a problem? I like to say, Let, let's not jump to the apocalyptic scenario yet. But what Chauncey DeVega's article in Salon reminds us is that none of this is speculation. Oh, All no. of this stuff is in writing. And corporate media is not doing a good enough job of acknowledging the violent threats. And by violent, I don't always mean physically violent. Oh, by violent, it doesn't always mean physically violent. So you mean not violent, homo. You mean not violent. I mean ideologically violent. Oh, now we have a new def Ideological violence. Isn't that fascinating? There is so little violence from Trump supporters. 
Trump supporters are the least violent people uh, uh, in America. And uh, so they have to make up a new bullshit term, ideological violence. Oh, my God. To our democracy, to our systems that we have. Ideological violence to our democracy. And what Chauncey DeVega urges people, urges people to do is to resist that first and foremost by ensuring... Oh, resist the totally made-up thing, gotcha. ...that Donald Trump or DeSantis or whoever are not elected in 2024. Now, let's talk about Agenda 47 and Project 2025. So many of you wrote to me about this over the last week. First, Agenda 47. Agenda 47, Trump would be the 47th president. That's the, the whole gist of the number. Agenda 47 is basically the harebrained and uh, dangerous policy proposals that we've heard from Trump sort of over the last year, nine to 12 months or so. And this includes things like, we'll take all the homeless people from cities, force them out into some camp. If it's in California, it would be in the desert. If it's, I don't know, in the South, it would be in some rural area. This is Trump's idea. We're going to force homeless people into camps. Well, they can't stay in the street, retard. Get them out of cities where they are reducing property values. We've talked about why it's crazy and it doesn't work. It wouldn't work. Uh, total bullshit. Uh, Agenda 47 calls for the death penalty for human traffickers. Uh, okay. You, you, so, yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of trafficking going on with the Democrats, so obviously they'd be against that. And drug dealers. Trump has talked about that before. <clears throat> And that is another aspect of this. Ending birth... Cracking down on trafficking is, uh, uh, makes you a dictator. Birthright citizenship. You no longer are automatically a citizen if you were born in the United States under this Agenda 47 if you were born to undocumented parents, saying it rewards undocumented immigration. The Agenda 47 would also issue pardons and even a government apology, depending on which version of Trump's speech you look at, to many of the January 6th rioters, which is as crazy an idea as you can imagine. It would require police departments to start doing stop and frisk if they still want to continue receiving certain types of funding. And we've talked about the disaster that is stop and frisk. So that's Agenda 47, and that's bad enough. But then we get to Project 2025. Project 2025 is bigger than Trump, but Project 2025 views Trump as the tool through which it will get itself implemented. The Heritage Foundation played a role in Project 2025. That's a right-wing think tank. It has ties to fossil fuel billionaire Charles Koch. What Project 2025 does is give a set of recommendations. It gives a personnel database and it, uh, training opportunities. And maybe most importantly, Project 2025 has this 180-day playbook for the incoming president in 2025. Remember, November 24 election, inaugurated January 2025. What happens in those first 180 days or six months? And it is absolutely and completely crazy. Uh, the point of Project 2025 is to, quote, dismantle the administrative state. This is a phrase Steve Bannon and others use. Many right-wingers repeat it without even really knowing what it means. The idea, I think most people know what it means, is, of course, undo the policies of the Biden administration and what they call the radical left, the radical left that has very little power in the United States. But it does it by decimating or even eliminating many elements of government. Project 2025 would eliminate a whole bunch of the Department of Energy. Dude, that would be fucking awesome. That is a department. And How does that make you a dictator? This is like insane. Those are offices that would be critical 
if they're not critical, get the fuck out of here. We are going to ever transition off of fossil fuels. Yeah, that's insane. So you're saying that they're going to fire fucking crazy people that are going to destroy the country with insane commie policy. Uh, policy sounds great so far. Why would a Coke-funded organization or plan want to do that? Well, I wonder. I don't care. I, if you look, if, here's the thing. If you are like, I'm a fossil fuel greedy motherfucker and i have investments and that's why i'm for fossil fuel great hop aboard i don't care we need fossil fuel to live i don't care why you like it we need it to live okay and and we need to manufacture as much as we we can and so if whether you um are somehow financially invested or not i don't care these commies got to go. And if it happens to be in your financial interest to yeet the commies, I'm completely on board with that. It's cynical personal financial interest. It would cut. Oh, yeah. There's no financial interests with the green energy people. These people are so despicable. Well, energy deployment. Uh, it would also push for ending uh, birthright citizenship for U.S. born people in the U.S., with undocumented parents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a loophole that has to be closed. It would also issue pardons to many of the rioters. It that you have to do, yeah. It would also require uh, police departments to implement. You're going to need uh, pardons and you're going to need restitution. Absolute restitution to the families. Stop and frisk. Reparations, if I dare <laughs> say so. <laughs> Much of what is in, some of what is in. Can you imagine the screeching? I, I will tell you if that happened. I wouldn't expect Trump to call it reparations. You could even make an argument that that's a little provocative. I mean, I wouldn't care, but I will call it reparations. If somehow, by some miracle, Trump gets in, he pardons the right people, and then gives restitution to the families, I will absolutely call that reparations. I hope that becomes a meme on Twitter. And man, would they read about that. That would be funny. Project 2025 violates international law. <laughs> Fuck international law. International law can suck a dick. Project 2025 is also completely unrealistic. So as usual, it is one of these ways of getting people interested through promises that, of course, are never going to be made a reality. Really? You can't find... I think you could find... Trump... You, it is... You're saying it's unrealistic that Trump is going to fire a bunch of motherfuckers? What are you, crazy? So what is the... I think out of all of the things, that's probably... If you ask me now, I think that's more likely than people getting arrested. Although I do think some people will get arrested. I do think Trump realizes. I, I do think. I'm, I'm not as concerned as I am. You know, when I used to say, um, you know, if Trump gets in, is he finally going to arrest people? That was before all this. Now that they're doing this to him, I, I really, I mean, I, I don't think it'll be at a level that people will be satisfied at, although I wish it was. But uh, yeah, I do think there would at least be some. I mean, how would there not be some? point of telling you all of this. The point is that these are the stakes. They're being clear. We don't have to, you know, the right loves to say the left won't tell you, but their real goal is to implement some kind of Marxism. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's evident. To take over this and that. Of and course, propaganda. that's what they've been doing. It's, it's well documented. And in this way, and you say, well, where is there evidence of that? And they say, well, you've got to read between the lines. No, that's not the argument. You, all you have to do is look at the curriculum in the schools as one example, as one small example. What do you mean? With Project 2025 and Agenda 47, you don't need to read between the lines. 
if they win in 2024, particularly if Trump wins in 2024, this is what they are going to try to do. That would be awesome. Much of it is totally unrealistic. Some of it they might actually be able to accomplish. Great. A theocratic dictatorship based on... That's not what that is. I mean, you would deserve that. You would deserve that, but that's not what that is. Their view of Christianity is the end goal. It's been clear for years. That's totally made up. A shocking... The end goal of Donald Trump? You're crazy. ...number of Americans are fine with it. One... Oh, I'd take it. I would take it. If those were the only options, yeah, I would take that. I'd like to see what the, what they could do, but I just don't think that's happening. ...it or are indifferent to it. And if it means that they get more power, they throw the Constitution in the trash. You're throwing the Constitution in the trash right now, Kami. We almost... And our side is not arguing to throw the Constitution in the trash. ...saw them do it in January... We want the, the Constitution enforced. ...of 2021 on January 6th. So we know that they will try... It's up to us to make sure that they don't. That sounds like an incitement to violence. We'll be here throughout the entire process. I yeah, hope. I'm sure you'll be in Martha's Vineyard right there. All right, let's, uh, let's get to this breaking news from the Internet from Drunk Pinata. He's saying that this, these are two of the biggest lies of the week so far. Two brief clips from MSNBC. Let's have a look. Oh, what the? I just saw. What was that? Was that a monthly supporter? That's weird. I swore I just saw a monthly supporter thing flash up there. It disappeared. Okay. Well, I guess it. it I guess it was far back. Whoever uh, that was, thank you so much for uh, signing up for Rumble for the monthly support option. Oh, by the way, I guess I should mention there was yet another explosion at the bathhouse today. Just. Uh, uh, Snoopy, thank you, Snoopy, uh, gifted a whole bunch of memberships. The other day was Show Suginu. Before that, I think it was uh, Gun Fox and uh, John Arnott, uh, whoever. Just thank you very much, everybody. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're, we're going to have to build another wing, and it was decided we're going to... So the David Pakman wing of the bathhouse has been built. So now we're going to have to build the bathhouse Barry wing, which makes sense. We should have probably done that first because he's probably the most popular uh, homosexual in the entire world, uh, bathhouse Barry Obama, married to an obvious man. And uh, so, great. So there we go. We're going to do that. And, uh, and again, as a reminder, Thursday, the 14th of September... Uh, the Soft Gentleman's book will be released free to the audience via PDF. What a bigot would say. Some say it is a, uh, it's one of the most important books ever written about liberalism and being a liberal and how to be a good liberal. So uh, we'll have a look at, at that. Okay, let's have a look here at these um, clips. I think this was MSNBC, he said. One moment. All right. Here we go. Are they going to make me sign up? One moment. Okay, here we go. Let's play this. Record. Right now, the greatest threat to the homeland is the intersection of the kinds of things Trump complains about loudly, election interference, he calls it. Um, but his complaints about the 2020 election, there was no evidence that there was any fraud anywhere and where there were... That's the biggest threat to the homeland. <laughs> People who doubt the election. You know, you look at the way this is going uh, prosecutorially. I don't even know if that's a word. But with the cases, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I do think... Uh, 
they're going to arrest a couple commentators, uh, and that might be one of the things. I mean, frankly, they've already they're already trying to put Owen Shoyer in jail. One of the key things they're arguing of why he needs to do time in prison is because he denied the election and said it publicly. For instances, they were his voters, not anyone putting their finger on the scale for President Joe Biden and other issues that he stirs up and manufactures and conspiracies he amplifies. Um, I, I wonder whether you see a new sort of wave of, of public leaders, public officials like yourselves, who instead of being intimidated... Right Absolute. That's, that's crazy. Let's see what the other one is. I'm sorry we had to do that, but you had to hear that, right? To be clear, there were guns at the U.S. Capitol. It no, was there wasn't. Where where were the guns at the U.S. Capitol? Was an insurrection. There was not an insurrection, and there were no guns. You're just making up bullshit. For God's sake, there's no proof anywhere, including a report that was released today, that the election was fraudulent or rigged. None. Uh, again, totally made up. Zero. Nada. But the point is that what a lying whore. Yeah, that's it. Those were, yeah, big time lies, blatant fucking lies. Unbelievable. It's a psyop. It's one giant fucking psyop ever since the uh, I mean, there was probably propaganda before it was made legal to propagandize us. But man, the CIA is really doing a number. Um, all right, let's see here. Which one is this? Hold on a second. Where are the Sam Cedar one? Hold on. Um, it's not bald fuckface time yet. Where? Oh, here we go. Elon Musk, <laughs> Elon Musk blames the Jews for for Twitter uh, not working Yeah, this is pretty out. amazing. Elon Musk is, seems to be suing. Is he suing the ADL? What's going on with this? So basically the That would be ill-advised, I think, I, right? the, the background is essentially, you know, free speech guy Elon Musk. He um, was criticized by the ADL. Um, no, the he wasn't. They actively campaigned to get people to not advertise on his platform. Anti-defamation league, essentially, because of uh, the the their criticism or they criticize X slash Twitter for. Um, its lack of content moderation after Elon Musk's takeover, um, where there was more anti-Semitism on the platform. Now that was totally made up. Musk is threatening to sue them. Uh, I don't think he has filed suit yet, but he's at least talking tough. Um, and apparently, Musk, when he took over in late 2022, met with representatives from the ADL and other, you know, hate uh, anti-hate groups to say, don't worry, we're going to have a content moderation council, which he never put into place. Now, Sam, um, not sure what your experience has been on Twitter recently, but you have said, at least to us off camera, that the uh, number of times you've been called a Jew in your uh, mentions has been uh, exponentially increased oh is yeah that fair there to is say? never an exchange i have with anybody where so, i don't get reminded that i am jewish yeah in some fashion or another so uh, uh, and it's not like well, you're not doing jews any favors yeah you know uh happy passover right that's not what i'm getting <laughs> not no that uh, i'm not shocked by that so the adl among other groups 
basically called out Twitter yeah, and, um, and said advertisers, look, there's there's too much hate on this platform. Right, and, which, and, again, is totally made up. It's ex- extortion. The ADL runs an extortion racket. And, what, and called on them to, to not do business. Just to historicize yeah. a little bit, the ADL has given Musk a lot of chances, saying they were cautiously optimistic. Oh, they gave them, how merciful the extortionists gave them all these chances to obey. Mystic when he took over. And then, like, it, just to remind folks, like, the Kanye West thing also happened. Yes. <laughs> um, where Elon's, like, playing footsie with that, and then... Um, he banned Kanye West, retard. This is, like, just the last straw, because he's so clearly gone in this direction. I, I mean, and he does this on purpose, by the way, because this is his ideology. Who who was... What was the name of that writer that the Huffington Post, or HuffPost, exposed for having the pseudonym? Oh, Hanania? Hanania. Um, uh, Elon followed him after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Elon, uh, it was... He was... Hanania, there was an expose that he had a pseudonym where he was writing on white supremacist websites, not just right-wing ones. And after that story broke, Elon Musk followed him on Twitter. As a sig- It's a s- signal. How this is the da- kind of thing that... How dare Elon Musk f- decide to follow a person that you don't approve of? I believe in and tolerate and I'll speak right, publicly. that's what that uh, means when you follow someone. Uh, right, that you fully agree with all their views. You're a moron. In saying I oppose anti-Semitism like he does here, um, or hatred of any kind, and then quietly I'll give a wink and a nod oh, to the white supremacists that I want to it. cater yeah. to. It's um, also a twofer insofar as like, I, I didn't lose, I mean, this is almost so uh, so hammer on the head, like uh, on the head. But I didn't lose the money. The scheming Jews. Yes, made- that's not what he said. You're just making stuff up now. He did me lose all the money. Right. I mean, this is literally when you hear um, when and, and we've had folks on to talk about this. But the question is, is like when you hear the white supremacists say like. The uh, the blacks are taking over the country. The the way that they will reconcile the the fact that hey wait a second I'm supposed to be better than them they're supposed to be sub uh, par to me in my humanity the way they reconcile it is well it's the Jews that are them. controlling the mm-hmm. blacks that have been scheming uh, to take over. That's the great replacement and theory that, too, right? Which is like totally. the, the 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 dirty. Not the black blacks are. They're trying to. I mean, they they seem so far to be interested in putting illegals where black people live now. That's a new. That's a new part of this, and uh, the black people don't seem to be very happy about that. Nor should they. Nor should they be happy about that. But we're talking about are people uh, coming through the southern border? I mean, you know, I'm sure some of them are black, but I don't think most of them are. You know, Mexican, again, this is what they're saying, are coming over at the behest of the Jews. And this is, you know... Uh, well, it didn't help when they had fucking uh, Israeli flags on some of the trucks when they were bringing up, was it caravan number one? A similar construct. I didn't lose... Also the- doesn't help that rich uh, Jews like George Soros fund caravans like that. Money. The sneaky Jews have been in touch with the advertisers. Well, they were in touch with the advertisers. They And the advertisers boycotted at the behest of the ADL. Money. And let me say this. I think the ADL is garbage. Right. Uh, I am. Well, you're defending them. You don't think they're garbage. I'm not a fan of, um, of you know, the way that they have 
in, in many ways, uh, weaponized um, uh, their, their position against people whose politics they don't like. Um, but when they do it to people you don't like, you love it, and you'll defend it just like you are now. Against do people I, who are against apartheid uh, without in Palestine. Yeah. But, um, but the idea that Alon's loss of value in Twitter is a function of the ADL. Uh, it may be a function of all the users who are like, this sucks now. Yes, well, that's my experience. This is what he said here. Well, you're a retard. Uh, you're a minority. This is what he said, just to, because we've, we've hinted it, but to be, to be super clear, I'm pro-free uh, speech, but against anti-Semitism of any kind. Uh, since the acquisition, the ADL has been trying to kill this platform by falsely accusing it of, and me of being anti-Semitic. Our U.S. advertising revenue is still down 60%. Haha. Primarily due to the pressure on advertisers by... Primarily? Primarily on, by ATL. That's yeah, what it's primarily that. Advertisers tell us, so they almost succeeded in killing X slash Twitter. I mean, so I'm not anti-Semitic, but the Jews are taking all my money. That's well, not, again, a dumb whore. That's not what he said. Unbelievable. The other part is, is like, what, look how pleased she is with herself. Why don't you take some more Xanax? What does that mean? I am pro free speech, but I'm against anti-Semitism. I mean, what, so what? Well, it's bu that is bullshit. Uh, but again, there is no spoon. Anti-Semitism isn't actually real. Which so, is why it's just a cudgel used against mostly white people. And, I'm going to sue the what? ADL. Which and is why I'm going to sue the ADL for billions of dollars. That's his threat. Like, well, they're responsible. Why wouldn't you sue them? Who else are you going to sue? Uh, what about their free speech? Uh, whore, extortion is not free speech. Buddy? Um, Keith Woods says Alex Jones doesn't. If an AIDS commie Antifa was raping a Trump supporter, uh, and and the Trump supporter said, "Hey, could you stop raping me?" I, and and if uh, if barely attractive Emma was doing commentary on the raping, that she would argue, "Hey, where is the Antifa guy's free speech to rape you?" Want to ban the ADL? I thought you were pro freedom, bigot. Because they're the most pro-Hitler organization I've ever seen. And then Elon Musk jumps in and says, the ADL, because they are so aggressive in their demands to ban social media accounts for even minor infractions, are ironically the biggest generators of anti-Semitism on this platform. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. I would argue Jonathan Greenblatt could very well be the number one generator of anti-Semitism. But you know what? I ironically, that's his job. That's his job. His job is to uh, manufacture as much anti-Semitism as possible, and acting like the biggest fucking asshole Jew is a way to manufacture anti-Semitism, especially when your standard and definition for anti-Semitism is anyone that says anything that disagrees with me. So here you got this guy who is one of the biggest fucking assholes in the entire world going around, uh, putting a gun to people's head, Forcing them, hey, you better suck my dick. I'm going to destroy your business. And, of course, most people don't say no. And then when someone says, hey, that's fucked up. Look what they just did to Adidas. Then it's, oh, you're an anti-Semite. And then they, they, they keep track of it. And then they say, look at the increase in anti-Semitism. It's a, it's a hell of a racket. It's a hell of a racket. This construct, again. Yep. People who complain about anti-Semitism are the ones who they're not, are they're, well they're complaining about it but they're also manufacturing it are creating anti-semitism we see this all yeah. over the place
Look what you made us do. This one also, yeah, yeah. So this is this is a, a tweet from uh, some probably a nasty account that I probably even hide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even. I'll read that part. It says, um, the scroll up a little though, because it says sixty-five percent of Jewish college students support censorship. Nineteen percent of Mormon college students support censorship. You'll be shocked Basically. to learn that's not exactly how that was phrased. No. So it's essentially trying to say that uh, Jews want censorship, and Elon responds here at the bottom. Just and uh, and I'll put it up here. Yeah. I mean, I can just read it if we don't want to promote the account. Yeah. Oh, exclamation point. Yeah. So, um, but the the question is, uh, what do you value more, promoting an inclusive society and quote protecting citizens? So, in other words, speech, you have right? to choose one or the other exactly. in this instance. Now, surprisingly, um, the fundamentalist uh, Christians are not uh, promoting an inclusive society is not a high priority for them. Right. It's a higher priority. First of all, inclusive is a bullshit commie term. Priority to protect free speech. Um, I mean, literally, you can go down through the um, the the sort of levels of how uh, adherent they are to a certain fundamentalism, yeah. down to people who are um, most likely in this society of this uh, uh, group here to be um, uh, to get you know uh, beyond the opposite or have maybe have a history of being uh, on the opposite yeah, end of that maybe they they are a little bit more sensitive to the fact that free speech has been turned into a vehicle for basically white supremacy mm -hmm. uh, what the fuck kind of commie concept is that free speech has t been turned into a vehicle of white supremacy faggot if that's the standard you could argue that anything is a vehicle for whatever it is you don't like. What a f bunch of retardation. Idiots. Um, and yeah, like, I think it's, it, it, look, I know some Mormon people that Brigham Young Money podcast on, um, a lot of great Mormons, but seeing them number one with a bullet, I, it's not a surprise to me entirely. No. This is, yeah. <laughs> Another interesting looking into this from Elon Musk's important to understand that that Elon Musk isn't the only one calling out the ADL. They are uh, the the they are at the lead of stop toxic Twitter coalition because of grants by Pierre Omidar. Others, Brock's Media Matters, Color of Chain Charge. I think he meant change. Center of Countering Digital Hate, GLAD, Move On, Podesta's CAP. So, like, Democrat to... Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. It's the, they're censoring at the behest of Democrats. Progressive anti-hate organizations. Yeah, it's all a racket. Sobiak, uh, you know, known to dabble in all kinds of bigotry. Again, that's not a real thing. It's hilarious to watch you, because you have no arguments. You can't make arguments. You're, you're like, you, you know, now the eight, the sub 80 IQs are the ones they can't, they can't visualize or understand the concept of a hypothetical question. What's the IQ level of a person that can't make any argument other than calling people bigots? Is that lower or higher than the 80 IQ? I don't know. I don't know. The people that have studied IQ, maybe they'd be able to figure that out. But it's possible her IQ is lower than one of these fucking guys that can't even understand what a hypothetical is. It's a hell of a thing. To be kind. So, you know, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that speaks to him. All right, now we have, oh, I like this. They're pissed off that this Oklahoma uh, school district is using 
Prager U. Uh, good. It's better than AIDS. I could not be more excited better to be able AIDS. to announce today that Oklahoma is entering into a partnership with PragerU to make available PragerU courses, content available for every school in the state of Oklahoma. I cannot be more excited to get this content in our classrooms, to get this understanding of American history um, without any indoctrination, but actually the facts of what happened so that our kids can know the print. Well, probably in a lot of things, but not everything. Uh, they're, they're PragerU has this week. His, uh, uh, Prager U has its weaknesses, of course. Principles this country was founded on, and it's just incredible content. I cannot. Probably not going to have the most reliable information about whether or not we should send billions of dollars to Israel, but you know, whatever. We'll wait for our teachers to get a hold of it. That was Oklahoma. That's weird. I thought, okay, well, it's Oklahoma TIT State again. Superintendent of Public Ed Instruction. His name's Ryan Walters. And oh, as you can tell, he was announcing that the state of Oklahoma will be basically following in the footsteps of Florida. And uh, they will now start allowing material from PragerU, a right-wing outfit uh, in public schools. So PragerU and their CEO, Marissa, uh, Marissa Steit, or Steet, uh, made the announcement on their website just yesterday, along with the following message. We are proud to announce that PragerU kids will have an ongoing educational partnership with the state of Oklahoma. Now, many more American students will have the opportunity to learn from PragerU's wholesome, patriotic, and age-appropriate content. I'm gonna pause for comment, Francesca. <laughs> now, of course, this dumb whore wants uh, dildos and uh, drag shows in kindergartens. But she's gonna mock the concept of PragerU being wholesome. I, I think that those uh, words were specifically used to make a point about- Yes, you guys are sick and you're putting sexually explicit stuff in the classrooms. What they like to fear monger about- what's They're not fear mongering, they've demonstrated it clearly. Currently taught in public education. I mean, where do we start with this story other than the fact that PragerU is not a U, it's not a university. I don't give a fuck, it's not commie bullshit. It's a U, it's a U, Prager YouTube, Prager YouTube channel, okay? Right, and like, you're trying to think of a corollary for the left, like what if, what if TYT, right? What do you mean? There is worse than TYT in the public schools now, okay? So you love it when your side gets to do this, but then when conservatives do it, you freak out. Too bad. Which, by the way, not a terrible idea, but what if we just added a U? T-Y-T-U. That then, used to exist, actually. <laughs> it was well, what? what an idiot. Man, she's really dumb. What if we bring show? that back, damn it. She made an, one of the dumbest arguments I've ever heard in my entire almost seven years in doing this. She argued <clears throat> that the protesters on January 6th, she calls them rioters, on January 6th were very close to pulling off an actual coup because the people who stay the longest in the Capitol win, as if the military and everyone in the uh, uh, Biden regime or at the time the, the campaign and, and everyone in the government would have gone, oh man, those uh, rioters, they met the time threshold for occupying the Capitol, and now they take over the country. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. I likened it to like Overwatch. Um, I haven't played Overwatch 2, but, uh, and I hear you can't even play Overwatch 1 anymore? That's bullshit, you have to buy Overwatch 2, and then they fucked it up, apparently. Anyway, whatever. There's lots of fatties and trannies, at least from what I've seen. Anyway, um, 
that there's that game where you have to go to you you have to go to the other to the enemy's base and it's 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 highlighted in red i think yeah you have to de either defend or attack it so it's, if it's in red it means the enemy uh controls it and so then if you spend enough time in there and you turn it blue you win <laughs> she thinks that that's what it was like at the capitol that's unbelievable that's unbelievable how do you uh, i said i said it before if i ever got to the point where i had employees doing commentary and someone made an argument that dumb now i don't think it'd be possible for me to hire someone like that but let's say like i don't know i had a bad day and i let one slip through i would i would fire that person on the spot i'd be like that's retarded you have to go this is the end of the segment you're getting fired Man, exactly. Bring it no. back and get a contract with with a state government. Are you kidding me? Shoe on the other foot. The right would lose their minds. You guys. What do you mean? You're already doing that. This there is no educational value in Prager. You. Oh, uh, that's not true. But a propaganda outlet, and I believe by their own admission, a propaganda outlet. But this is how far we've come in this country. They can't. Again, reality doesn't cut it. And the last time I checked, history books, <clears throat> not so progressive. Like they're not just like. You know, uh, I don't know. They're not some sort of radical education, you know, founded by gorillas in Cuba. Like this is, just, you know, like it's just public ed, man. Calm down. It's actually fairly conservative. Public ed is not conservative as, at all. You're r ridiculous. Um, and we all know it's conservative. But oh, that's a great argument. So. <clears throat> When you have zero evidence and you're insecure in your argument, you pull the tactic of, look, everyone knows I'm right. Everyone knows I'm right. No, no, not everyone knows you're right. You haven't demonstrated your point. But no, it's not enough for them. Instead, they have to deny reality completely. Or the we know, we know, you know, we, we don't know. And run into the arms of Dennis Preggy Prags. Yeah, I just think that politicizing like you already politicize. I love these people acting like we were the ones that grabbed the gun first. We were the ones that that's my analogy, you know, that we were living all this time um, left versus right. And there was a dividing line and at the center of the line was a gun. And we agreed to never we will never either side will never pick up the gun. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, the, the Garden of Eden, right? God said to Adam and Eve, listen, you get this whole thing. Just don't eat that one fruit. Can I have one fruit? I'm God. I created this whole thing for you. Can you just give me that one fruit? And somehow that wasn't a good deal. It's just insane. But anyway, that's their problem. <clears throat> How do you not? It's really a shame. I'm telling you, if that was me, I'd be like, yeah, no problem. And if that whore rolled up to me with the fruit, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you crazy? And then I'd be like, yeah, I don't, I want nothing to do with this. If you want to turn her into salt or whatever, that's fine. But no, he just, uh, and I'm sorry, I don't care how hot you are. What, are you kidding me? It doesn't even make sense. He made her, he could make another one. Anyway, that's, that's enough. I don't want to get too sidetracked with my point. But so, but the deal with this, in this, my analogy is uh, no one touches the gun. We agree to live with each other. And we will argue and we'll disagree on politics, but no one goes for the gun. That's the rule. Well, the left picked the gun up and now they have the gun and they're using it against us. So the question is, are we going to be able to get control of the gun? Now, some people think if you get control of the gun, you should put it back to the center uh, and, and have it be how it is. I don't think that's going to work.
I don't think that's going to work. Uh, so we'll see. And again, it's it's an analogy. Um, but I, I don't think that's going to work. I think they have to be removed from the building legally and uh, humanely and politically. So then the only people left in this building, in this metaphorical building, are the normal people who are not trying to kill their fellow citizens. That's how I view it. I could be wrong. Grade school education, public education is the wrong way to go. And that, that goes for any type of political ideologies, right? So in this case, we're talking about PragerU, again, which is a conservative right-wing outfit. I would not at all be in favor of left-wing propaganda being utilized in, in public schools. I want kids to learn actual history. Uh, no, you don't. What you call actual history is the retarded 1619 project. I don't want it to be politicized. It, you advocate for politicized education. You know, and look, to be fair, uh, I wanna be fair, a story- You're not fair at all. That we're gonna cover probably tomorrow. Portland School District, which is obviously left wing, is now trying to implement, in my opinion, insane strategies and policies, including the idea that if you catch a student cheating, you shouldn't punish them for it. That they should. You say that we fearmonger when we talk about those things, and now you're admitting they happen. Because it's not just the sexual stuff, it's the racial stuff. That's one of the racial things. Because uh, most of those policies are if a black kid does something wrong, don't punish them shouldn't get like, uh, they, they shouldn't inf impact their grade. Uh, they shouldn't get impacted grade wise if they mm -hmm. just fail to turn in assignments. That the teacher should instead judge the student or grade the student based on what they know. How, how are you supposed to test what they know if they're not turning in assignments? Like insane, insane. Like, can we please address the fact that there is a huge percentage of kids right now in fourth grade who can't even read. Okay, part of that, yes, has to do with the pandemic and, and school closures. But a huge part of that also has to do with like moving away from phonics as the preferred strategy to teach kids how to read. There are huge problems right now. Obviously, public schools have been decimated um, in, in various parts of the country due to resources being sucked out and instead funneled into charter schools and private school vouchers. All of these issues, all of these politicized you know, efforts, play a role in essentially making our kids less knowledgeable about everything. Whether it's yeah. American history, whether it's world history, whether we're talking about math and science, like it has just been a complete disaster. And we're just keeping, we keep- And it's your side's fault. Going in that direction, depending on which state you're in. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't conflate the problems you have, which I think could very well be real with in putting Prager U in public schools, right? One is sort of the approach, um, the sort of like uh, uh, the, the kind of the praxis, I don't know how you would say it, of like how you're yeah. actually grading students. And the other is just actually floating bunk history as we've seen, climate denialism. Uh, climate change isn't real, so yeah, you would obviously want to deny it. Misogyny, anti-L- Misogyny, it's again not real, anti-LGBT, who the hell is pro-LGBT pro now? Are you kidding me? LGBTQ uh, beliefs, right? to say nothing of their new, maybe we have footage of this, you know, their new thoughts on slavery and how like- Well, that's made up because there was the AP course that they actually got rid of because it was too woke, but they taught the exact same thing related to, and it's a simple concept, it's something that happened. Some slaves learned to do trades that after slavery ended, they went on and used that knowledge to, to, to live. That's, a, that's obvious. 
you're not saying, no one said on either of those uh, courses that, well, and therefore slavery was great. No one argued that. They're totally making that up. Actually, it was yeah. really great. So look, I just think in both cases, kids get dumber. They just do her. Right, so like I get it, they're not the same, but it still messes with providing a quality education for these kids. But back to PragerU, um, Oklahoma is the second state to allow PragerU in schools after Florida in July approved the material as supplemental curriculum, meaning the videos are not required to be used, but teachers will not be penalized for showing them. Texas is also looking at adopting PragerU's kid platform, but has received pushback from educators and has not yet announced an official decision. Do it, do it, Texas. Which is good, I'm glad to hear that the educators are pushing back on that. And in their announcement, PragerU along with the state superintendent of public instruction discussed, you know, Basically, like PragerU, how they, they carry out history, how excited they are to use their content across the entire state. So let's take a look at that and I'll give you more details. <clears throat> well, Ryan, I know that you are now the superintendent of Oklahoma, but you were once a history teacher. And you once told me that you used to use PragerU videos in your classroom. So share some of that with us. I did. Um, as, as a history teacher, I was using a lot of Prager used videos in my class because they do such a great job of explaining the facts, giving the background, giving the context, and also doing it in a way that students really, really enjoy. And so it really, you guys strike that great balance between a lot of information, but also in a very digestible way. I actually still show a lot of the content to my own children at home. And so I'm really excited as a teacher that used it in my class as a parent that uses it at home with, with my kids, that now every parent can utilize these resources. And I know that's something else that you guys do a great job of, is all this content will be available for parents to see, for parents to utilize. And that's so important to me as well, that we have full transparency with parents. And we also give them the tools and resources to be successful at home as well. And look, none of that should surprise you about Walters. In fact, if you're familiar with him, you know exactly what I mean. If you're unfamiliar with him, you're about to find out. So Waters in Oklahoma schools have been embroiled in controversy this year since he was sworn in office in January. Um, Walters has likened, likened teachers unions to terrorist organizations. Yeah, that sounds about right. Claimed schools were being infiltrated by the Chinese government. That sounds about right. And has publicly announced himself as an ally to Moms for Liberty. Awesome, Moms for Liberty is great. An entity labeled a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. That's a reason to like them even more. The Southern Poverty Law Center has no credibility whatsoever. And Francesca referenced PragerU's views on well, the, the founding of America, slavery, all sorts of topics that you know should be presented to public school students in an unbiased way. Um, I wanna give you a little taste of what their content looks like though. So let's go to the very last video here. So this is PragerU's uh, Christopher Columbus slavery video. Mm. Slavery, you didn't deny that. Deny? No, slavery is as old as time and has taken place in every corner of the world. 100% true. Even amongst the people I just left. Being taken as a slave is better than being killed, no? I don't see the problem. Well, in our time, we view slavery as being evil and terrible. Ah, magnifico, that's wonderful. I am glad humanity has reached such a time. But you said you're from 500 years in the future? 
How can you come here to the 15th century and judge me by your standards from the 21st century? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you got, That's you got. fantastic. That's fantastic. Based Columbus. Obviously, see the that's hilarious bias framing, and and like look, what do you mean Fred, bias framing? Fuck you. Let's go. The argument that you hear from conservatives is like, no, 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 no. They're not going to use all of PragerU's content. They're just going to use PragerU Kids content. I don't care. Use whatever you want. Right. Which, by mm -hmm. the way, you just got a little taste of. Yeah, it's pretty. Good. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm blind to what the distinction is, and you might have a better idea of it. What do you think about that argument? I mean, I think it actually is even more ironic and hypocritical given the fact that specifically the right is on there. The left, including teachers, are all groomers. All they want to do is talk. No, not all, but many, many. Talk to your kids about their sexuality yes, and their Yes, a body. lot of them do. That's established. Parts. Um, and uh, oh, oh, yeah, and, and they want to do CRT to kindergartners. Yeah, right, like they're, they're, again, this has all been demonstrated. That's all that they're focused on. So it's incredible that they're actually allowing, again, an avowed propagandist outlet. Okay, that's not a real thing. All of their information to come into their public schools. And I totally agree with you. That doesn't mean you have the counterbalance. We don't want, like, generally, like, you know, groups with agendas. What are you talking about? You have nonstop agendas uh, from leftists in the schools, and you go along with it and defend it. To actually, to, to basically uh, uh, indoctrinate kids. It's not about indoctrination. Yes, it is. You nonstop argue for it. But again, sadly, that's what the right thinks learning about reality is, Bullshit. is just indoctrination. And the sickest thing about it is, and the saddest thing about it is, these people claim to love kids. No, you don't, man. Kids are actually incredibly thoughtful and free thinkers, right? Who's, who, they're trying to get the pedophiles away from the kids. Whether they love kids or not, it's irrelevant. There's the principle of, uh, and this was an agreed upon thing in society, you do not allow predators around kids. Whether you like kids, don't like kids. That was the deal. Whether you had kids, whether you didn't have kids. The deal is you don't let predators around kids. And somehow the left was like, no, no deal. We're going to now put predators literally in the schools. I insane. You can present them with information and don't assume that because they learn about slavery and the ways that, you know, Europeans enslaved, you know, Africans, that like they're gonna necessarily take that on and feel terrible and sort of, no, no, well, man. No, the teacher specifically starts telling them that. Uh, and again, that's your side. Maybe you're just projecting how you feel no, onto. I, I, I'm unrepentant. I didn't do anything. I, did, I, I am completely unrepentant. I did nothing. I am responsible for nothing related to slavery, and you can go fuck yourself. The, kid, the kids are going to ask questions. They're going to be thoughtful about it. No kid is going home being like, I did a terrible thing. Goodbye, cruel world. Uh, like Bullshit. Come on. And also, I'm sorry, the Christopher Columbus like, how are you going to judge me? We have a different <laughs> brain back in the day, you <laughs> know? Back in the day, we we bleed different. When you kill a hundred men, now it's like you kill a one man. Back in the day, it's okay. Like I just, I love that. I love that idea. Really? If he was, if he was uh, talking like a stereotypical black person, you would be claiming it was racist. And final thought, Anna. And it's I've not offensive. I think it's hilarious. Stereotypical Italian shit is hilarious. There is a bunch of them on Family Guy. I don't really watch Family Guy, but I've seen these clips. They're, they, it's funny. They're old. You know, I don't think you can do it now. Well, you can make fun of Italians now still. That was funny. There was like that week where someone 
Oh, yeah, it was when uh, Cuomo or Fredo uh, threatened to throw someone down the fucking stairs because someone called him Fredo. And <laughs> was it him or his brother? I forget. I think it was Fredo. He put the tweet out that calling him Fredo is like saying nigger. Insane. Insane. That's insane. That's completely insane. As far as level of, you know, like I uh, just, you know, I have my view that you shouldn't give any of these words power. And one of the ways to do that is to laugh at them and use them freely. Now, I understand people might not agree with that, and that's fine. <clears throat> my argument, though, is like I, I, I'm not going to adjust my behavior because of your feelings, nor should you adjust my behavior because of my feelings. You know, so if I was offended about WAP or whatever the negative Italian uh, epithets are, Dago, you know, and you like to use them, you're still free to use them. And, like, we should not be forcing each other to adjust our behavior because of our emotions. That's fucking gay. Um, but that was, like, the one week where it looked like there was a chance that maybe Italians would get on the on the pyramid. I don't want them on the pyramid. Um but uh, but you know I mean I would la I would laugh and I'd make fun of it and it would be, it w I mean actually I mean it would be kind of funny it would be kind of funny to be uh, to, I I just don't think I think Italians are too white to be put on the pyramid the only white people that are allowed on the pyramid are Jews or or trannies and or homosexuals although you know you could argue with Florence that there are a lot of Italian well there were a lot of Italian homosexuals what's the homosexuality rate now i don't think it's like it was i don't know who cares watch these videos throughout like through the whole thing so boring so boring cartoon well, it's school it's fucking school of course it's going to be boring i'm going to give it a 9 content Oh, like a two there it's just dialogue it's literally just dialogue no action nothing happens no matter well it was a 10 second clip i don't know there might be action who knows go unicorn appears why would you have a unicorn appear with christopher columbus that wasn't real it's just dialogue back and forth like you're debating prager like dennis prager himself such a snore fest that's better than aids yeah, I mean, look, uh, I agree with you, obviously, but you know, we also see it through a clear lens of identifying it as right-wing propaganda. It just has no place on uh, bullshit. You put your propaganda in there, so your propaganda has to go. Is it optimal that you have PragerU? No, it's not optimal. Especially if you start getting into foreign policy, it's not going to be optimal at all. But uh, it's it's better than the AIDS commie bullshit. On public school campuses. And I don't think any political ideology or, or members of any political or ideology should be the arbiters. Bullshit. Your side has been the arbiter all these years. You went along with it and have fought for it. Of what kids can and cannot learn, right? Moving toward objective instruction on world and, and U.S. history is so important. And we tried objective and neutral, and you guys took it over and filled it with your religion. Now you must be removed. And I don't see, look, like I said, I don't know, I don't think it's optimal to have conservatives and Christians completely take it over. But I don't think there's a choice. Because one side has to have control. It would be great if the whole neutral thing worked, but we saw what happened, that completely failed. So th there's not like another group ready to go. The Christians are ready to go. They have the worldview down. They have, what, thousands of years of, of history and tradition. 
and invention and civilization building, it's pretty solid. It's pretty, you know, if there was another group that had like that was ready to go, then I'd say, all right, well, we have to figure out a way to debate this. Maybe we can somehow vote for it, but there's not. So this is what we have. So it is what it is. But uh, yeah, the commies have to go. The commies have to go. And honestly, like history education in America was already pretty abysmal. Yeah, and it's just yeah, about the teachers unions out to get a lot worse in some of these states. No, and it's it probably going to get better. Makes me incredibly sad to see it. Thanks well, for I'm glad you're sad. That makes me happy. Cooper sees the truth. Says HB, my twin brother, who's a dirty faggot and religiously watches the soft gentleman, had an idea that I can actually agree with. So I thought that I'd pass along this idea for the bathhouse. His idea is. After the bathhouse Barry Wing is finished, Softy should build a VIP section in the bathhouse. But instead of calling it that section, the VIP section, Softy should call that section the GAP section, the gap section. It seems like a fitting name since so much anal gaping will occur. Oh, so would it be so it would it be pronounced wait, G, gape is G A P E. G A P Gape? The gape section? I guess you could still pronounce GCI. I, I don't really, you know, like when people are like, it's not Illinois, it's Illinois. I acknowledge you're correct. I'm not denying that. It makes no sense to me. It literally says Illinois, but it, it, but the S is silent. Okay, that's the, the S being silent seems like an arbitrary masturbatory role because you could just not put the S. Uh, with that said, is GAP... Is there a rule that allows you to pronounce it gape instead of gap? <clears throat> the G-A-P? So I think we, we can just do... I mean, and if there isn't a rule that allows that, why can't you just make one up? We'll just call it the gape section. Uh, yeah, the gape wing. <laughs> that sounds pretty... The gape wing sounds better than the gap wing. Yeah, the gape wing. Yeah, you gotta... Yeah, a lot goes down during... The, or A lot goes down in the gape wing. You gotta watch out for the gape wing. All right, yeah, okay, very good. Thank you, Cooper. Appreciate that. Um, again, uh, as a reminder, Thursday, next Thursday, the 14th of September, uh, the uh, book, What a Bigot Would Say, will be released to the public. We're doing this because we had a thing for a while that if we get to 125 combined uh, members between Subscribestar and um, the Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse and Rumble, we put out the book. So we, we hit that um uh, I guess, well, Thursday will be two weeks since we hit that. And um, I, I don't know. Like, we'll see how this goes. Um, and then, I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll try another one. If, if it goes well, if people like it and they like writing. Um, and, you know, I mean, you know, I barely graduated high school. But I will use, you know, whatever is available in Google Docs as far as punctuation and spelling. You know, I'm not going to, uh, you know, whatever it. When it, when it highlights red, you know, I fixed the spelling. I'm not going to, you know, I mean, it's probably not going to be, you know, up to par for like, you know, an actual book, but it'll be, people will be able to read it. It'll be legible. I can guarantee legible with minimum spelling mistakes. Um, but if people really like it, then I think we can probably do a, another one. I don't know if people necessarily want a, a like part two of... I don't know if it would make sense if there if it was if people liked it enough where they would want a part two. I don't know if it makes sense to do that immediately after though. But I don't really know. I'm not really I'm not a writer, so I don't know. I could try if we. I don't know. Actually, you know, 
Oh, actually, what we could do is if this works out, we can do a poll. And uh, I'll pick like a couple subjects or the chat can solicit subjects that they think I might be able to write about that they would be interested in reading. And then we can do something like that. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and these are like, you know, these are small books, 24 pages. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not in depth or anything like that. So, yeah, next uh, Thursday, the 14th of September during the uh, live stream. Okay, let's see here. Um, so, is who's doing this one? If at the end of this calendar year, Joe Biden announces that he's not going to seek a second term. Hold based on, I think, that, is it, what else do I have up here? I think these were from the other day. Um, one second. Oh, here's the coverage of uh, Obama and the... Uh, here's an explosive yeah. and shocking story. David's calling this explosive story that you will see tonight on former Fox News propagandist Tucker Carlson. David definitely knows about explosions regarding homosexuality. Twitter vlog, I guess is what it is. Tucker Carlson will be interviewing the man who had sex with Barack Obama and also observed Obama doing crack cocaine. Uh, if you're wondering why you didn't hear about this sooner and why this I've is heard about this news in 2023, it's because the guy that Tucker has decided to interview in an apparently desperate attempt to rescue his failing Twitter show. How is it a failing Twitter show? He's getting more views than he was on Fox News. It's just made up. You're just making stuff up. After being fired from Fox News is if you if he's failing, you're failing. And I wouldn't consider David failing. Uh, apparently, gaslighting and lying your ass off and telling middle to upper class liberals what they want to hear is very profitable. But, you know, this is like they can't even be... It's not even about being objective. It's just saying something obvious. Like, uh, David has a successful platform. He Now, he there was a period of time where he was struggling... And, uh, and he was desperate for money, and that's when the whole debate thing came up, and that was a hilarious time. But he, he, you know, he, he, uh, he turned the corner, and, and he, he made a large platform. Um, Tucker Carlson is getting more views on his Twitter than he is on uh, Fox News. And, I, and, not, and I'm not counting the view the way Twitter is. I know that's impressions. I understand that. So he was getting, what, anywhere from three to four million at five million on like a a, a a crazy episode on Fox, he's getting more than that in views. Um, again, not impressions, views um, on Twitter. How is that failing? A formerly convicted con man. Oh, you mean like Michael Cohen, who has been arrested multiple times and whose oh. claims have not been presented with even a shred of evidence. Oh, so just like Michael Cohen. Here's the promo from Tucker Carlson. Um, this will be airing. Air, I don't even know what airing means. It will be posted to X as a zeet. Tucker will be zeeting this tonight. A man who had sex with Barack Obama in 1999. Let's take a look at the preview. 
You're just a guy who's in town for the night, and it sounds like you're looking to party. Yeah. Pulled up in a bar outside, and there's this guy that's introduced to me as Barack Obama. I had given Barack $250 to pay for Coke. I start putting a line on a CD tray to snort, and next thing I know, he's got a little pipe and he's smoking. So I just started rubbing my hand along his thigh to see where it was going, and it went the direction I had intended it to go. Even though you had sex with him twice, you did Coke with him, watched him smoke crack twice. You had no idea who he was. I had no idea who he was. Let me just ask the obvious question. What was Obama like on crack? Um, <laughs> is it your sense that that's who Obama is, just transactional, or that he's bisexual, or like, what is this? It definitely wasn't Barack's first time, and I would almost be willing to bet you it wasn't as long. The guy's running for president, and credible information comes out that he's smoking crack and having sex with dudes. That seems like a story. Well, it would be a story if the media really cared about telling people the truth. All right, so... Fantastic. Poke them in the eye. <laughs> you know, when Tucker got fired from Fox News, there were many of us who said, whatever program Tucker reconstitutes on whatever platform he reconstitutes it. I don't know how many people are really going to watch it. I don't really know what the caliber of the production is going to be, but it is certainly going to be a different thing in order to stay relevant, in order to generate clicks or whatever the case may be. And now he's interviewing Larry Sinclair about his explosive 24-year-old claims of having had sex with Barack Obama. So let, let's discuss a few different elements, the overtly homophobic nature of this as an attack, right? Because at the end of the day, if Obama were gay, it would just be like, oh, okay, how did he do as president for us normal non-homophobic people? But for you know Tucker's universe, it's like, oh my God, he's a gay man? Well, this changes everything. Now, of course, the claims are without any evidence and we'll get to that. Well, uh, I would argue that a good piece of evidence would be Michelle Obama's penis. Also get to the guy making the claim. But first, let's just talk about Tucker's palpable desperation here. The palpable desperation of a guy. Again, not desperation. He's poking eyes. And uh, Obama is one of the top people. Who not that long ago was one of the most influential, uh, influential and I don't want to use the term respected because so many of us didn't respect him, but he was revered by the political right, talked about as a possible presidential candidate even. And he has so quickly been reduced now to interviewing Larry Sinclair on Twitter about two and a half decades old claims about Barack. And no, it's very relevant because there's many people that believe Obama's pulling the strings even now. Obama. Now, let's get to the claims. These are not new claims. It's not true that nobody looked into it. It is true that the story of Larry Sinclair having sex with Obama and seeing him do crack cocaine did not exactly make the mainstream because there is no evidence whatsoever. There that was is. no evidence in the Kavanaugh stuff and you guys fucking ate it up. It's true. It's not reasonable. Imagine if I said, hey, you know what? I've been claiming for so long that uh, it's not reasonable for a man who's literally married to an obvious man that they wouldn't in the late 90s fuck men. 
you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene is an alien um, from, you know, the <laughs> from the alpha. Yeah, aliens, as far as we know, don't exist, David. Homosexuals do. Centauri system or something like that. And then I go, listen, I've been claiming this for years and, and nobody pays any attention to it. The mainstream. Well, again, aliens, we have evidence of homosexuals. We don't have evidence for aliens. Yeah, aren't it's a horrible analogy. Job. Well, the mainstream media have a responsibility not to irresponsibly cover stuff for which there is no evidence. Well, shit, they nonstop cover stuff that there's no evidence of. That's what's been going on with Larry Sinclair's claims. Now, there's a real question. Is Tucker being scammed or is Tucker doing the scamming? Does Tucker believe Larry Sinclair? Yes. It's sort of hard to believe because although Tucker seems to have no moral compass, it's... Do you have a moral compass? No. Seems that he's at least intelligent enough to realize that these are claims being made completely without evidence. So then we get to, is Tucker scamming or grifting his audience out of desperation because his Twitter show is failing? Again, that seems more... The show is not failing. Likely. Now, for those who say, David, Tucker's Twitter show is not failing, <clears throat> he got 300 million views of his interview with No, Tucker. it's not 300 million. Uh, it's... It, if you want to be... Oh, you're talking about Trump's interview? Okay. If let's, if you want to be as conservative, ridiculously conservative as possible with the interview with Trump, 24 million. I know that's drastically undershooting it, but my point is, even if I give you the most generous number of 24 million, uh, uh, meaning you like David, not like a viewer, even if I give you 24 million, that's 10 million more or, I, or 12 million more then that watch the RNC debate. Okay, so the idea that that's a flop, ridiculous. The idea that the RNC debate got more views, preposterous, utterly preposterous. Just think logically for a second. Some of the music videos for the most popular songs in the world don't get 300 million actual views on YouTube. What's happening on Yeah, Twitter, the 300 million is an impression is that they completely changed what it means for something to be viewed. They pump Tucker's content into the For You page. And when people scroll past it time and time again... Yes, and then there's people that watch it. So why don't you dive into the number that matters, the people that watched it. Force-fed to them, and the video starts playing without, without audio by itself for, a, for one second. That counts as a view. That's <clears> what they're talking about. So... Okay, this so what's the actual number? Is not exactly explosive content when it comes to the audience. So now let's just talk a little bit about the merits. Well, wait a minute. You didn't, you completely ignored what the actual number is. So this is a bullshit argument. Larry Sinclair is a career criminal. He still could be telling... Michael Cohen is a career criminal. ...the truth, right, about having had sex with Obama. Larry Sinclair is a con man. He still Michael could Cohen. be telling the truth this time about having sex with Barack Obama, but he's never presented any evidence, period. Uh, years ago, the website whitehouse.com reportedly offered Sinclair $100,000 if he could pass a polygraph test. Now, you don't have to tell me about the inadmissibility and lack of reliability of polygraphs. Well, then why are you bringing it up? Doesn't matter for our purposes here. Sinclair took the polygraph the polygraph results came back saying, oh, he's being deceptive. He's, he, the, the results indicate deception. 
And Sinclair then suggested that the polygraph sponsors bribed the person running the test. Based on what I've seen, that's absolutely possible. In order to skew the results against Absolutely them. possible. Did he have any evidence of that? No. Does he have any evidence uh, up until now over these last 24 years that any of his claims about Barack Obama... You didn't need any evidence with Kavanaugh, so this is what you fucking get. Of course not. Uh, the story that he told was that a limo driver introduced him to Barack Obama and Sinclair, uh, that they wanted, he wanted to connect with Sinclair after a party and that Obama used his real name and said, hey, I'm Barack Obama, Illinois state senator. And uh, the rest was history. He was just so enamored with Sinclair that they had sex and then Obama got crack cocaine and did it, you know, not, not I guess Sinclair says he didn't do the crack cocaine, but they were there together when Obama did it. Uh, this is a guy with a 27-year criminal record, forgery, charges in two states, bad checks, check fraud, credit card fraud. He once signed an affidavit saying that he is uh, terminally ill to have a warrant dismissed. It's been decades. He's still alive. We never found out exactly what illness he had or any of it. So that is what Tucker Carlson has now been reduced to. Now, I, I'm going to ask you one other thing here. Even if Obama were a gay man, who cares? And well, it's a, it's a deception. They lied. They lied to the public. They also lied to the public about Michelle being an obvious man. That gets us back to the sort of continued implicit homophobia. That's not real. That's not real. Modern right wing. It's still considered scandalous or interesting to them. Now, they might say, well, the drug part is more interesting or the fact that Obama must clearly be living his life as a lie. With No, no, no. He's, he's not living life as a lie as far as, you know, uh, having to, like, be married to a woman. Uh, he's clearly married to a man. Michelle that Obama. Ellen video, and there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of it. Every time, I, I would encourage you, if you follow uh, Stu Peters, periodically he will make a post related to Michelle Obama, and people bombard it with all sorts of pictures. Now, some of them are, are memes, some of them aren't real, of course. It is the internet, but some of them are real. And what is real is the dancing that she did on Ellen. And my question to you is, other than a penis, what is that in her pants? I've heard people argue it's pleats. I've never seen pleats look like a literal penis. Penis pleats? I've never seen that. I've never heard of that. I think it's more plausible. What is it, Occam's razor? Occam's razor is that that's a penis. I mean, who's designing the penis pleats? What do you do? You go into the store and you say, I like these. Do you have them with penis pleats? That's not even a real thing. It doesn't even make any sense. So, yeah, there you go. There's the penis. There's, there's, it's an obvious penis. Watch it in slow motion if you have to. It's disturbing. It's like uh, the crying game. Obama just being there so that he can maintain some kind of public image as a straight man. doesn't matter how you want to dress it up. The fact that this is even something that would generate the notion of explosivity in 2023 is built on the hardwired, seemingly, homophobia of the American right wing. Much of it is expanded into transphobia, of course, as you know. But that's where we are. This is what Tucker has been relegated to. And I would almost say that it's funny if it weren't incredible. It's hilarious. It's, hilarious. Some it's fucking hilarious. Um, 
MAGA supporters have idiotic plan B if Trump is banned from the ballot. Well, folks, the attempts to keep Donald Trump off of the 2024 presidential ballot are actually heating up in states across the nation with liberal activists trying to get Trump removed from the ballot using section three of the 14th amendment, which I assume at this point, everybody is familiar with that and we don't have to get in, but basically if you're an insurrectionist or if you supported insurrectionists, either material or materially or vocally, you're barred from ever holding office again in the United States. That's the section three in a nutshell. Uh, so you've got these groups out there. You've got lawyers that are filing legal challenges using that section three of the 14th amendment to try to keep Trump off the ballot. But one thing these leftists didn't take into consideration is the brain power of all those MAGA supporters out there who are not so happy that Donald Trump could be removed from the ballot. So they putting their collective minds together have come up with a brilliant plan. And that brilliant plan, according to new reports is that these Trump supporters are simply going to write Trump in anyway. So you can ban him from the ballot. If you like, they're just going to write his name in and boom, then he gets to be president again. Ha ha. Take that. United States constitution. Here's what some of them said. <laughs> a lot of Americans will write in Trump if he is illegally removed off the ballot. That being said, it's more likely than not SCOTUS will block efforts to kick Trump off the ballot. And you would hope so, but uh, you know, you never know. America, the people, not the deep state choose the president. Another Trump supporter wrote on Twitter quote, if Trump is removed from the ballot, I will write him in. And of course you have other Trump supporters trying to have this movement gain momentum to where, Hey, even if they block him from the ballot, we'll just write him in because apparently that's how the 14th amendment works. Nope. No, you see the 14th amendment isn't about ballot access. Okay. That's what these idiots don't seem to understand. None of them made the argument that you said they made in the quotes. The 14th amendment is about being barred from holding public office. So even if let's, let's, uh, let's make a lot of assumptions for a moment here. So let's assume first and foremost, that these ballot challenges are successful and that it does go all the way to the Supreme court. The Supreme court says, yep, you supported an insurrection. You're no longer allowed to hold office in the United States. So let's assume that that happens first. And again, we won't even get that far, but let's assume that that happens. And they say, yes, 14th amendment applies. Trump can't hold office in the United States. So then let's assume that there is this massive movement from Trump supporters, millions and tens and tens of millions of them that write Trump in and somehow he gets enough votes to actually win. Guess what happens then? He's barred from holding office under right. the 14th. So bald fuck face, a lover of democracy would support it. If Trump won the most votes across the board, he would still support him being blocked from office because he loves democracy so much. These people are disgusting. Amendment. The 14th amendment as I said, is not about ballot access. It's about literally being barred under us law from holding office in the first place. 
So these idiots don't understand that even if you write him in, he would still be legally ineligible to serve as the president of the he United States. still be a major middle finger. United States, hell, if he's barred under the 14th Amendment, he's legally barred from even being elected as a dog catcher. That's what the 14th Amendment is, but these people are so dumb, they don't realize that. How do you know that? You, again, they did, none of them said the thing that you claim that they said. Now, as I said, getting it to the Supreme Court, uh, first and foremost, is going to be a Herculean task. And we got a 6-3 conservative majority with three of those conservative justices being appointed by Donald Trump. Do you honestly think that that Supreme Court is going to bar Donald Trump from holding office? No, they're not. So this is all wishful thinking, you know, not to downplay the significance of the 14th Amendment. I do personally believe that Trump should be barred under the 14th Amendment. I think it's kind of crystal clear. But I also know that this Supreme Court doesn't care about what the law actually says. Bullshit. So it doesn't matter what I think or what I feel. Well, that's true. No one gives a fuck. Because I'm not on that court. I don't get to irrelevant. make that decisions. They do. And they'll never do it. But even if they do, Trump's idiot followers swear they have this foolproof plan. It's not what they said. To somehow circumvent the Constitution itself. Not what they said. What's interesting is, so like the part about the convictions I've talked about, like they want convictions, so then they'll have the narrative of how could you possibly vote for the convicted candidate. Um, the thing is, if Trump gets a conviction, which I think he'll probably have multiple convictions by the time the election comes around, if he's on the ballot and this country still votes for him, that will be a middle finger to the establishment that makes 2016 look like nothing. That will be the greatest middle finger in the history of any politics anywhere forever. That they would, that, that the country hates Joe Biden and this regime so much that they would vote overwhelmingly for a guy that's been convicted multiple times. That would be, man, that would be glorious. That would be glorious. And even though there's probably going to be all sorts of fuckery that happens between election night and the inauguration, that would be a moment to celebrate. That we just witnessed the greatest middle finger ever. Like, that would be phenomenal. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, maybe the Supreme Court would uh, do the right thing. You know, there's a chance that they would. But, you know, you, you never know. You never know. Okay. Uh, what was the, uh, uh, Gates admits Trump supporters are dangerous. Oh, here we go. During a podcast, inter during a podcast interview this week, Republican representative Matt Gates accidentally made quite a shocking admission about MAGA supporters across the country. The same people, by the way, who keep people like Matt Gates in power. The people that Matt Gates has pandered to ever since he won his first election in 2016. But here is what Matt Gates had to say on the Driveway Liberty podcast, which I think is just further proof that Matt Gates is so desperate for attention. He'll go on any idiot's podcast, whether they've got five viewers or five million. He that's doesn't nice. care. Really? He just loves the exposure. I don't think that's true. Exposure. But here is what he said. This is the admission about these. What podcast was he on? Hold on. 
ever since he won his first election in 2016. But here is what Matt Gates had to say on the Driveway Liberty podcast. Driveway Liberty. All right, I'll look that up. Which I think is just further proof that Matt Gates is so desperate for attention, he'll go on any idiot's podcast, <laughs> whether they've got five viewers or five million. He doesn't care. He just loves the exposure. But here is what he said. This is the admission about these dangerous lunatics that we call MAGA. It turns out they'll let anybody have these jobs who gets the most votes. Well, you know, and now they're trying to change that. Like what we were talking about earlier with, you know, with secretaries of state trying to decide certain, you know, Trump can't even be on the ballot. I really worry that that type of action could lead to violence. And I am so wildly opposed to violence. I don't think it's how we should resolve our disputes. But when you start telling people that they can't express their participation in this American experience through a vote, then they start looking for other ways and they're not, the, the vote is the best way to do it. The other ways are not so good. And I worry if they start to take the vote away, you could see bloodshed in this country. Well, yeah, they shouldn't take the vote away. It's just crazy that you have to say that. Like none of us want, he adds. Oh, none of us want the bloodshed. But people like you, people like Mike Huckabee, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, people like Georgia State Senator Colton Moore, people like Carrie Lake, y'all have all suggested that those are things that are going to happen. You don't want it. No, you're fucking with people. It's reasonable to think that if you f keep fucking with people that something could happen. To happen. So you should just stop fucking with people. It's an easy way None to None of you want it. it to happen. You've made that clear. But you're all totally saying that those are things that are going to happen if we don't let Donald Trump become the God King of the United States. No, no one argued that. They simply want a fair election. Here's the thing. Uh, obviously, Matt Gates is talking about the efforts to use the 14th Amendment, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, to keep Donald Trump off the ballot because he likely supported an insurrection. Bullshit. That's rooted in the Constitution. No, again, he didn't support an insurrection. So if you're saying, Matt, that these MAGA supporters might start killing people because you said bloodshed. Yeah, it looks like the Driveway Liberty podcast is a very small podcast. That's nice that Matt Gates went on that. That's, that's, uh, that's very nice. I, I, I'm kind of surprised. And we know what that means. It means they could go out that's there and great. start killing people because we enforce the Constitution. It's not enforcing the Constitution. It's the complete opposite, retard. Do you realize what that says about your supporters? Do you no, realize? You're just saying, you're just taking things out of context. What that's and you're expecting people to be leaned on constantly and not ever do anything. It says about the entire MAGA movement that these. No, it just says that you should stop fucking with people. People care more about their cult leader than they do the constitution that governs this entire country. They would rather kill people. Again, the complete opposite. I'm glad you're angry about this though. Or maybe scared. That's pretty funny people then have to enforce parts of the constitution that they don't like that's Again, what it's not real you're implying there you're perverting the constitution bald fuckface whether you meant to or not you admit that these people could become violent anyone could become violent so you're admitting that this entire MAGA movement again a movement that you have exploited for your own personal benefit you're admitting that they're a bunch of dangerous lunatics. No, he's not. You're making that up. And they are. I'm not going to disagree. No, they're not. With you on that. And I'm not going to disagree with you over the fact that, oh, if Trump is removed from the ballot via the 14th Amendment, these people will become violent. I think they will, too. But I'm not a part of the movement. 
You are. You hold sway over these people. So you have to do more than just say like, oh, we don't want that, but... Mm -mm. No, he doesn't have to do a goddamn fucking thing. He's not required to do anything. He's allowed to give his analysis. You're ridiculous. The second you add the but, you lose all credibility. Who cares what you think? You have no credibility. It is your responsibility. Hell, it's your responsibility. No, it isn't. He has no responsibility to you. Ability to me? Because I'm one of your constituents. No, fuck you. It You're a commie. It is your responsibility. You don't count. Responsibility to go out there and tell these people to knock this crap off and let the constitutional process play itself. No, he doesn't. Out. You're a me You didn't say anything about the BLM rioters. Member of Congress, you've sworn an oath to the Constitution, to the country, and you're out there suggesting that this is somehow illegal. It is. You're lawless. If you do not fix this, if you do not get ahead of this, you and every other Republican out there that has suggested a civil war could happen, or bloodshed, as you put it, none of y'all want it. But none of y'all are doing anything to prevent it. And that's on you. Well, there's nothing they can do. You need to stop it. You need to stop fucking with people. I mean, that's really the bottom line here. Um, Trump just gave... Oh, hold on a second. Most Republicans say Trump's felony charges uh, are not a big deal. According to new polls, a majority of Republican voters, keyword Republican voters, believe that the 91 felony charges against Donald Trump are really no big deal at all. No, they're completely illegitimate. Oh, a majority of Republicans not only say that they're not a big deal, but a majority of them also say it's just politics. This is an abuse of the system. 100% true. Come after the guy that Biden, of course, thinks is his biggest opposition. Let me read you this. It's from CNN. Most feel the criminal charges against uh, the criminal charges Trump faces are not relevant to his ability to serve as president. And a majority of GOP aligned voters are not seriously concerned about the impact the charges could have on Trump's electability. A minority, 44% of Republicans and Republican leaning independents say they are seriously concerned that the criminal charges Trump faces will negatively affect his ability to win the 2024 election. Republicans and Republican leaning independents say that if true, the charges Trump faces across four criminal cases are not relevant to his fitness for the presidency. Like, yeah, even if he gets convicted, meh. I mean, what are 91 felonies between friends, right? There's, there's, there's no hope. There is no hope for today's Republican party. Fuck you, bitch. Like if you're a young person and you're finally, you know, coming into politics, you've turned 18, you're going to register to vote. Just know that if you register to vote Republican, this is you. Right. Now you have to be arrested with the rest of them. Sorry, this is what that party is. But luckily, uh, it, it's way better than your party. Folks, that's only he just that was a heavy edit. The Republican Party, because the poll, of course, does expand to include not just Republican voters. And when you look at the public as a whole, a majority of people say, yeah, this is a big deal. A majority say, yeah, 
this should probably mean he shouldn't be president. Let me read you this. <laughs> the public more broadly, however, about half say that the January 6th related charges, 51%, and the charges related to efforts to overturn the 2020 election, 48%, should disqualify Trump from the presidency if true. A similar 47% feel that Trump faces so many charges largely, largely as a result of his own actions, while just 31% see the number of charges as due primarily to political abuse of the justice system. So 31% of the public as a whole says, yes, this is politically motivated, but 61% of Republicans say that it's politically motivated. So what can we extrapolate from this data? Well, aside from the fact that Republicans are totally nutso bonkers, we can extrapolate the fact that a majority of people in this country understand what's happening. A majority understand the severity of the things that Donald Trump has been accused of doing. And a majority of them do not think that he should even be allowed to be the president of the United States. To put that another way, these criminal charges against Donald Trump are not winning him over any new voters outside of the Republican. Really? Not any? Bullshit. Base. Bullshit. And that is the most important takeaway of this poll. Right. Oh, the totally made up cope takeaway? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Mike Huckabee's inciting violence. Over the weekend, oh, how former dare Arkansas Republican Governor Mike Huckabee, the father to current Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, suggested that the 2024 election might actually be the last election decided by ballots instead of bullets. Now, just so I'm not taking anything out of context from Mike Huckabee, here he is on his television program explaining exactly what he thinks is going to happen. Here he is. Do you know how political opponents to those in power are dealt with in third world dictatorships, banana republics and communist regimes? Well, it's simple. The people in power use their police agencies to arrest their opponents for made up crimes in an attempt to discredit them, bankrupt them, imprison them, exile them, are all of the above. That's yeah, exactly what's happening right now. And if you're not paying attention. Oh, how dare you notice that and talk about it. That's violence. You may not realize that Joe Biden is using exactly those tactics to make uh, sure that Donald Trump. We've got to arrest him now. Is not his opponent in 2024. Here's the problem. If these tactics end up working to keep Trump from winning or even running in 2024, it is going to be the last American election that will be decided by ballots rather than bullets. Well, there you have it, right? Next year's election is the last one where we actually get to vote. And after that, we might just have to resort to, I guess, what, shooting each other? And then whoever is left gets to be president. I'm not exactly sure how voting with bullets works, uh, but I do understand how violent imagery works. And Republicans more and more frequently recently have been invoking violent imagery. They have been talking about civil war, mostly talking about- You're allowed to talk about whatever the fuck you want, homo how much none of them want it, right? None of them want this to happen, but it's totally a possibility because we are willing to die for Donald effing Trump. No one said that. A man who, as I always say, wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire, but you're willing to burn down the damn country and die for him. Now that's BLM that burns down the country. 
Yeah, that's not psychotic at all. Well, made up. But Mike Huckabee's statement there, let's examine that for a minute. He is of course incorrectly implying that President Biden is the one doing this to Donald 100%. Trump. There is no evidence whatsoever to suggest that President Biden has been involved in any way Bullshit. in any step of this prosecution. Merrick Garland, his attorney general, pretty much had no other choice Bullshit. than to launch these investigations at the federal level and of course, beyond that in New York and in Georgia, obviously Biden has no connection there, but Huckabee has to hang this around Biden's head, you know, so they have an enemy, somebody that they know, somebody that they already don't like. And then they can say, look at what this evil man who you already hate is doing. That's how manipulation works. You take a figure that a certain group of people, Republicans already don't like Biden, and you try to spin it as to he's doing even more evil, dastardly things than you can imagine. It's the two minutes hate from 1984. I mean, this is genuinely Orwellian stuff here coming from Mike Huckabee. No, it isn't. He's simply talking about what the Biden regime is doing. But of course he doesn't want the violence. None of the Republicans ever want the violence, but by God, they're prepared for it. This week, Matt Gates suggested that there could be bloodshed if Donald Trump is barred from the ballot in 2024. He doesn't want it, he says. But you know, the MAGA people, they, they get a little, you know, sometimes, and there could be bloodshed, Gates said, but he swears he doesn't want it. And then of course, last week we had Georgia State Senator Colton Moore, who said, we need to be taking action right now, because if we don't, our constituencies are going to be fighting in the streets. Do you want a civil war? I don't want a civil war. I don't want to have to draw my rifle. I want to make this problem go away with my legislative means of doing so. And it goes back even further than last week. Cause last year, Carrie Lake said, quote, if you want to get to president Trump, you're going to have to go through me and you're going to have to go through 75 million Americans just like me. And I'm going to tell you most of us are card carrying members of the NRA. And then she said, it's not a threat, but a public service announcement. Cause you know, Republicans don't want all the horrible, violent things that they're suggesting to happen. They're just putting it out there that it's totally gonna happen if they don't get their way. And if we don't crown Donald Trump, the God King of the United States of America. No, that's not what they're arguing. They just want a fair election. They don't want it, but they're all totally willing to do it. That's hilarious where they, the people that they're fucking in the ass, they're blaming. Uh, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. All right, uh, ratio Nelson says here super late, been put, been put and about, call in tonight. So I said when we uh, first started, I'm gonna have to uh, push it to next Saturday. I have something that I have to do. I have to actually wrap it up, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll do it next Saturday. He says have some stuff for you. I don't want to get ahead of myself because I'm always tardy, but I got the bumper ready. New Schizocraft update. Add a tank to Jew hell. Wow. Oh, it is like a Minecraft, like a racist Minecraft mod. Very interesting. And he also says, John was half drunk earlier, whining that no one wants to come on his show anymore. Hal Sparks, Ted Lou, etc. Really? They won't return his calls. I, I mean, I, I always wondered how does he get these people to go on his show? It's he's like a degenerate. And he's not like a homosexual degenerate. If he was like a degenerate tranny, Ted, Ted Rue would be knocking his 
his uh, door down to get into that show. But he's like a he's like a pathetic degenerate. He's like, Bleh. he even went into screaming rant about being ghosted by Dean Obadala. Now that's funny, little bitch. Really called Dean Obadala a little bitch. I mean, Dean Obadaba, the Obadaba, <laughs> Obadala is a little bitch. It would be funny if, through sheer spite, uh, John started to become a conservative, just to just because he felt uh, slighted. By the way, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Um, Ratio says, "I refuse to believe you don't know what King of the Hill capture or base are." Is that what they called it in Overwatch? I forget what they called it in Overwatch. I know there was Capture the Flag in Overwatch. Did you ever play Quake 3, Halo, Wolfenstein, etc.? Non-team deathmatch, Call of Duty? Yeah, I played a lot of those games. Um, yeah, I played all those games, actually. Shit, Overwatch is for porn, not gameplay. Newest character is another ugly black lesbian. Yeah, I saw that. That's, like, ridiculous. I thought Overwatch... I haven't played two. I thought the first one was a solid game. My only issue that I had is the ranked uh, scoring was so ridiculously unfair. You could, like, do, do very well, but if your team lost, you would get destroyed. That's not reasonable. I, I don't expect to, like, go up, but, like, could you just keep the person maybe, like, a small reduction in their overall score? But you're just getting fucking killed. And, you know, if you're playing random matches, you're in with anyone. So so you never know. You're going to have people that aren't that good. I'm not saying I was good. I'm just saying that, like, it was crazy. Um, YGGS Gallo says, A UFC fighter just called another fighter a faggot in an arena of 50,000 people after he was given the mic after winning a fight. At least one sport is in total age yet. That's fantastic. I would imagine the media is probably going to make a big deal out of that. So it's very important that this fighter double down. Do not cuck when they make a big deal. Because, you know, remember, the faggot heard around the world was Kobe Bryant. And he didn't even, he didn't, he didn't even hear it. It's funny because it was the faggot. Actually, it was the faggot seen around the world. Many years ago, uh, Kobe Bryant called a, an official a, a fucking faggot. And glad in all of them, this was in like... I don't know, 2000 and, I don't know, nine? I don't even remember, 2008? And um, so Glad made a big deal out of it, and Kobe, unfortunately, ended up apologizing. So um, that, and that helped the Overton window shrink, and then faggot became a very bad word, and then the, the LGBT uh, felt emboldened after that, and then they went after gay, and they were like, you can't say gay either, which was completely ridiculous. Um, so hopefully we can we can uh, expand the Overton window. I don't know. Do you want to shrink it or explode? Let's just remove it. I just want to remove the Overton window. But uh, but yeah, hopefully uh, this fighter, if they make a big deal out of it, does not cuck. And hopefully Dana White doesn't do anything stupid like fine him. That would be a big mistake. But that's really interesting. Ratio Nelson says palate cleanser. Apparently you can do this shit as a tourist for a hundred a pop in Beirut kind of want to go right now would you do this or not looks fun please explain for chat yeah the video uh when i played it was uh, not playing let me try again real quick there's a guy with like a hat on and he's like i don't know he's on a mountain or something he's like climbing on a yeah this is he's on like a, I, would, I would definitely not do this he's uh yeah it's like very choppy but it looks like he's standing on something 
that's over uh, like a city and he's like high in the air and he's like walking on this yeah I would definitely not do this under any circumstances it's basically like he's he's very high in the air and it looks like he has to like walk with this thing or I don't know what the hell he's doing and uh, yeah it's uh, yeah I definitely would not do that I'm not uh, I'm not like afraid of heights but I'm not trying to like bungee jump or do any of that fucking shit <clears throat> if people like to do that feel free I don't give a shit but uh, yeah I'm not jumping out of airplanes I'm not bungee jumping fuck all that shit not interested alright very good so uh, like I said I'm, I'm gonna have to cut it short I got some shit I have to take care of unexpectedly uh, I will probably, because there's still some left, I probably will come back tomorrow night, uh, later in the evening, uh, and probably uh, try to finish up, and then uh, we'll, we'll do the call-in show next Saturday, and then, of course, next Thursday, the 14th of September, the book, What a Bigot Would Say, comes out uh, d during the stream, and so uh, we'll release that to the audience for free, and then we will, I guess, see if uh, Chank Uger releases his book on the 19th. That'll be fascinating. Um, thank you for all the people that sent Super Chats and Streamlabs, uh, and thank you uh, for all the uh, memberships to the various uh, places, uh, Subscribestar, uh, the Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse, and Rumble. You can get an archive on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash hardnewsnetwork, or on Podbean, hardnewsnetwork.podbean.com, or on Twitter, which is at LiveHNN. Uh, wherever you're watching on the archive or live, I appreciate it. Uh, and I'll see you guys likely tomorrow. I am the Hard Bastard. Thank you for watching.